The Gold Card Podcast is brought to you by the Esports Department. Gain access to the tools, projections, and analysis trusted by the best for League of Legends and Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Join today at theesportsdepartment.com. Hey everyone, it's one of your hosts, Vince Colati, or as many of you know me, Gelati. About a month ago, I had an idea to put together a little something special as a celebration of the crown jewel of the League of Legends calendar, the World Championships. We had so many things to cover and so many people I wanted to have on that at some point it occurred to me, why not just have everyone? There's a lot of awesome people working hard and making great content in the law betting and DFS space, and I wanted to invite as many of them as I could on to share their thoughts and material with everyone. As the title suggests, this is on the longer side of things. We interviewed each guest individually, but, uh, you know, I think we're all a little thirsty for Worlds content, and more importantly, Worlds itself. You'll be able to find links to everyone's Twitter accounts and the content that they're making in the show notes. And now, without further ado, may I present the Gold Card Podcast's first Worlds Mega Show. Joining us now, the lord of item efficiency, the lover of who wins Twitter polls, and a man that will always side with talent. Please welcome Mike at League of Items to the show. Welcome to the Super Show, Mike. You getting excited for Worlds? No. No? I'm not. Just buzzkill? Full buzzkill status? Yeah. (laughs) I dig it. I dig it. No. The thing with Worlds, the the problem that I'm going to have at Worlds is I'm... I'm probably going to have a lot of people yelling at me very often. It's going to be very stressful on Twitter uh, and on YouTube. I've been getting a lot of comments on these videos about why didn't you include this player? And if you if you have a trouble if you have any trouble with logic, then don't put a comment down because we're just going to get into a big fight and it's going to go on for a long time. But that's not why we're here. We should just probably talk about worlds that I'm not excited about because of the eventual drama that's going to happen. Uh, okay, <laughs> that's a good start. So. We were talking a little bit before we came on for this, and uh, we had an idea, because Mike has been doing, over on his YouTube channel, um, videos about the champions that he thinks are going to be, like the champ tier list, uh, in his opinion, and his interpretation of what he thinks uh, the metagame is going to be like at Worlds for each position. He's also been doing player tier lists, individual player tier lists over there as well. So we thought it'd be a good idea here to maybe go through his top players at each position. And maybe maybe we'll do some top players and, and worst players at each position too. I don't know if you've if you've gone that deep. Oh yeah, I could do that. I could do that pretty easily. So uh, uh we thought we thought this would be a good intro and then we'll we'll dive into the questions that I'm probably gonna end up being asked I'm gonna end up asking everybody right after that. So what do you want to sure. start on this one? Uh start in the top lane. Top bottom? Top to, So let's top get down. some predictions. Who do you think who do you think the best top laner is and who do you think the worst top laner is? At you this can tournament? both answer this. At question. this tournament? Probably Nogari. Okay. Reasonable. Nogari. Nogari or Zoom. Yeah, would be Zoom. My, I think Zoom. I go to. All right. What about worst? Do you have any hot takes for the worst? Hot takes? No. 
I don't really have anything particularly hot take. He probably one of the wild card team top players. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So for the la- for the last for the people who I think are the worst is mostly just for major regions. Oh, for the major regions. I don't regions. really care oh, okay. about most other people. Yeah, um, I was gonna say I think probably like I wouldn't have a great opinion on worst because the t- it would be from a team that I haven't studied as much as the as the major region teams. But yeah, let me look for the major region teams. Maybe Arome. Finn. Arome Finn or honestly Impact hasn't really impressed me that much this summer at all. All right. Yeah, so I'll give you my take on the situation in top lane. So for top, for top lane right now, you have the players who can only play tanks. Well, not only play tanks, but they, they will default to tanks because their teams don't trust them to go even or win the carry matchups. Yeah. And that puts a big stress on draft. So Solo, Longshi, Arome, uh, the guy from Machi Esports, I forget his name completely, yeah. Finn, and Impact. I think all of those players give you like a negative... You'll most likely be in a negative matchup, even or negative, when in reality there are other teams that can go uh, positive in that spot, which is going to be very helpful for draft. Let's you use blind pick differently. Yeah, Let's lack you use of versatility creates yeah. lack of versatility creates a, a draft equity disadvantage for you. Yeah. So the in terms of I'll do worst players. I just did that. Then we'll do champions, and then I'll say the best players. Yeah. The most important champions uh, that are going to kind of shape how things look, in my opinion, I think that. Lucian is an important champion. I don't think Lucian is a great champion right now. The yeah. I like a couple months ago when the patches started coming out on ten sixteen, where they increased uh, some stats for a lot of different marksmen uh, to get more diversity. Lucian was one that got buffs, and instantly people started playing it in solo queue. But solo queue is fundamentally different from professional play. In EU Masters, over twelve games in top and mid, he has an under fifty percent win rate, uh, but an eighty two percent presence. So a lot of people are are looking at Lucian as a champion that's important for the meta, but it's not necessarily creating a winning advantage for you in the lane. Um, so it's, and it puts some, it puts additional stress on the draft because now you need to look for AP jungler, yep. uh, maybe AP top laner, maybe an so AP bot laner. Enga- yeah, engage elsewhere as well is another aspect to it. Yeah. And we've seen a lot of bad damage profiles from teams where they're over leveraging into one type of, or over indexing into one type of damage. Then the other team can last pick a super tank. Like we saw um, a team in EU masters pick Scion, uh, Red five, which was the most obvious pick ever. Yeah. Scion, and they Udo, just completely Maokai, dominated the game. All these like hyper tanks that can uh, that can utilize like Spirit Visage or, or yeah, you know stuff like that. Yeah, so Lucian's going to be super important. Akali's going to be important as a flex pick uh, for the teams that are good and can like snowball and create these big uh, advantages in the laning phase. We're going to see Akali. I don't think it's a great blind pick or anything like that, but we're going to see it. And then uh, I think Urgot is the sleeper champion for top lane. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, it's everything that we've seen recently. Um, Urgot, I think, could potentially have a good matchup against Akali, which is also beneficial. And then Aurelia, I think, will see some flex. Yeah, I was going to say Aurelia, well. Aurelia is definitely going to going to see some action. In I don't know if it's going to be like every game, but it's definitely going to have spots, and you're going to see it because those buffs were pretty substantial. Yeah, the so best top laner in the tournament, Mike. Who is it? Um, I. I'm going to give a cop-out answer because, like I said, I think that originally um, the way that I look at top lane is you either have the people who can carry and the people who can't carry. Uh, Zoom can carry but isn't asked to on his yeah. on his team because the team is functioning around Kanavi. So the job of Zoom isn't to carry. It's to be something like Orn or Mordekaiser or Volibear and just be okay in the landing phase and then eventually contribute in team fights. Uh, I think that we will see some champion versatility uh, from Zoom in the World Championship, uh, but that's the best. Uh, I guess I would call it a passive top laner, not really passive, but it's not. Well, it's not all about like him. Balanced. Yeah, yeah. So, and then I have Nogri and three six nine as the other two top laners in my S tier. 
Nagri is the best carry top laner in the world, probably. Um, some people would say that the Shy is better at that style, but it's just, Nog- I don't think Nagri has, eh, the peaks are similar, but the yeah. downside for the Shy is much, much higher. Yeah. But I love the volatility of the Shy and like how bad it gets because it just means he's trying to win the game. Yeah. And then 369, I think, is probably the best of both worlds. Um, not the best top laner at worlds, but he has a little bit of the shy in him where he just can completely feed some games, but has the, the carrying upside of somebody like Nogari and the, um, the going even upside of somebody like Zoom. It's just, I also, that's not I also think 369's been really, really good. Like, in, he impressed me in playoffs. He looked excellent in playoffs. He showed like, uh, he just was a monster in every game, yeah. it felt like. So he's kind of peaking at the right time too, which, cause I've, I've, I've been a little soft on him at times. Like, I've, I always admit that he's pretty good, but I never mm-hmm. say that he's like as good as perception. I always yeah. think he's like a little bit lower than that, but he's he's been nails recently. So if he can keep that in going to the world, so how about um, how about jungle? In the jungle, the it's it's a little bit tougher. Again, it's stylistic yeah. kind so, of thing. So let's I, do. So let's do, we'll, we'll we'll do um because basically jungle comes down to there's the the I would call them like tempo junglers, right? Tempo pace farming kind of junglers that want to just get ahead and use experiencing gold as their leverage, and then there's mm-hmm. junglers that are sacrificing to get their lanes ahead, right? And yeah. then maybe you could t- touch on you know maybe there's a couple people that you think do both exceptionally well. So how about yeah. um how about the first category? So uh for, well first take to take it from the first level, I think that right now really the difference is between uh, the carry junglers and the non carry junglers. Yeah. So people who can play Graves, Kindred, Nidalee are the the junglers that I favor in almost every matchup yep. because they can obviously play Hecarim, which is another strong pick right now. But if you have a, a jungler that's defaulting onto things like uh, Set Trundle or Trundle or Sejuani, like these kinds of players, it's it's obvious that they have the chance of just getting blown out by somebody uh, who is a very good carry jungler like Kanavi. So that's that's really how I think it's the haves and the haves not yeah. have nots in that regard. Um, so for the worst, for the worst jungler from the major regions, um, it's, it's a little bit tougher and I haven't made this list yet. Uh, but I would assume that the people who underperform the most are going to be players like Spica because Spica is not going to be allowed to play Nidalee. Um, that's probably where I'd go as like the biggest red flag yeah. is somebody like uh, Spica. And I don't Lid- think that's anything really against him because I thought he was outstanding in playoffs. Did you oh, and Yankos. And Yankos. Yeah. I think Yankos is a huge liability at, yeah. at Worlds. Never thought you'd say uh, – I mean, I, honestly, I didn't think I'd be saying that, but the current metagame, it is what it is. You know, it's, yeah. you know he, it's not a good fit for him. So um, how about uh, the, the best junglers? Uh, the best jungler in the world is Kanabi. And – I think it's by a decent amount is Kanabi was playing carry jungle before the carry jungle meta started. That shows you exactly what the best carry junglers are. So peanut is another player who is in that, um, in that archetype, but isn't as good as Kanabi. I like, I I probably won't have peanut in my a or B tier. It's going to be tough. It's, I really think it's going to come down to like, the carry junglers in one tier and the non-carry junglers in another tier and then probably a separate Kanavi tier. Yeah. So you think Kanavi's actually that? Like, I, I I agree. Kanavi's excellent. She just does everything. Like, that's... Well, so it's it's a blend of how important is the player to their team and yeah. how talented is the player and what style are they playing. So Kanavi's a carry jungler. It's on Kanavi to create the winning edge in almost every single game that they play. And he makes Zoom 
Yagao and Loken look like superstars. Yep. Uh, and I mean, Lu Mao is very good at that as well at helping support the rest of the team. But I think it's really mostly on Kanavi for for their success. And this, the team is built around Kanavi. Yeah. And if you think about it, like th- those two are the facilitators for that team, and that's yeah. why JDG is as good as they are. Really, yep. I mean, I mean, the other players are obviously very good as well, but like it's it's all on those two to me. I'm, I've always felt that way as well. So, yep. Um, John, uh, John, any any hot takes here on this? Any thoughts no. on this one? No, when I'm looking through junglers, uh, Spica stands out to me, Broxa stands out to me, Inspired stands out to me as as the worst possible junglers uh, at the tournament. Um, Inspired did show some new looks in the yeah. playoffs, so might not be as bad as he was looking earlier in the season. Yeah. Broxa and Spica were the two biggest names that stood out to me. And then for the best jungler, I think you're dead right. I think it's Kanavi. Yeah, I think Kanavi and the like. Who's who? Like who is like the closest to him? Do you think? Uh, I think people will say Car. Uh, people will say Carsa, and I think that's wrong. I think Carsa index is indexed too much into into the opposite end of the spectrum. Like I think yeah, he's, Kars- he's not quite as good at the carry junglers. Yeah, Carsa is not a carry jungler. Uh, the way that yeah. Kanavi is doesn't have the right champion pool. It's more of a Lee Sin player, similar to Broxa. So if if Lee Sin gets into some of these matchups and creates like gigantic plays, it's going to look really good. But it was a mistake to have that be your strategy. I think yeah. going into going into worlds. Um, I mean, like I said, the other junglers that I would even consider are the other carry junglers. So players like Peanut. Peanut. I think that self-made is is good for the West, probably the best Western jungler. I think Shadow is really good. I like Santorin, but it's just I like the style they play. It, yeah. I don't think that they're going to be able to compete with uh, players like Kanabi. Yeah. Uh, mid lane. Usually, sure. uh, usually ends up being the biggest deal at Worlds. A lot of the time it is. Uh, it's just a matter yeah. of who ends up you know, being the playmaker, you know, winning their matchups more often than not. So, you know, always an exciting one near and dear to my heart as a mid lane main. So who, who is your, who is the worst mid laner of the major regions? We're doing worse than first here. Um, <laughs> so I think it's uh, either Nemesis or Jensen. I, I think that they're both really uh, kind of liabilities. The problem with mid lane is everybody has the same champions in their pool. Yeah. Some players are better at different champions than others, but for the most part, everybody plays all of these champions because uh, the way that the professional teams and analysts and the head coaches look at pick ban, they want to be able to have blind pick options yeah. so that they can get a counter pick elsewhere on the ma- on the map. Um, so as long as that stays true and that's how people approach the draft, uh, I think Akali's really important. Yeah. Aurelia is going to make a showing. She, th- but these aren't the champions that are going to be blind picked every single game. Yeah, they're the ones that you're going to see picked, and the the casters can be like, "Oh my god, they picked Aurelia, they picked Akali," yeah. and then whether or not it works, they're just going to focus on that as being the difference maker in the game. Um, in terms of in terms of the best mid laners, there are three mid laners that I think have the chance at being the best according to their talent. Like, yeah. if if some Dark Horse team wins, of course their mid laner will look good. Yeah. Um, but in terms of talent alone, I think and this is not going to be... This should be my least controversial one. I think Knight, Showmaker, and Chovy are the yeah. three best. Yeah. I, people I think love it's pretty talk- clear cut. Yeah. Well, you would think that, but yeah. some people just keep yelling at me about caps. Caps, yeah. <laughs> and it's... I don't... I can't... I don't know what to say to them. It's like, for the last couple of months, I've been saying continuously... G2 is underrated. They're not performing well right now, but their talent is great. Yeah. Then they start playing well, and everybody's like, oh, my God, they're the best team ever. And then I'm like, you just hated them. Yeah, the overreaction. And now right? you love them. <laughs> so now, now I have to look like the bad guy. Yeah. So Not it's... putting caps here isn't disrespect to caps. It's like these, yeah. two guys, these three guys are ridiculous. They're ridiculously yeah, no. good. 
I love Caps, and I'm a huge G2 like Homer, basically. But uh, yeah. he, he's a, a full half tier, at least below those three. Those I mean, those three, three guys are they're right the th- probably the three best players in the world, right? Like, uh, I don't think that's yeah. unreasonable. I think that's pretty close. They're they're definitely those three are in the top ten. I would think. Yeah. Um, I did put out a top ten. Uh, I got yelled at about that too. But, uh, <laughs> we're not going to talk about that. Yet. Eighty carry. Sure. So. For AD carry, the worst uh, AD carry, in my opinion, is Wild Turtle. Wild Turtle is a mess. I I can't do this. I think I did it when I was on the Gold Card Podcast. Yeah. Uh, every time that somebody makes me talk about Wild Turtle, I go on a rant. So I'm just going to say Wild Turtle and move on. Yeah, I, think- I got to cut you off real quick. Will you at least give him credit? Because the guy looks like he's reinvented himself. He looks like a completely different player. Like the second half, like ever since he came back, it doesn't look like Wild Turtle anymore. It looks like some random vanilla AD cat. It's weird. It's uh, weird to me too because I feel the same way you do. I so for me, I Wild Turtle can definitely look good or at least passable in a lot of their wins. Yeah. Um, and FlyQuest got in a hot streak because of Power of Evil, Ignar, and Santorin. Like yeah. I do like FlyQuest a lot as a team. I don't like Solo that much, and I don't like Wild Turtle at all. Yeah. So when you get Wild Turtle on something like a utility AD carry. His impact is going to look larger than it is, in my opinion. Well, I was mostly so, just talking about how he doesn't, he's like not feeding anymore. He's not a liability anymore. Like it doesn't seem uh, that way, but I also think that at this level, that's going to change. Yeah. And I, I think that there were some spots in the playoffs where like in some of the games, like it wasn't like they lost a series because of Wild Turtle. Yeah. And that's really when you're going to feel like he looks horrible. And that kind of happened to Solo, even though I don't really think it was all Solo's fault for what happened in the finals. Um, but that's, that's my worst AD carry would be Wild Turtle. Uh, the three best AD carries are Ruler, Quan Fung, and Jackie Love. And I don't think that I, part of, parts of my lists are like built out of fear of people coming to try to burn my house <laughs> yeah, down. Dude, don't, don't even bother with that. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So Ruler, obviously. Ruler's uh, a savage. A, yeah, a very a very good player, but it's not only that he's a good player, his team plays around him. So yeah. even though we're in a jungle mid meta, Genji has figured out a way to play around their AD carry, which a lot of teams just are not capable of doing because of all of the the stresses from draft. I think life is uh, way underrated too. Uh yes, kind of. I, I I'm not sure about life uh compared to some of the other supports that are out there. Yeah, I'm not saying but... he's I'm not saying he's like one of the best supports in the world, but I do think, yeah. like, I think Ruler gets all the credit, and, yeah. you know, he, he deserves at least a good chunk of it as well, so. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, a bad support could completely tank somebody like Ruler, mm-hmm. so I get where you're coming out from that. Um, so in terms of, like, utility AD carries with with mechanical upside to play the hyper carries, I think Ruler is obviously that. Uh, Huan Fung, I think, is probably the main up-and-coming AD carry in the world right now. Before the LPL season started, I said that as we got closer to Worlds, the meta was going to shift more to AD carries, and that was going to help Huan Fung. That really didn't happen during uh, the last couple of patches, and they play a lot of Jin. And mm-hmm. people who watch my videos know I hate Jin. Yep. Jin sucks. It's horrible. If you pick Jin, he's going to be second most played at this tournament, dude. Get ready I know. for it. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be really sad because I I don't think that teams real well. I from my like from my philosophical perspective of League of Legends, it's just an incorrect pick. But obviously, they have different reasons. They're not thinking about it the same way I am. Yeah. But I can't stand that. I think it's I think it's pretty egregious at this point, um, especially when you get in the spots where it's like, oh, we picked Lucian. Oh, we picked Jin, and then you have no other damage on your team, yeah. and then you get a hyper tank picked into you. It's just really bad. Um, so that's that's what I'm afraid of for Sunning. The the, the main way I think they they have a bad performing at Worlds is from something like that. And then Jackie Love. 
I think Jackie Love is probably overrated at this point in yeah. terms of impact on the team. Like I said, it's a it's a mid jungle meta right it's now. Nice Jack, yeah, Jackie Love is um, a very good shot caller according to most people, and did help uh, Top Esports in that respect going to that team. But just gets too much credit. But as a as a supportive utility AD carry, Jackie Love does an extremely good job, and Jackie Love also does have the upside of pulling off some of these mechanical yeah. plays. Like we have seen Jackie Love go off. It's just that that's not his uh, default playstyle. Yeah, he kind of he's kind of one of these like toe the line eighty carries. Like he he will look bad at times for trying to get the most out of a situation. But you know, yeah, he, that's also the reason he could pop off in some spots as well. And I'll say yeah. on your Jin thing, I've been I've been a little bit frustrated with that too. As someone who literally I have like a thousand plus Jin games, and you only take Jin if the enemy has no tanks. If the enemy is capable of build, of build of putting more than one tank in their composition, like one tank that you can ignore. It is yeah. painful to play Jin into multiple tanks. Yeah. So yeah. like, and I've seen that a lot in pro play, people taking the Jin into a tank or with a spot for tanks. And so I agree with you there. Or they just play yeah. it as like a two core, and it's like not that it's not good enough as a two core. Yeah, they don't have enough damage yeah. to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Dra- the, the significance of Dragon and Baron also make Jin a worse pick because of the amount of time it takes to. T- uh, the amount of time it takes yeah. to take the objectives. It hurts with sieging. It's not as good at sieging. Um, it is okay if you can get Graves or Kindred. I think that you will have the double marksman. You'll get the consistent damage from your jungler. You'll have an AP mid laner. You'll have Jin, so Jin can fulfill yeah. that utility role. But it's just why even why even make yourself draft that way? Yeah. Uh, the last thing I say about AD carry is that um, I, I hope that Perks has a good showing. Perks has been really bad recently, like actually bad, making wild turtle type yeah. mistakes. And then Deft has had the back injuries. So those are the two players that I think have the most mobility in my tier list um, that could get up pretty high. Yeah, or could go down as well. Like, it could be sure. you know, bad well, as well. Well, for, for Perks, I think that his his floor is the what I have as the B tier, which is the, the biggest tier. Yeah. Because I, I still think, even at Perks' worst, I think that Perks is better than Kramer, Wild Turtle, and the Machi guy. Yeah, which are, those are the main player. ones. I, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, support. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. So for support, I think the most important champion at Worlds is going to be Bard. Yeah. Uh, if you if you are a team that can play Bard, then I'm going to like you. If yeah. you are a team that can play carry junglers, I'm going to like you. Uh, in terms of the worst support here, I think that it's really tough to differentiate between a lot of these supports outside of what they look like in wins and losses because yeah. supports jobs are so static. So the upside comes from playmaking supports, but for the purposes of the list, I would say that uh, Vander and Biofrost are probably the worst. But Biofrost does play Bard and Rakan really well, so yeah. it's like I'm kind of ambivalent. Like I could see him doing well, but I don't think TSM's going to do well. So nobody's going to yell at me. So it's I'm, I'm kind of fine <laughs> leaving it like that. <laughs> that's, that's I mean I'm being honest. That's because I, I think I that's you. the only that's the only time you're going to screw yourself over. So for my top supports, I might have some people coming after me. Um, but I think that the three, the three best are, uh, Sword Art and Lu Mao, um, and then a gigantic tier above them is Keria. I think yeah. Keria is by far the best support in the world. Yeah, extremely insane, young, ex- extremely high upside, and part of that might just be falling in love with the youth of him and not having a lot of this other information. Like maybe there are some bad plays that Keria is going to make that takes takes him down a few notches, but the upside alone is undeniable you have to have him as the number one uh the number one support at worlds and i have him inside of my top 10 players at worlds yeah, I, I think I, just, I think him and lumao are, are like very very good i think they're the two best at the position in the world 
Yeah, so the Lumao and and uh, for Sword Art, Sword Art obviously a great Thresh player and kind of started playing Bard a lot more and is very good at Bard. Lumao had that crazy play in the finals with a five man Bard ultimate, yep. oh, completely complete luck. But even if that hit three people, it would have been insane. Yeah. So the fact that it was five, I mean, come on. But but overall, those are the three that I'm really looking out for um, to make gigantic impacts uh, for their teams. And the I guess the only one that's kind of um, the other two I should mention are Ignar. I love Ignar. I think yeah. Ignar is a huge playmaker, has big mobility. And then Yu Yanja is a big question mark for top esports. I think if they lose, Yu Yanja will get a lot of the blame. I don't know if he will deserve a lot of the blame, but that's where the blame is going to go. Because people are going to see, oh my god, Yu Yanja had five deaths as Nautilus in this game where he was asked to engage all the time. Like, how did he die? Dude, well, I don't know. His job was to engage. I thought he was actually, like, a, like a sleeping giant kind of guy. Like, I know that team's good, and it's it's a little easier to look good on a good team like that. But if you look at, like, yeah. a lot of their playoff matches, like, he was he was just in there. Like, he was the one starting everything, making plays on stuff. Like, he's yeah. been – he's gotten better and better as the year went on, too. So that's a little scary. Like, maybe he's, like, just legit a monster, and we don't know yet. <laughs> so, yeah, all right. I can see that. Now we're going to do rapid fire. Fine by me. Who's getting out of play-ins? Uh, that is going to be super massive and mad, and then LGD and oh, I forgot there was another team that I liked a lot from there. Um, Unicorns of Love. Unicorns of Love. It was Talon. not Unicorns of Talon. Love. Unicorns of Love, I think, is the most overrated team in that group Talon. because they they're dominant. Uh, the the second one's the second one's a toss up. I think that. I think that that region, the jungle talent is is very strong. A lot of them play carry junglers, so I don't feel comfortable really with the second pick there. I just think that it's LGD and then everybody else because they're the best at playing carry jungler. So okay. I think everyone else is live. Okay, go to your head. Pick pick one. Uh, the uh, if I had to pick one, I'd probably just go with you know the unicorns of love because that's the easiest pick. <laughs> okay, got it. Um, groups. Uh, if with that happening, I guess that puts Unicorns of Love into the group with, um, who's getting out of groups? I'll, just, I'll, I'll sum it up and put it that way. Cause I don't know if the wildcard team is going to kick in for that or not for you. Yeah. Let me just get this in front of me. Sorry. You're good. Group A. We got G2, Machi, Sooning, and it would probably be... Yeah, so Sooning is my favorite is my favorite team to get out of the group. I think they're underrated right now. I think G2... Is this, is this old? What's going on here? No, they're not. They're, so they're the, it would, the play-in team. Okay, yeah. G, G2, G2, Machi, Sooning. I think Sooning comes in first. They're, there's value on them on the betting markets right now. I think everybody wants G2 to win. I don't think they will. You think G2 get out second? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, group B. Damwon, JDG, Rogue, and it would be probably. I think TSM get automatically put into this, or not TSM? Uh, TL. A- a- TL would get automatically put into this group. Yeah, TL I think TL would get through, so it'd be super massive. So it'd be there. super. It'd be super. Well, super massive could also go into Group A. So if super massive gets out, it's different. So I, I, I think that Damwon and JDG are obviously the favorites to get through. The only yeah. thing that would be unique from this would be if JDG can overtake Damwon, and I think most people aren't giving them a good chance to do it. But I think Kanavi's good enough to do it. So. I think. I think. The, I think either of them getting out first wouldn't surprise me, and I. And yeah. I'm pretty. I'm big on Dam One, and I it wouldn't surprise me if JDG got ahead of him. Um, yeah, the two of them are pretty clearly above anyone else in that group, yep. right? All right. Mm-hmm. Um, how many how many games do you think Rogue? You think Rogue get a game or two? Uh, I think they will just just at a variance. Uh, they play like a good macro game, but I think most of the time they're going to be too slow. Got it. 
Group C, Fnatic, Gen G, Team Solo Mid, and I guess it would be LGD. LGD. Yeah, LGD, LGD support would be in there. Under this group. Yeah. Uh, I think that Gen G and LGD will make it out. Um, I think if TSM or Fnatic make it out, uh, it's probably Fnatic. Um, but I don't really like either of their chances. I think that TSM has this problem where they default into a really slow game. Gen G is going to blow them out of the water for that. Um, and it's, well, Gen G will blow them out of the water in that because that's also the style that they play. LGD will be faster than them and be able to beat them. Um, I might like, I might be biased towards LGD because I love peanut, but. I can't really help that. Sorry. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, and then, How about Group D? We got Top Esports, Dragon X, FlyQuest, and it would be uh, probably Mad Lions would slot into this group. Yeah, so I think I think DRX is live to win the group. Um, I think they can be Top Esports. I think Deft has been underperforming a lot. People have seen it. People think that DRX is dead, but, I mean, they're very good players. All they have to do is get a couple good drafts, yep. and that's that's it. Win an early game, and you can be Top Esports. Uh, FlyQuest is dead. I think it's DRX and Top Esports. I know it's chalky, but hey, nothing. It's... I mean, if the chalk's there. It is what it is. You know, there's nothing. You don't. You don't gotta have super duper hot takes. So, yeah. Who's winning the whole thing? Who's winning Worlds this year? I mean, obviously, I... obviously the play the the matchups matter. I know that, but just like right yeah. now, off the top of your head, like if you had to pick a winner right now, who is it? I want Soning to win. I think JDG is the best. Uh, carry jungle team out there. Those are, uh, but I do think top esports will win. I, no, I think <laughs> it's just like the G, it's the G two yeah. thing, but for China, right? That's. What... I mean, it, it kind of is. I, I like I said, I think that if I stuck to my what my heart was saying from before the 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 summer split started, I knew that Sony had a chance to be really yeah. really good, and they're kind of rounding in the form right now. I might be overrating them. Uh, which is why I'm apprehensive, and I'm not getting a ton of value on that either for yeah. for that future. So I don't love it, um, but I think they have all of the makings of a world championship team. I think Top Esports is obviously the easy chalk answer, and JDG is the best at playing the style that I think should win worlds. Gotcha. All right, cool. Um, how about a dark horse? I guess Sooning is your dark horse. Right? Yeah, Sooning Sooning is my is my dark horse. Right, yeah, that makes sense. Tournament MVP, or I mean, alternatively, you could just say who who do you think the best player in the tournament is going to be, or the I most think important that, player. I think Kanavi is going to to go insane and people are just going to be like, Oh my God, how did we not know about this? Guy? How did Griffin go? How did Griffin put this guy through this? That's <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, so Kanavi and then the other dark horse that I would think about is Caria. I think that if yeah. DRX plays well and Deft is able to get even to like league world's average, I think Caria can, can make the difference there. So those are the two players I would look at as potential MVPs that are not only the MVP, but like mind blowing, like just people had no idea. Alrighty. You can find his stuff at youtube.com slash league of items, twitter.com slash league of, or at league of items on Twitter and anywhere else we can find your stuff at, Mike. That's mostly it. You'll find everything else if you find one of those. I'm sure he'll be putting up plenty of Twitter polls on who we think is going to win, testing, testing the, uh, the field, seeing what people think on this. Mike, thank you for joining us. As always, it's a pleasure. We'll have to have you back on and, uh, look forward to how this turns out. Sounds good. Talk to you guys later. Joining us now. From linemovement.com and lcspicks.com, the one, the only, Alan Heffelfinger, at lcspicks on Twitter. Alan, thank you for joining us. Well, thank you so much for having me. You getting psyched for Worlds? You getting psyched for Worlds? Man, I'm so psyched. I I can't do EU Masters anymore. I've watched (laughs) one too many, like, 5v5 
five Harold throw or I don't know. I'm ready for Worlds, Johnny, man. Johnny, you a fan of 5v5 Harold throw? I, I love 5v5 Harold throw. <laughs> I mean, it's just like it, my solo king experience. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right, so we got um we have our playing groups announced. We just did a big show last week talking about the play-ins, breaking down the teams and everything. Who do you think is getting out of the play-ins and why? Mm, all right, well, let's start with the easy one. I think LGD is getting out. Um, I basically think this because of my LeBron James theory, right? They have Peanut. Nobody else has Peanut. Peanut's the best player in play-ins by far. They're getting out, right? Then I think it gets a little interesting. Like, I think there's quite a few teams that I think are pretty solid here. I think that there's a pretty good chance that Team Liquid is not getting out here. So I will say I expect Mad Lions to get out as well. Mad Lions are a flexible team. They play the right way. They're, you know, I I like them. And then I watched the TCL finals today, and I liked what I saw from Supermassive. Uh, they are, they're kind of like Team Liquid in that they play those straight up team fight compositions focused on the late game, except their jungler can actually carry the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cacao is, uh, he looked good, guys. I, I wasn't expecting him to look quite that good, but he's playing everything. He can play every single champion that's in the meta right now. And, uh, yeah, so I kind of think that they're getting out ahead of Team Liquid. Dude, when you and- consider that Cacao went from <laughs> – Cacao has been, like, all, literally around the world and back yeah. in the last, like, four yeah. years, right? He was literally playing in Challenger Korea this season, in summer, yes. and then went <laughs> to Turkey – <laughs> struggled at first, put it together with this team and Snow, him and Snowflower both, and now they're now they're at Worlds with Turkey. Like what? It's, it, it's wild. Know. It's wild, and, and he still looks pretty good. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if he's his he old was, self. He was the best jungler in the world for a, a bit there. You know, one of them anyway. Sure. Yeah, he didn't look like his old aggressive self so much, but his farming carrying the late game kind of stuff still looked pretty good to me. So so I'm interested in super massive getting out. Getting and then out. yeah, and then I think I think PSG talent, people are writing this off a little too quickly just because of the substitutes. It's not like those players are bad players. They yeah. picked up guys who were right on the edge of worlds anyway, right? Mm-hmm. It's like if it's like if Team Liquid was like, hey, we're gonna bring Blabber and Niski instead. Yeah, exactly. Instead of solo, it's like okay, right, right. So, so I, I still think that you know they're pretty good. I, I'm a little worried about D because he has not, yeah, he has not played professionally in a while. He's been a coach, it looks like. So that that concerns me a tiny bit. But as long as they've got some practice under their belts and they they've all played together before, I mean, they're all in the same solo queue servers and some of them have been on teams together before so so yeah i think psg talon uh mad lions lgd and super massive are getting okay. out. no love yeah. no love for the unicorns of love i i watched i watched their series as well i wasn't as in love with them i think i think in these like play in matches that slow style is going to to serve teams well that are at a talent deficit. 
I know I didn't, I used that basically against Team Liquid, I but I think for Supermassive, because they have that threat with Kakao, that's what I like about them. With L, with that LCL series, they got behind big time in a couple of those games. And if they do that against Supermassive or Team Liquid or whoever they end up being in a series with, uh, I don't like their chances there. Does, does Unicorns and I'll throw this to you too, John? Like, does Unicorns love? They're starting to feel like like the the chic, like the hip, the public dog. Yeah, bit, I think right? they're. I think you're right about that. I think they're a team that a lot of people are starting to lead. like. People want to feel smart, and yeah. so when yeah, you want exactly. to feel smart, you have to find something different than what other people are saying to tell people. And I think they're they're definitely like a hip, like oh oh, you think Talon's getting out? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't I, think it would surprise any of us. They're probably being overrated, even though I think they have a decent shot to get. Yeah, out. like I, I don't yeah. think any of us are like completely writing them off. Like I think they could get out. It's just that they're stocks rising a little too much right now yeah their talent i i think they have good talent yeah. i just think they're a little bit wild yeah. like that whole league is a little bit wild if you watch the lcl yeah. besides the finals dude that league is like I, I said this on the last show like if there is going to be one team at this tournament that's just going to do something completely off the wall it's this team like a hundred percent, they're gonna they're gonna do Tarek Yee or some some nonsense. Like it's not even that they always did that; they did a little bit of that. But just the environment that they're in, like all the weird shit that the LC, like the the CIS teams always play, I think they're just kind of bred in that weird. It's like bizarre. It's like like Europe does a lot of weird shit. Eastern Europe, completely different story. They you don't know weird until you've seen some of the shit that these teams do. So. <laughs> All right, so um, you have it's it's Mad Supermassive, uh, LGD, and Paris Saint Germain Talon, right? Correct. All right. Um, with that, I think with that we would know that the groups would be locked with that iteration as well. So we would have um, let's go to Group A. I'm going to ask you next who's getting out of groups. So Group A would be G2 Machi Suning Liquid or not Liquid. Um, either Supermassive Super or no, it has to be super massive. Talent has to go to B. Oh yeah, it has to. It has to be super. Ta- it has to be super massive. So G two Machi Suning super massive. I mean, I think it's pretty simple. It's uh, it's G two and Suning, right? He's getting out first. Uh, oh, that's a tough one. I think I think it's probably Suning. To be honest, I I am starting to get off the G two train a little bit. Perks is not looked good to me and I've been rewatching some of the games from the playoffs and he had some uh, scary series out there but I mean he's come back from stuff like that before so I could I could see them being okay and then the rest of the team is so good that I don't see them losing to I think there's an argument to be made like with G2 I think there's an argument to be made that they should just start playing the champions that Perks plays rather than what's in the meta like he's a fantastic Zaya player yeah. They should stop putting him on stuff that is in the meta right now because he's been awful on all the meta eighty yeah, carries. I, I think the only the only issue with that because I said I, I was thinking the same thing going into playoffs, but like you just can't. I mean, Caitlyn may or may not fall out of favor here, but you can't play Zai against Caitlyn. The range advantage it's, is too much. You can't play against Caitlyn. You know, have Perks play mages in the bot lane and have do that Caps too. play Caps, Caps play Lucian or or Vayne but, or but whatever. John, that would entail Vayne. Caps playing a champion that you hate very very much. Your he thoughts? Play, he can play any eighty carry, dude. Haven't played Jin mid. I don't care. <laughs> and then and then send an eighty carry mage out of the bot lane. Yeah, I think I, if they're going to succeed, that's what they have to do. 
Yeah. Okay. I think. Um, it, by the way, John. So you and I are doing these these interviews individually with with everyone, and isn't it interesting hearing back to back like that the things that are consistent throughout? Yeah. Yeah. How everyone like I think if you like looked into the public eye, everyone's like, oh, G two is going to get out of this group in first place and back to back now. Probably so far, our interviews so far it's been swimming, and I think I will say Caps Angel be. Diff is potentially a thing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I would, if, the first time I talked through this group, that's what I really keyed in on, and I said that I thought G2 was going to win, but then I went back and watched a couple of their series, and now I'm a little bit back on the Sooning train. Angel played okay in the playoffs. I mean, he's... He's the worst player on the that, team. Yes, definitely. Definitely the worst player on the team. But Ben is... Uh, I really like him. He's he's a solid, solid player. Ben and, ben and SOFM are... Like absolute monsters. Uh, if you yeah. guys, if you watch this team, like all their games in the LPL, like those two, Juan Fang is excellent as well. So it helps having two yeah. games that are just insanely good. But the second half of the season, Ben and SOFM just like put this team on their back and carried them like every single game. It's not, and it's not to say that these other players can't do it, but like those two were just going ballistic every single game. So uh, I kind of think, yeah, I kind of think they're kind of secret. All right, Damwon, JDG, Rogue, and it would be Talon, Talon in this group. I mean, it's not that hard. Again, it's it's Damwon and JDG. These are my two favorites to win the whole thing, so they are definitely getting out of groups. They're the two teams to me that you could go up and down the roster and, and you'd have a hard time identifying the weakness. Yeah. Yeah. You I, could just I agree yeah. with that. Uh, how many I mean Rogue and Talon, do you think they get any games in this in this group? Oh, that's tough too. I mean, besides against each other, obviously. Yeah. Uh no, I don't actually. <laughs> yeah, I think okay. JDG is such a low or a, such a high floor team that I don't see them losing to either of those. And then Damwon Gaming is high floor, high ceiling, high everything <laughs> team. So yeah, I, I think I don't see either of those moves. teams taking a game. <laughs> yeah. Um, Fnatic, Gen G, Team Solo Mid, and LGD. LGD. Thank you, John. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this every single time, just so you know. <laughs> it's gonna be like I've never done this before and didn't just write a six thousand word article on it. But you know, it's like uh, so. Yeah, Fnatic, Gen G, LGD, Team Solomon in Group C. All right. So number one, I think Gen G is going to win this group. I think they have the best players. I think that they are the most consistent. They make the most sense with their drafting everything. So Genji, I think I would honestly be a little bit surprised if they dropped a game here. Wow, okay. The second team, I'm starting to fall in love with a little known organization. There's this these these letters that keep going through my head. Johnny <laughs> might want to pull pull a trash can next to you so you can throw up. I'm starting to believe in the TSM. They got a bunch of young upstarts, you know, uh, Beardson, Doublelift. <laughs> They've got organizational stability. No one has ever said a bad word about them. No, <laughs> but for real, I think TSM sets up pretty well in this meta. I watched through their playoff games again, and I was impressed. I came away impressed. I mean, they have... They have win conditions in every single lane, which you can't say about any of the other NA teams. And I, 
I kind of like this metaphor. I, it hurts me to say, but I think they're I think they're my dark horse pick. I think that TSM's getting out of this group. So, does this have more to do with the fact that you're just not high on Fnatic and LGD, or that you're particularly high on TSM, or a little bit of both? Or because to me, I look at this group and a lot of people are just automatically putting LGD through. And the weird thing with LGD is I think that they're well positioned for this for this metagame. I do. But I also have seen this team just no-show for weeks on end before, and they don't know what to do from behind in the game. Hell, there's games where they have a 5K gold lead and they almost lose. So a big question, too, is how do you, like, how do you feel about just being wrong? Is that, is that something I mean, you're comfortable with? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I mean, that's certainly <laughs> a possibility. So, Alan, I'm actually I'm not quite as bullish as you, I don't think, but... When I'm looking at this and I'm looking at like futures odds for this, like I definitely think TSM have a chance to get out of like get to We're gonna get a great Whippo interview after he just destroys TSM. <laughs> yeah. Now, now that said, I do think Fnatic is kind of going under the radar here a little bit, like with us, like us three right now. Anyway, to me, I I legitimately think like LGD probably should be favored, like over. I think Genji get out of this group. Like I don't think that's a question. I'd be shocked if they don't. Yeah. I think these other three teams. It's interesting. Like, I think it's like, I think LGD are the favorite, but I also think, like, it's not that big of a gap between TSM Fnatic and them. And I never in a million years thought I'd say that, like, legitimately. But I just have seen too many situations with this LGD team where they, like, self-destruct. Like, I think Bjergsen's the best mid laner in this group besides BDD. Right. That's that's where I wanted to go. It's like... I think that the Bjergsen versus Nemesis matchup could turn into what we saw the Caps versus Nemesis matchup yeah. turn into, right? Because they watched the series where he played Lucian every time and, yeah. and you know, he He's was fine. He's not going to get that again. That's what happened in He's, finals. He didn't get it again, not, and that was that. And it was, and that was that. And he's he's been a problem all season long. Like, I, they weren't talking about it because as much on the, on the cast and stuff, but he had an bad early season he had a bad mid-season yep. like that playoff series was basically the only time where yeah. i was impressed by him at all of this split so so yeah that's that's where i think that they have an edge against Fnatic because i think the top lane they're very similar obviously whippo is the better player but they both have carry potential and they both have a ton of champions in their champion pool so i don't think you can game plan around broken blade really and then uh the bot lane, I think, is, you know, it's reckless versus double if they're just going to farm and That's complain so about their teams. I kind of think, like, if you if you break this down by, like, if there's, like, a 100% pie, like, 100 pieces, right? Genji, if we automatically put Genji through, which, I mean, some people won't. That's fine. I kind of think it's, like, 45, like, 40% LGD, 35% Fnatic, and 25%, T, like, TSM. Like, give or take. But I think a lot of people are treating this like it's, like, 75-25. You know, like, I, yeah. I, I think people aren't giving TSM a shot. And I just think they actually, I think, have a reasonable shot. Yeah, and obviously, I mean, I'm I'm on a podcast to say interesting things. <laughs> like, if I just said the Korean and Chinese team is going to get out of every group, uh, you could have you could have called any any random person who had seen one League of Legends match in their life. So, so I mean, I'm open to being wrong, is what I'm saying, John. 
That is so funny that that the storyline when that match happens is totally going to be reckless against Double Lift and like Showdown of the Immortals or whatever, and they're literally just going to farm. There's going to be no Ash. Yeah, yeah, you're they're totally gonna, right. You know, those guys want to it's going to be Ash like or Senna or something <laughs> yeah, like that, or Sivir so or something stupid. Uh, Group D, Dragon X, FlyQuest, uh, Top Esports, and it was Mad Lions, I guess, for you, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this group yeah, is actually get... kind of wild to me. Like this group, like C and D are kind of interesting to me. Yeah, I mean, Mad Lions and Dragon X are similar teams in some ways, right? Because they draft a little bit wild sometimes, and you could see them just throwing best ones in draft. Yeah. But uh, but I I think it's time to go back to the chalk here. I think it's Top and Dragon X. I mean, Mad Lions just doesn't have the. I don't think they have the experience to to compete with those teams right now. And I, I also have some concerns about their mid laner humanoid in, in matchups against really, really good mid laners. Yeah, so humanoid gets to face Knight and Trophy in the same group. Yeah, I feel that's... so bad for dude. I feel so bad for power of evil too. Like the mid lane in this group is actually yeah. pretty stacked. Yeah. And, and I like power of evil. I don't think that he's going to throw the game for fly quest at all. You know, I think he's a, a safe player. He's, he's been a safe so player. Good. He's so yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. I think people just like see that he's old and don't want to give him credit. It's like, dude, the guy's a beast. He's so yeah, steady just, at all times. I just think that FlyQuest brains are going to explode against like Top and Dragon X a little yeah. bit. You're gonna be yeah. like, what is this? You can't <laughs> yeah. play vanilla against these teams, dude. <laughs> They're too good. Right. All right. Yeah. Um, Quarterfinals. I won't go through each one of these. Who, who's winning this tournament? I think it's JD Gaming. I like I like them the most because of what I talked about earlier. They have just a really high floor, so I don't think they're ever going to go into a game and just lose it in a draft or lose it in a you know a uh, early level one or something like that. Where you could see that happening with top esports, you can see that happening with. Dragon X, Genji. Uh, Damwon's the other team. I think that the finals will be JD Gaming and Damwon, if that's possible, from what I just set up. Yeah, so I think that that's probably a safe bet at finals. Like, if you could find some sort of, like, matchup, you know how you can bet that in yeah, the NBA or NFL. Or, yeah. Yeah, I think that that's, that's a pretty pretty good bet to me. Alright, uh, how about a Dark Horse? I know you kind of mentioned TSM earlier, but, like, to win the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so TSM, I think, is a dark horse to use to hedge later. So if you want to bet they're like really long odds, I think they were like plus 8,000. Like yeah. So, so that would be interesting to hedge maybe in like a quarterfinal or a semifinal. Um, as far as anyone else, I guess I would go with one of the PCS teams just because of the history there i think that their players have shown to be pretty pretty near quality to uh lpl and lck they play in the same solo queue environments they're you know they're they're strong teams but i don't know as much about those teams and so i'm not sure between machi and talon i liked what i saw from talon when i watched them this morning for sure but obviously they have new players in there yeah, so i think kind of like the intrigue of their range of outcomes makes talon crazy interesting to me and they're like 150 to one so to yeah me, it's like 
I want at least a taste of that in case. Because, like, if, what if they – I mean, if they hit the top range of their outcomes, like, they could compete with a lot of these teams. So, Yeah. All right. Um, tournament MVP and or your best player and or maybe the surprise player of the tournament. Like, you know, whichever category you want to, you want to put this under. Yeah. So, I think MVP, Kanavi is a pretty good bet for MVP. He's – you know, he's, to me, he is the best player in the world. He's, wow. uh, well, I, I don't know if that's, most <laughs> let, impactful, me, let me rephrase. Yeah. I think, I think he's the most impactful player in the world. Like, sure. Would I take raw skill of Knight or Showmaker or Chovy over Kanavi? Sure. But Kanavi's impact on the map to me is not rivaled by anyone else. And so I think that he's a, he's a decent bet here. And, you know, he doesn't have a great mid laner. You got always a solid kind of safe mid laner. And I think that the other teams, if they win, then their mid laner is going to be the MVP. But with him, I think it, it's more likely. I think that's yeah. definitely a reasonable take. It almost feels like, uh, yeah, you just gotta you gotta look at like the quarterback for each team, like the quarterback for right, the right versus the jungler. Yeah, that's kind of an interesting yeah. thought on. I, I I dig that. Right. All right, you can find his stuff at uh, linemovement.com and at lcspicks.com. Alan, thank you for joining us. All right, thank you so much, guys. This was a blast. Always a pleasure. Joining us now is James McCool from linemovement.com and paydirtdfs. That is uh, paydirt.ghost.io. Big DFS player uh, in the league community and I'm sure elsewhere too, right? James is kind of kicking into football and all sorts of other things this time of year too, right? Yeah, I mean, I uh, develop projections and models for every sport, um, like every fucking sport. So for sure, uh, DFS, when it was esports, was a lot of fun just because, you know, that's my background. I used to be a professional gamer. So I had like a lot of like emphasis on that. And then now we're back into regular sports, which is way more boring. But we're going to talk about league today. So what did you play? I didn't actually know you played. Uh, I was pro in Halo 3. Oh, Halo 3. Wow. Okay. I didn't, I did that. I didn't know. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I was, uh, Guitar Hero first when I was 13. I had a sponsorship at the, uh, local GameStop, um, that I actually lost because there was a song that I couldn't beat that nobody can beat. And then, <laughs> uh, I was a pro in Halo 3 for three years until, like, I tried to play Halo Reach, but I didn't like the DMR that much. So I, I have a storied, storied career. I didn't, I, I, I had no idea. That's cool. That's cool. This is something, uh, today I learned, I guess. So. Well, fun. So, um, James, you wanted to take a more DFS-centric approach to this rundown here. So just big-picture um, DFS topics in regards to Worlds, maybe maybe for someone that doesn't play a lot or or for people that are more frequent uh, League of Legends DFS players. Yeah, well, I mean, if you're not – if you've never played League of Legends DFS, then you can think of it a lot like um, putting together a two-team parlay, right? You really need to have two winners in your lineups and – Something like that is a little bit more nuanced when you are just playing within one league. Like if you have an LPL only slate, then you can make those decisions really easily. You know, you can have a streamlined process on that because the teams play the same way. But something that I think a lot of people, even if you are, you know, more moderate or advanced player in terms of League of Legends DFS, something you have to pay attention for in these regional competitions is that the regions play a lot differently. So I wanted to kind of like talk through a little bit of that and get you guys' opinions on how people should be preparing for something like this. Because personally, when we go through, I actually had a different model that I had to build up because my models were not 
looking at the right things when we were doing things like EU Masters or when we were doing the the uh, Pro-Am tournaments and stuff like that where it was regional. So I think it's really important to look at, for instance, if there's LPL and LEC on the same slate, um, LPL is very, very kill-happy. So when you're playing within only an LPL slate, then you don't really have to worry about that. But when there is an LPL team, when there's an LEC team, when these teams are facing each other, uh, you kind of have to be able to put together an aggregate projection that is based on not only one region's averages, but also another region's averages. And I think that it can kind of get muddled for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a whole lot to unpack with this. Uh, Just for the sake of time, we won't go too far into the weeds on it, but that's a really, really important point to make. And I think something that, like you said, people don't quite follow. Uh, If they haven't done these kind of international terms before, because we only got – I mean, really, EU Masters is the closest thing, uh, and it wasn't quite to this level, and it wasn't quite as pronounced stylistically about it. I mean, obviously, the EU Masters team, some of them did some really wacky stuff, but um, it's not as pronounced as this is representative of this region, this is representative of this region, and you're going to get to really see, you know, how these different leagues play against each other, and you're right, they're, everything everything's different, everything measures up different, different things matter in different regions, so... If you just jam the numbers, I mean, I did this myself. Like when I jammed the teams together from the L- just the LPL and the LCK, you jam the model together, like you, it spits out some really weird stuff, right? <laughs> because different things matter in different leagues. So, you know, if if there's if every team in a league is doing something X amount well, and in the other league it's not, but that other league maybe does something else differently, then it can it can make things look a lot differently. And you really have to be cognizant of these things when you're when you're projecting or even just. I test evaluating as well. So um, anything else you want to touch on? Just big picture or you want to dive right into these? No, we'll, we'll jump right into these things and, and get some predictions out there. All right, cool. So we have a 10-team playing stage now uh, instead of down from the 12th. Uh, rip in peace to the Vietnamese teams. It's a bummer because they're always fun to watch. Um, so we have 10 teams. Uh, we have Group A. Uh, let's. Who do you think is getting out of Group A? Uh, Matt Lyons. Like, I'm a huge Mad Lions fan, as is. Uh, I think that they are kind of an underrated team. I've been on them since the spring split when uh, they were kind of shocking the world up against G2 and Fanatics of the world over there in the European leagues. Um, They're just, they're a really, really solid team that doesn't let any objective go for free. I think that's uh, that's an underrated quality of a team. Not only are they going to be fighting for objectives, but they're, they're really good at team fighting. Typically, they have a really high ratio of the kills in the game. Um, it doesn't necessarily matter to me that they are getting objectives. What matters to me is that they are not giving up objectives. They're not like a uh, FC Schalke, right? Like yeah. FC Schalke is a team that just sits back and lets teams scale up forever and have whatever objectives they want while they're farming. But Mad Lions makes you fight for everything. I, I just think they're, even against a team like uh, Liquid, I, I, I think Liquid would probably be the second tier team here that I would expect to get through. Um, but Mad Lions might pick in group A. Cool, cool. How about uh, Group B? Group B, a uh, little more top-heavy, I would say, but interesting kind of in the middle, right? Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, it's LGD. Like, I, you, you can't really pick anybody but them to get out of Group B. I think that's pretty much um, just expected from anybody in the industry that has been paying attention. Uh, Unicorns of Love is a, is a fun little uh, niche kitschy pick, but uh, it's it's got to be LGD. It's the strongest region here. They play a very, very strong style of gameplay. They have a really, really strong carry in their lanes. Um, I, it's just, it's LGD. Yeah. So, we kind of, so, you have Madden LGD for sure. They're out number one. 
So, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so we're getting we're getting other teams here too. So what do we think? Uh, it could be what is it? It's not literally any combination. It's almost any combination of uh, teams getting out. Uh, yeah, via the, the cross. A maximum, a maximum of three from a group, but four teams total. Yeah. So uh, if you had to pick the two two other teams to get out of out of these um, out of the playing stage, who's it going to be? Because we're getting four teams out of here. So Madden, LGD, or Lock. Yeah, that's that's harder. I mean, I think that Liquid probably gets through. I do think that they have a leg up over Legacy and Supermassive. Um, Ints is kind of my dark horse in Group A. I do think that CBLOL, while being super volatile, is a, is a league where teams can kind of, you know, we talked about it on Twitter, where there are these teams that, and teams and players that kind of can carry. And I think that Ints being a very in a very volatile league going up against teams, um, that's going to be a spot where they can probably snowball. These are best of one. So I think that kind of treats Ints very well. Uh, but Team Liquid, Ints, I think, is probably another one in Group A that I have a little bit of confidence in. And then PSG Talon uh, would probably be the other one out of Group B, but I don't have a lot of uh, confidence in, in Group B, really. Yeah. Oh, so, you, so you're, that, you're the first person, I think, that we've had on that, that doesn't have a whole lot of confidence in any of the teams, really, besides, so you said Talon? And that was it. Do you have no no faith in unicorns of love? Or you think they're kind of it's too cute. It's too cute. Like, I, I mean, like they're they're a fun team, man. I just don't think that they. I don't think they have the cohesiveness that they necessarily need to get past a couple of these other teams. I do respect Team Liquid a lot, even though they were limit testing for like six months straight. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just think that uh, Team Liquid and Ints uh, super massive. I might even put above unicorns of love, but. I, I just don't have a lot of respect for Group B, period. So you're down. You're just totally down. You're, I think you're probably the lowest of anyone we've had on on Unicorns of Love. And uh, you know, I, I'm kind of with you on Talon, even with the roster shakeup because of that. I, I, it's, it's such a weird situation that's going on there, right? Like you have the, yeah. the mid and jungle from AHQ coming in for them, and then they're having to they're having to play an undisclosed amount of games with the sub eighty carry too. So. Yeah. It's weird. I think they've upgraded in mid and jungle in terms of players, and they've it's two players that have played together before and had success together before. But it's going to be a matter of like in the short time period are they going to be able to gel, you know, together and everything. So they're kind of a, a wild card. I think their ceiling, the ceiling for that team is like honestly like getting out of group, like getting out of this and then being competitive in group stage. But it's that's, just that's one of the things questions. I'm looking at here, though, is that ceiling. When yeah. we're playing best of one, consistency can go out the window for me. Yeah. I, I want teams that are going to be able to consistently find the high ceiling thanks baby consistently find the high ceiling so that they can get through those best one if you only have to win one game like give me a team that has a high ceiling and i think the psg when we talk about mid and jungle coming over and playing together um i treat that almost like an ac support combo considering the jungle they'd have to be so cohesive together in what they do so that is one of those things i think psg is one of the top teams in group b unicorns love is fun i get it i understand the the fan favorite there but I don't see them getting past. I think if I'm going to pick four, it's going to be uh, Mad Lions, Team Liquid, LGD, and PSG or Ints. All right, cool. Oh, so yeah. So you you are the highest on Ints that I've I've heard anywhere, heard or read yeah, I, anywhere. I love the CBLOL. Okay, I, I, super high ceiling. All right, so a little little bit of fandom sneaking in a little bit, right? Okay, okay that's fair. That's fair. Nothing nothing wrong with that. So um. With that in mind, with those teams getting out, moving on to the group stage, I'm going to attempt to get this right this time, John, and I'm probably going to fail. So the first group, uh, Group A, with these in mind, would be G2, Machi, Suning, and Liquid. Who gets out of Group A? 
Uh, that's what, this one's a little bit hard for me because I, as much as I want G2 to be back to their super dominant ways, and they did finish off the summer split very, very well, you got to have questions about them. Like, you have to. They were not as cohesive as they have been. Their tower dives, which is kind of like their thing, that's their trademark move, is a tower dive that works very well, was not working quite as well. When they don't get a snowball lead and when they're not able to get caps that far ahead, uh, I think that they struggle a lot. So I, I think there are some leaks with G2. Sooning looked very, very good. They've been a team that came up from spring split and really, really improved going into summer split. And I do think that the LPL is probably the strongest uh, overall group, overall region, with LCK having obviously very top-heavy with them along in the uh, DRX. But I really do like Sooning and what they brought to the table. If it's liquid, what liquid are we going to get? You know, yeah. like, are we going to get the one that was literally the best team that the NA has ever seen? Or are we going to get the one that was, like I said, actually limit testing for mm-hmm. months on end and just couldn't do it together? Uh, the team that I think gets through is probably Sooning, but I think it's either Sooning or G2. Okay. So we get, again, we get two, we get two out of each group too. So you think Sooning and G2? Yeah. yeah, any, yeah. any particular order or just some, some one of those two? That's hard. It's it's so close for me between those two, just with the, the question marks that I have about G2. I'll give it to G2 because I do think that they have um, probably the best player out of this group in Caps who can just take over whatever game he wants. But uh, it's it's close. I'll give it to G2, but it's close. Okay. Uh, group B, we have oh, the, group of, the group of Beth. That's what I'll call uh, Damwon, JDG. Do we need to keep going? <laughs> um, Rogue, and it would be... Talent. Medline, no talent in this group. Talent, Medline's D. Got it. I'll yeah, get it right uh, this time. <laughs> talent, talent making it through the group stage to this is is not great. Um, as much as I think that they do have a very high ceiling, uh, they don't have this ceiling to beat. Uh, who are considered to be? I don't know if I say that Rogue is the best uh, from like the summer split, although they were exceptional. Um, they're not making out of this. So then you have Damwong and JDG, who I think most people are going to pick. I do really respect Rogue's game. Um, I respect Rogue's game in term of in terms of them being exceptionally strong in the macro gameplay, um, not necessarily in the micro gameplay. Uh, Damwon is the best micro team. JDG is probably the most even. Um, like I'll go with the chalk pick and say Damwon and JDG, but I, it wouldn't surprise me if Rogue is able to take on JDG head to head. Yeah, I I think Rogue. Yeah, go ahead, John. No, I was going to say. I mean, I think that's it's been the kind of chalkiest pick, but I think it's that's fair. I think it's 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 tough to see a world where anyone else is a favorite to get out of this group, even though it's possible. It's I don't think it's, it's tough to see a world where anyone else is a favorite to do it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you, James. Like, I, I think Rogue are still underrated like they keep rogue are like the team that they keep proving people wrong and they keep showing up in big moments and then like people just refuse to give them credit for what they do like over and i know that was like that ended up being the narrative on the broadcast too but even before that like you know in our community even before that like rogue was just like everyone's hating on them everyone's like now they're gonna come back down to earth and they never did really so I think Rogue are really, really good. It, the interesting thing with Rogue is they're going to have a bunch of people that are first-timers, like most of that team. I think uh, Hansama is the only one that's been to Worlds before on that team. So I could be wrong about that. Um, at least three of them are brand new. I'm pretty sure four of them are new. Interesting angle. Group C will have Fnatic, Genji, Team Solo Mid, and LGD. 
This one's this one's actually kind of hard yeah. uh, because Fnatic again, like G two, is one of those teams where we know how high the ceiling is. But to me, the ceiling is entirely unlocked by Hulsing, and uh, I that dude just ints so often, yeah. so often, man. Uh, I, I appreciate an aggressive support. I get that, but um, an aggressive support works a lot better when it's a bot lane oriented meta, right? And it's not right now. Um, we're we're seeing a lot more. Uh, we're seeing a lot more carry from top jungle mid than we are from the bot lane, where we're having a lot of these support bots with with Ash and Jin and um, Caitlyn, who's just been broken as fuck. So I, I think that Fnatic maybe struggles a little bit here just because they can't play through the bot lane as well as they have in the past. Uh, team Solo mid, I don't, I don't think that they're the best NA team. I know that they came out as the best NA team, but they, like, I don't think that they do very well here. I think this is kind of them as the last place team, Gen G, Fnatic, and LGD fighting it out. Uh, if I have to choose two, it's going to be LGD and Gen G, just because I don't quite trust Fnatic to play through anything but the bot lane. Okay. I think a lot of people have been looking at this group more as a, a like Gen G and then the other three are duking it out, or Gen G and then Fnatic and LGD duking it out and then TSM. Interesting to hear you say that it's more TSM definitely last and then the other three duking it out for the rest. Uh, any particular yeah. reason or is it just like regional strength or what do you think? Well, yeah, I mean, regional strength and really if, if this was Team Liquid from the beginning of the split and they were in this group, then awesome. If they finish like the top, then awesome. But Team Solo Mid, man, there's so much ego that's going on there and straight up, they should not have won a couple of the games yeah. that they had towards the end of the split. They just shouldn't have. Um, the other teams threw, and they were able to kind of take advantage of those mistakes. Uh, credit where it's due to double lift on that really sick Callista play towards the end of the split that literally saved their season. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I don't trust them to to bring it here. Not not in this stage. Not against this level of competition. Yeah, you were able to come out on top of the NA, but I don't think you come out on top of this group. I think that's fair. That's reasonable. Um, I've been kind of pushing it to people like. I think I think Bjergsen has a a good argument for being the second best mid in this group. Okay, yeah. So no, like I, like uh, to me yeah. that's like and that is an avenue to success. But like if you like TSM's uh, like chances of getting out of this like less than ten percent. I'd say higher than ten percent. Okay, I mean well, I mean I work I work entirely in ranges of outcomes. So yeah. I I think that saying ten percent for Team Solomon is probably wrong. Maybe in the twenty percent yeah, range. I was gonna say twenty five like, or thirty percent is probably more. Yeah, that right? they're a good team. Bergson yeah. is very, very good. Double Lift has a massive ceiling. It's yeah. just like when you see teams like this that have to play to that ceiling, and I mean, we'll talk about top esports as well. It, it can go wrong. It yeah. can go very wrong, especially when there's a lot of ego involved. And I think the Double Lift is kind of known for his ego, and if your bot lane is going, you know, aggro ego on people, there's only so much that your mid can do. So. Yeah. I worry about that from a consistency standpoint. Since you don't need the consistency in plans, you do need it here. Yeah. I just I see them as much lower than Gen G and LGD for sure. And if you want to say that they're closer to Fnatic, I can I can understand that. I'll I'll give them like twenty percent to get out of this. Yeah. But I think that they are like the de facto worst team in this group. Okay. All right. How about Group D? We got Dragon X, FlyQuest, Top Esports, and Mad Lions. <sighs> This is a wild group because to me, like Mad Lions could just totally throw this for a loop, like this entire Bro, group. I fucking love Mad Lions. I know, They're so, <laughs> good. so good. They play so well. They play so strong together. Um, what's interesting about this group? When I was going through my research for this, 
Um, DRX to me is kind of a combination of what FlyQuest and Top Esports do well. So I think that it's interesting that they all three ended up in a group together. Um, DRX is kind of known as like the most aggressive LCK team, right? Like they're the ones that initially started playing in that more kill heavy style. Whereas LCK is, LCK is so objective heavy. Um, but I think that FlyQuest, they, they play a very solid, you know, very methodical, very controlled kind of fundamentals. Yeah. 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 They, they play very traditional, very, very baseline League of Legends game. Um, top esports is all about flashy plays. They got Jackie Love. I get it. Like, do your thing. They got Knight, who's a god. Uh, and then there's Mad Lions, who just, they're so good. And they're so, uh, they, they just are able to make teams bring it. Like, yeah. you, you don't get away with anything against Mad Lions. You gotta earn this it. is the hardest group for me. Uh, I, like DRX, I will put number one here. Top Esports and Mad Lions, I'm going to put next to each other. Wow, okay. Yeah, I have a lot of respect for DRX. I have a lot of respect for DRX because I think that LCK probably plays the best pure League of Legends in all of the regions. And for DRX to be the most aggressive of a pure style of League of Legends, I think that does give them a leg up. Top Esports, I understand them being like the chalky option. I get it. When they are very good, they are very good. But I've seen Jackie Love throw games enough times to understand that he might throw a game here. Uh, and they can't they can't do that in this group. This group is really really strong. Yeah. Um, FlyQuest, I'll put at the very bottom, but this this is a fun group. I'll go with DRX and uh, and Mad Esports. <laughs> <laughs> you're saying man, you're so you're saying Mad Lions. That's your hot take. You get to rub it. In yeah, you're the only well, one. You're the only one. You get to rub it in everyone's face if you're right. Dude, they're so good. I, it would not surprise me. It doesn't sound like it surprised you either for them yeah. to make it. So, so to me, all right. Like I, I think I think Top and DRX are the best teams in this group. But to me, Mad Lions are the they're like the wild card. Like we've seen this team. The only thing that concerns me with Mad Lions is that these players haven't been to Worlds before. This is a new sure. experience for them. They haven't played internationally before. Like none of these players. So. But at the same time, how they handled themselves in there were so many spots this season where it would have been so easy for them to just check out, like mm-hmm. mental boom, like completely mental boom, like the the series against G two where they get completely smashed, and then game two they get completely smashed to open it somehow by some miracle bring that game back, only to dramatically lose it after working so hard the entire game, and then they go into game three run the same comp back. That shows confidence. They're not tilting. They're not going off. Like they're not, and they run the same comp back. They execute better and they win that game. That that series to me showed me so much from that team. And then like just they're, they're I want to say they're beyond their years. Like they're not wise beyond their years, but like they they feel like hardened beyond their years. You know, like that's the kind of thing a veteran team is able to like gut it out. Like that's the kind of thing like a veteran team can gut that situation out because they've been there before. Not a rookie team. Rookie teams usually struggle in those kind of situations because it's new. They freak out. They don't know what to do. But they're cool. They're calm. They're collected. They're super confident. They're really versatile. I could totally see Mad, you know, pulling some kind of crazy upset in this group. So I don't think it's that outlandish. And, I, and I'm kind of with you. Like I think Top are one of the best teams in the world, but they've had times where they've they've looked a little sketchy. So don't think that's unreasonable. Okay, with all that, with those predictions in. We're going to skip all the all the bracketology and all this stuff because we don't know how these draws are going to go. I'm just going to say straight up, who's winning this tournament? Who's winning Worlds 2020? My my two that I think have the best chance are going to be Damon and DRX. 
and that I I know that Top Esports is one of the favorites, and I get that, but I think that of those three, my favorites are going to be Damon and DRX. What it comes down to for me is if DRX can get back to what they were doing at the end of the spring split and what they are best at, which is being aggressive and pushing teams to make mistakes. Um, Dan Wong is one of the best teams in the world in terms of their macro ability to take advantage of mistakes, which is where DRX can fall apart. When you play an aggressive style, you can make mistakes. I'm going to give it to Dan Wong here, but DRX is my second close favorite and probably would be my dark horse here. Like when I saw the line for DRX, I wanted to bet it instantly. Yeah. Because yeah, they're same. getting disrespected in terms of the teams that are here. Uh, DRX was considered the best team in the LCK not that long ago yeah. until Dan Wong ended up taking over the summer split. So DRX, I think, is being uh, a bit, a little bit underrated here for the best teams in the world. Um, and go Mad Lions as well. I, I don't think they win, but like I think so Mad Lions win. is your real dark horse. Then. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I will have money on Mad Lions for That's sure. Fair. But That's like, fair. it's not because I think they'll win. It's because they're awesome, and I'm going to buy their jersey. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, so I've been kind of pitching this tournament MVP question a different way to people. Um, you can do uh, just pick one of these. I'm going to say the actual tournament MVP. Who do you think the actual tournament MVP is going to be, or the person that's literally the most valuable for the team, regardless of whether it wins or not? Or who do you think is just the best player in the tournament? Like, I'll let you pick pick one and, and go for it. Well, I think it's pretty easy to say if I think Damwon's going to win, that it's going to be Showmaker. Yeah. Um, I, just because he's he he is technically the best player in the world. Like, he's the top of like a lot of the ladders. He's an incredible player. He's the most impactful uh, lane right now in playing mid lane. He is a god. He's incredible. So I think that saying him probably makes sense for me in terms of, like, overall MVP. Um, most valuable player to their team, it would have to be Jackie Love. I, like, I don't think that Top Esports is able to do a lot of the things that they are able to do without him. I understand that Knight is the one that is kind of, like, taking over as... He, he's very, very good. He is probably their best all-around player, but when they win, it's because of Jackie Love. It's not usually because of Knight. It's because Jackie Love comes through, and he does whatever Jackie Love does. That's why they picked him up. That's why they have been one of the most dominant teams. He comes through, and he'll steal Baron. He comes through, and he'll take out four players for no reason because he's fighting for no reason. But that's what he does. He also feeds sometimes for no reason, so there's there's that too. he, He does die for no reason, but that ceiling, I think, is why he's so important to them. He is what unlocks the ceiling of top esports. Knight unlocks the floor. Jackie Love unlocks the ceiling for me. Knight pushes so, the floor through the roof. That's the- <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think that Showmaker is probably overall. Uh, I think that he's the best player in the world. He's the best player in this tournament. Uh, but Jackie Love, to, to top esports, I think he is the most important player. Okay. All right, cool. Um, let me see if I had anything else. Yeah. So – I think that's that's it for us, James. Um, we can, you can find him at uh, linemovement.com. He's writing there. Uh, and Pater DFS. And what's the Twitter? It's at Pater underscore TF uh, DFS, or is it just Pater D- DFS? Yeah, Pater underscore DFS on Twitter. Alrighty, James. Thanks for joining us, and uh, yeah, have a good one. Awesome, man. Thanks for coming through. Yeah, for sure, man. Happy to be here. Joining us next on the Gold Card Podcast. The man behind oracleselixir.com, a tool that all of us have used and all of us have been using for a long, long time, Tim Sevenhusen. Is that correct? Did I say that correct? Yeah, well done. Awesome. Got it right on the first try. Look at that. Didn't even ask beforehand. <laughs> I'm so rude. <laughs> the other takes don't exist. Oh, is that? 
All right, Tim. Thanks for joining, dude. This has been a long time coming. I've wanted to talk. I've wanted to get you on the show and talk to you for a long time. Um, we're gonna be doing a short version here, but I'd love to have you on another time in the future. I think we could have a lot of fun diving deep on some of these uh, some of these metrics you've developed and everything. But it's world's time. We're celebrating by having all these content creators and everything on, and uh, we wanted to get your takes on worlds. So we'll start right at the play-in stage. Who's getting out of play-ins, Tim? Who do you think's getting out of play-ins? Yeah, I think you know. I think the the three favorites to get out are pretty clear. I don't think you're going to get a whole lot of disagreement that Mad Lions, LGD are going to get out. Team Liquid should be, you know, I, I think that some people might be a little iffy on Team Liquid just because there's so much, you know, down down on NA sentiment out there. Yeah. Uh, you know, there there's been drama earlier in the year. You know, people saying NA shouldn't be considered a major region anymore. All that kind of stuff, like. Like going really way too far with it, but I think Team Liquid are pretty comfortably going to get out, uh, and then it really comes down to the fourth team. Uh, you know, barring some kind of shocker where you know everybody else is right, and, and I'm being too much of an NA homer, and you know, <laughs> still really are doomed. But I, I think it's a pretty low likelihood. So, you know, the not having watched these teams really, I think uh, you know Unicorns Eleven Supermassive are probably the two teams that'll fight it out. Uh, I, I think a lot of people want unicorns love to come through because they play such a fast style. Yeah. You know, they fight so much. They have really short games. They're just really aggressive, you know, based on those metrics. Uh, so I think, you know, and, and, and it's a brand that, you know, both of those teams are brands that everybody knows. And so from outside of those regions, I think people are looking at those teams, hoping unicorns love makes it through. I couldn't really pick between them. Uh, but, you know, I think that's the kind of the general sentiment and I don't see anything kind of statistically or what I have, what I have uh, seen from them that, that kind of tells me there's some big surprise coming there. Yeah, it's you know the the more we've talked to people, there's this kind of sentiment that like I, I, we're starting to think that Unicorns of Love might be like a hip underdog to get out of groups a little bit because like every, it seems like everybody wants them to get out, and I don't know if it's just because of the name brand value or the players are familiar or what, but they they do look very good. I've I watched the film on them quite a bit, and uh, they're a pretty sharp team. It wouldn't surprise me to see them get out. So yeah, I think I think you know just to to extend on that just a little bit, I think the pace they play at has there's, there's a little bit of a, a, a misconception out there that teams that can play shorter games with higher kill counts are better somehow. And I think that comes a lot out of, you know, looking at the major regions and how slow NA is and how little fighting NA does. And then comparing that with, well, NA is the weakest of the major regions, therefore playing slower must be worse. Yeah. But I think that's, that's really not, you know, these things are not, are not the same conversation, quality of play and pace of play are not the same thing. Yeah. So that's, that's why I kind of like step back from the unicorns of love thing and go a little bit like, well, just cause they dominated their region and, and, and dominated it quickly with an aggressive style, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean they're a higher quality team. So, you know, I think it is kind of a coin flip. Um, I think Supermassive could, could, could contest them, but I just haven't studied the, the teams, you know, VODs well enough to, to really back that opinion up and go out public with it, you know, yeah. and really make, stick a claim. So. I got you. I got you. And we're, I mean, we're going to get to them in a little bit, but, uh, Damwon, a lot of the people that are hesitant to back Damwon have the same kind of reasoning, right? Where it's like, okay, this team is speed running everybody. They're absolutely destroyed. Their gold leads are ridiculous. You look at all the metrics and everything. It's absolutely insane, but it's always going to look insane if you're beating everyone that badly. So at some point, it's like, okay, like, are, are, are the numbers lying to you or is there something to it or is it a little bit of both? It's usually a yeah. little bit of both. So, all so right. that'd probably be, it'd probably be, It'd probably be super massive that you would think would be the fourth team. Then, or well, no, let's see. No, it'd have to be because we didn't 
based on how they're going to have to match up. Yeah. If you think that if you think Liquid's getting out, Liquid are getting out, then Unicorns of Love would have to be the fourth team. No, it could well, be. Well, both of those two can play each other, can't they? Yeah. Can't, wouldn't it, they be the last crossover match? It could be. Mad the format okay. of play-ins is a little weird that way. Yeah. If Mad comes, if Mad comes, let's say just as an example, Mad comes first. Team Liquid's the second seed. They would play Unicorns of Love. So it would have to be. Well, no. Correct me if I'm wrong. Well, on they this. could play the talent. Third and fourth they could teams. Play, the third yeah. and fourth teams in the group play a Bo5, and yes. then they cross over and play second place in the other group. Yeah. yeah. But that's the only means. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, we could get that. Yeah. The, so, yeah. The, the plans format is pretty hard to follow on that point. So <laughs> I do, I do like that they did that. Uh, kind of a side topic, but I do like that they kind of did that because we're going to see more best of fives and more, you know, cross regional yeah. stuff. It's not just like, oh, all these teams are in one group, so we're never going to get to see how these match up. We're not going to see I everything, but I hate it because it's the nineteenth time we've broken these down, and I still am, am confused. <laughs> how we get out, we so. <laughs> oh man! All right. So, assuming. We'll say super massive. Although I know you you just said it was kind of a fifty fifty, right? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so de- you 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 feel pretty strongly that Liquid Mad and uh, LGD in some order are getting out, right? Yeah. Okay. I think so. So <laughs> as we move into groups, uh, we kind of know how L- if if LGD get out, they're going to be in Group C. So we'll get to that in just a second. Yeah. But um. I'm just going to go through groups and like rapid fire here, like just your, like your yeah. gut opinion, like, you know, a couple sentence take on wh- whoever you think's getting out. So, uh, we'll go to group A first, which would be G2, Machi, Suning, and I believe Liquid would be in this group, right, John? It'd be either Liquid or Supermassive. One yeah, or the Liquid other. or Supermassive. So. Yeah, I think G2 and Suning are, are pretty strong favorites either way to get out of this. I think. You know, while I feel relatively comfortable with Team Liquid in the groups or in the play-in stage, I think in groups, I don't think there's some like you know, oh, you got a five percent chance to get out of this. I think it's a little better than that. Um, but, but you know, you you have to look at G two and Suning as the favorites. Suning is a team I don't have a great read on, and that's part of why I feel some kind of uncertainty with that group. Um, if Team Liquid do get in there, I think. From from other people I've spoken to and, and just a very light read I have on them, I think they're beatable. Yeah. But I don't think TL are, you know, they're not like, oh, you got a 35% chance, you know, it's it's not that hard. I think it's somewhere in between. I think it's more like a, you know, 20-ish percent chance, something like that. And they would have had to fix a lot of stuff. Over, you know, TL would have had to fix a lot of stuff. Yeah. So... Yeah, I think that's where yeah. that one is. I'm kind of I'm kind of been operating under that assumption for all three of the NA teams because I think they're like you said earlier. There's this sentiment that they're just that far behind everybody else. I don't think that's necessarily the case, but I also don't think all of them like any of them are getting out of groups either. So it's kind of this weird like we're, yeah. everyone's going to look at this and be results oriented about it and be like, oh, like NA is still trash or whatever, even if they don't get out. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I think there's that big of a gap just in terms of yeah. quality of play, especially with these three teams. So I, I will say that that I think TL have the highest ceiling of the three teams in in from a certain perspective. So I think I think TL in the playoffs disappointed me the most in yeah. terms of how they performed relative to what they should be able to do. Uh, and it's not just because they were first in the regular season. It's, you know, the, the actual quality of players they have, um, their ability to execute their style. And, and in the playoffs, they just under executed their style so badly and completely failed to fix it. Like they didn't add the right champions to their pools. 
they took all kinds of fights they shouldn't have been taking. You know, they, they were playing the way, more or less the way they wanted to play, but just executing it so badly. Yeah. And so from that perspective, when they come into Worlds, I can see a chance for them to, if they get back and, you know, improve on their ceiling, which they have to, you can't just like, well, now let's play at the best we've already shown. Everybody's going to level up, right? Yeah. Uh, or at least hopefully. I think if, if they play, you know, that one notch above the level that, that we've seen they're able to, that's where I see them getting out of groups. If they, you know, if they fall into group A, for example, uh, TSM already are over executing, I think relative to, to what I would expect from them, given the types of players they have and, and, and so on. But, uh, so, you know, so TSM, I want to see them, they, they just need to like notch up one point from where they're already at. And that'll be a big improvement, but TL need to get back to the level they were before and increase another level. And then I think their ceiling can be higher. Yeah, John, you had something you were jumping on. Oh yeah, I was just gonna say I think it's it's the NA teams are simultaneously underdogs and underrated. Like I I, th- I yeah, don't yeah. think any of them are a favorite to get out of groups, but I also think people aren't giving them as good of a chance as they probably deserve to get out of the groups. It feels like you know when you when you say that they're underdogs, people take that as they don't have any chance to get out. Where I, I think they're all they all have some reasonable chance of getting out. Yeah, yeah, I think Tim makes a great point that I think Liquid has based on what we saw in playoffs, Liquid has the most room for growth. Just because I think FlyQuest and TSM were playing very close to their ceilings, at least in my like that's that's the way I view. It. I think you feel the same way, right, Tim? Mm-hmm. All right, Group B would be Damwon, JDG, Rogue, and does it matter? <laughs> uh, so it would be uh, in either this, Supermassive or Team Liquid. Yeah, either Supermassive or Liquid. It's they're going to be. I, I don't. I don't see either of them getting out of this group. This is this is brutal. No, and this is the other one where like. I, the so that you know you don't want to completely write off the teams coming out of play-ins and and I hope that the play-in stage will convince me otherwise that they that they actually can compete and we've been surprised by hey you know Albus Nox Luna comes yep. in and takes games and and progresses and like nobody thought that was a remote chance of happening you know that you n- you never know with these things but you got to you got to approach it on paper uh so on paper I don't think the play-in team or the yeah the 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 non-major region team has a chance to get out of either of those groups really um TL in this group, I think, would have a harder time, uh, unless they just somehow manage to like brick wall Damwon completely. Yeah. Uh, if you know Impact plays the best, you know, weak side tournament of his life, yeah. And something, you know, the the thing with Damwon is, you know, I think there's so much to be said about them. You're already mentioning yeah. some of it before, but like, you know, they they just had this ability in the summer split to completely smash the early game to snowball that just so hard and just not really get contested. And I actually have relatively low opinion of the LC- LCK this split, I think compared to what a lot of other people might say. I think there are others out there who, who kind of doubt them as well. But I think Damwon wasn't contested nearly as much as they should have been um, in their early games and in their snowballs. And so I think there is a chance that if Damwon's early game doesn't come off, then you can kind of match their mid game. And maybe you've drafted, you know, scaling comps that'll give you the edge you need, and, and maybe they're beatable that way. Yeah. Uh, I think it's harder for TL to get out of B than it would be to get out of A, though. Yeah. Um, and it, that's, you know, all of those caveats being said, it's just these are Damwon and JDG are just two very good teams. Yeah. I, I think, like, not to write off Rogue either. Like, I, Rogue Liquid straight up. That's like an interesting matchup too. Like I, I could yeah, see, yeah. I could see Rogue. And that's the other thing is like over. this is all assuming the TL comes in and two O's Rogue, which is definitely not you know the most likely outcome. Yeah. Uh, Rogue taking on those two favorites. I mean, it's a, it's a similar story to TL, 
Uh, I think Rogue are probably a little stronger through the mid jungle. Uh, but I, 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 I like assuming impact is playing at, you know, the level that the, the higher level that we saw of him in summer, I like TL's ability to kind of sandbag the top side a little better. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. Rogue also, and here's the other thing, either Rogue or TL, maybe they help each other out and they each take a game off of one of those other guys. And then one of them manages to, you know, it's, it's a six game round robin. Yeah. Anything can happen with that. So. You, you know, one of those getting two like, a, get out, like but... two, three threes and, you know, something like that. And you yeah. end up having to play a tiebreaker. The, yeah. That's the, I always said, I said this last time too. Like there's a lot of situations in these smaller round robins and you're going to see it in the playing stage too. All it takes is one game to completely flip the script for the whole group. And it doesn't even need to be a game. Yeah. Like if we're talking about liquid versus JDG, it could be the damn one rogue game that flips the script, you know? Like it, it might not have it might have anything to do with those two teams if if one of them just takes a game out off of one another all it takes is one game to completely flip everything upside down sometimes yeah, absolutely um, group uh, C oh, yeah go ahead well I, I just want to throw in because you know I'm supposed to be the numbers guy uh, and a couple of numbers that I found were really interesting about Damwon just to the point about the early game and their snowball so so I have a model you guys are probably somewhat familiar with the early game rating model yeah that measures at the 15 minute mark what's the probability of each team winning uh, Damwon in the regular season of summer. 77.2% likely to win as the 15 minute mark, which Sounds is just about right. absurd number. <laughs> that's like, that's like cloud nine spring split number, but in the LCK. Yeah. Uh, and, and then the snowballing side of that, they took, they were the first team to get three tower kills in 95% of their games. And they, they controlled, uh, 59.4% of the jungle farm in their games on average. Jeez. They're, they're not Which is like a really good team might be like seventy percent first to three towers and like fifty four, fifty five percent jungle control. Those those numbers are absurd. Yeah, they have like some of their like just their neutral objective control numbers. I mean, obviously when you get ahead, it's a little bit easier and it's going to be inflated. But some of their numbers, even considering how far ahead they were, are just like absurd. Like all their like their first tower rate, first herald, like all this stuff was just absolutely bonkers. That Gen G as well, and we're going to get to them in just a second. Um. Yeah, so you think Dan 1 and JDG get out of this group? Like, what if you? What are the odds that Rogue or Liquid get out of this group, you think? Like, just put a percent on it. That one of them gets out, um, 30%, maybe a little less. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I feel, I feel bad because, like, you just have to face, in, in my opinion, two of the best teams in the tournament. Maybe not the two best teams, but two of the best teams, I think, for sure. Um, yeah, yeah pretty tough draw. Uh, Group C, Fnatic, Gen G, Solo Mid, and this would be LG. LGD. Yeah, LGD automatically slot into this group. I was right. I was, that's the one. That's the one that we have unlocked. We figured that one out, right? So if LGD get out of play-ins, they're locked into this group. And this is maybe the most interesting. Uh, a lot of people seem to think that this is kind of the the group with the most intrigue this year. So what do you think on Group C? Yeah, it's the hardest group to predict for sure. I think you know. You could make an argument for just about any two teams getting out of this. I don't think that that it's. I don't think any set of two teams is equally likely. But any, I wouldn't be that surprised by any two teams getting out of this. If I have to lean favorites, I'm going to say Fnatic and Gen G. Uh, I think LGD kind of squeaked in. I've only watched a little bit of them, but I, you know, they seemed okay. Uh, I don't think they are the strongest in the places where the teams want to be strongest in this meta. I, I, I'm really high on playing mid to top, um, you know, having a really strong um, control of the mid lane, rotating that pressure into the top lane and snowballing through that. Uh, I think that's the ideal style right now. And it's, uh, and it's something that, 
I don't see as much from LGD as I do from the other teams. But, but yeah, I, I think you could also see LGD come in and they've got some very skilled players and, and they could do it as well. Fnatic have some super high highs and some, <laughs> some super pretty low lows. Exactly. I think they've definitely got some gaps, you know, that Fnatic versus G2 series, for example, was just so loose and so kind of rough. Um, the way those two teams play against each other. And it's always hard to know whether it's just the way those two teams play against each other yeah. and how well they know each other. Or if that's, you know, oh, hey, look, they have ga- all these gaps in their rotational play. And, you know, they're cheating on their vision and getting caught for it and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so you never you never really know if that if that's going to get exploited. But I think in, in, in best of ones against teams from other regions, Fnatic won't have as much trouble getting punished for that. Yeah. But it could happen. Yeah, they won't be as Gen G is really game. solid. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I think Gen G to me are the only one that's like a lock to get out of this group. Like, I, yeah. to me, to me, I think Gen G are probably the strongest group. Like, the, I, I think they're like a cut above even LGD, uh, the rest of the teams in this group. So I think they're getting out for sure. It's just a matter of that second team. So, yeah, I, I think, I think even Gen G isn't that secure from my perspective. I think, yeah. again, like, they're not playing the ideal style in, in my opinion. I don't yeah. think they're the team that's going to play mid to top. Um, and I think TSM can, I think Fnatic can. TSM were very uh, good at that in spring. Like that was like one of the, the main things that like it was, they were, that's what made them unique really. Like they were one of the few top century teams like in the world yeah. really that was like, that was doing well anyway. Yeah. Um, which is partly because of what they have to do for their roster to succeed because yeah. Broken Blade is not good <laughs> at the other role. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, this is, this is the challenge with rating TSM in this group is, TSM are the only one of the three NA teams that I think plays an appropriate style for the meta um, in terms of like trying to be optimal because I think playing, I, I'm always a strong proponent of playing what works best for you rather than playing what the meta dictates. Yeah. Um, but TSM, you know, what works best for them is also ideal in the meta and that's in their favor. I think their ability to execute it is not on the level of a lot of these other, um, you know, world-class teams, but you know, if they get the right snowball and they get the right, the right draft, I think, they can attack a team like LGD or Gen.G through the top side of the map, um, get a little bit of Bjergsen heroics. I think yeah. TSM's bot lane is really short up after being very, very vulnerable all split and then the start of playoffs, and then they, they kind of figured it out. Um, so I don't think they'll get you know completely smashed by by Ruler's lane the, the way they would have a month ago. Yeah, They are going to lose that lane, but uh, yeah, I think I think TSM has a shot. Um, and I think TSM fans should be disappointed if TSM fails to, to reach quarters. I don't think it's likely they'll reach quarters. Like, I don't think they're a favorite, but I think it's a, it's a close enough goal. It's an obtainable enough goal that not, not managing it would be disappointing. Yeah. It's again, like that underrated underdog scenario where it's like, you should high, hold them to a higher standard, but also understand, you know, that the likelihood of it yeah. getting half happening is not actually that high. So, um, Group D, Dragon X, FlyQuest, Top Esports, and this would be Mad Lions would be the one in this group. So I think yeah, Mad, this yeah, one... Mad, Mad and LGD are locked for C and D, I think. So. Yeah, this one, uh, it could get pretty interesting. Mad Lions could, could throw a wrench into things. Um, I think their, their playoff showing was a bit of an issue. Uh, but again, kind of like with Fnatic, they're playing against teams that are super familiar with them, that have had all year to prep against them. And against DRX and, and Top, you know, and, and Flycoast as well, you know, that that's not going to be as much of a vulnerability for them. I don't think they can be attacked in the same ways 
unless these teams, you know, really nail their prep. So I think Mad Lions could can take some games and and alter the outcome of this group. Um, I think DRX and Top are by far the favorites to make it out. Um, arguably bigger favorites than than in Group B. Um, yeah. I think so. Okay, yeah. So uh, that, I guess you're you're pretty high on Dragon X then, right? Well, so I think I think a, a lot of opinions against against DRX got turned against them by how bad their loss in the finals was. Yeah. But I also think losing in the finals to, to Damwon, a team that, you know, is all about snowballing, uh, and you can snowball within one game and you can also snowball within a series, you know, and that again was teams that are very familiar with each other mm-hmm. and that know how, how to, how to attack each other. I, I think DRX is not really like a, a world, you know, world's winner contender necessarily on the same level as some of these other teams, but, but I do think that they're probably a cut above the other teams in this group. Um, not unbeatable though. Yeah. I, kinda, I do think, go, ahead, John. go ahead, John. I was just going to say, I think DRX in some ways, I think there's an argument to be had that Gen G is better than DRX, even though DRX beat them in the playoffs. But I do think mm-hmm. that DRX plays a style that is harder for teams to upset than Gen G, which I think makes kind of a, a reasonable point to what Tim's talking about. I think DRX is kind of a team that plays in a way that's hard to upset. Similarly to when we talked about like SKT in previous seasons, where they just never lost to teams that were worse than them, even if they struggled to beat teams that were better than them. I think DRX is a little bit like that. So I think you might be right. There might be an argument to be made that they're harder to upset uh, than a team like Gen G or, or even a Damwon or somebody like that. Yeah, I think I think DRX is a little more stylistically flexible too. Yeah. Um, when you've got such a pillar in the mid lane, and both of those teams, DRX and Gen G, both have great mid laners in the in, in Chovy and BDD, but yeah. but I think there's a little more topside flexibility. Uh, and and I think yeah I, I think DRX can can just do a little more to throw more different looks into into the rest of ones. Yeah, I also think Dragon X are they're I don't want to call them feast or famine because they kind of come off that way, but they're they're more willing to take risks. I guess is the better way to put it. Like it, it, mostly in the draft, not not necessarily in the game, but like they will draft something bizarre or something weird, and we've seen them lose games basically to themselves, like just going too mm-hmm. far off the deep end in drafts sometimes, but. Uh, I I kind of like a team that's like that. It's it's a little you got to hesitate a little bit every time you back them. But like I also think that uh, a team like that, like if they just have the right read on something and they're ahead of the curve on someone, they're the ones that are going to slam it home because they have the talent to do it. So mm-hmm. yeah, Dragon X are a really intriguing team for, to me for sure. So so you're pretty high on Dragon X. Uh, do you think Top's getting out of this group, or has it become more interesting when we throw Mad Lines into it? I mean, it does get a little more interesting, but but I think. Uh, Top Esports is the clear favorite to come out of a number one. Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I think some pretty surprising things would happen for them to have to get upset here. Yeah. All right. Uh, so groups, uh, we'll skip, obviously, uh, we don't, we don't know how the drawings are going to go. We don't know how the brackets are going to go. But given what we said here, who's winning this whole thing? Yeah. I think in, in one of the reasons I think Top Esports is such a clear favorite to get out of the group, I think they're the favorite for the whole tournament. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the simple take on that is they won LPL and LPL is the strongest region right now, but I don't think they are, <clears throat> they're not such a big cut above the rest of the LPL the way Damon is a cut above the rest of the LCK, which both counts against them because, you know, if the other LPL teams are pretty reasonable to beat them, then maybe the rest of the world is also relatively reasonable to beat them. Yeah. But it also counts for them because, you know, I think it's a bit of an argument against Damon that their, their competition wasn't as, as tough. Um, throughout their domestic play 
I think, but I do think Top Esports is the favorite. I think you just kind of have to default to that. And I don't think they have, you know, enough of a stylistic weakness of, in one way or another, or, you know, a kind of a weak link in their chain to say, hey, if, but if they match up against this team, you know, then, then it's all going to fall apart for them or anything like that. Yeah, I think kind of the interesting thing with Top is that, like, for a lot of the summer season, it looked like they kind of had a bad read on things, and that's when they were struggling. They were, like, just insisting on scaling every game. They were just like, we're going to draft the scaling comp, and they would just get run over by good teams, bad teams, mediocre teams, didn't matter. And sometimes they'd win those games anyway, but now, like, they came in playoffs, and they just showed completely new looks. 369 was playing carries almost every single game. Like, he looked outstanding, and... Yeah, if they can do everything, then yeah, I think they deserve to be one of the favorites to win the whole tournament. And that's the thing, they they can do everything, right? Yeah. Like, I think uh, we saw statistically they weren't, you know, this really early game focused team that needed a snowball. They weren't this team that really sucked in the early game and needed to needed to scale. Like, they, they had, you know, different ways to play to the meta. And, and if their read, you know, and, and this is the thing with Worlds in general, if your read is wrong, then any team can beat you. Yep. And it, you don't have a whole lot of time to adjust. But I think... You know, I, I think it's really favorable for the favorites coming into the, the tournament that the meta doesn't seem to have really shifted stylistically. Like, individual champions may have shifted, but the overall style hasn't changed. And I think that favors the teams that, that came in already in the strongest position. Agreed, agreed. Um, if you had to pick a dark horse, maybe maybe someone that's, like, a little off the radar uh, to win the whole thing. If you had to pick one team, who would it be? Yeah, so so prefacing this with my my idea of a dark horse. So I'm not just going to say anybody outside of top JDG and Damwon is a dark horse. I think I, I want to you know reach a little further down the chain for that because you could you could say hey with the right matchups you know DRX is in there. I wouldn't consider DRX a dark horse to win yeah. the whole thing, for example. So I'm going to reach a little further down and say G2. Uh, in some people's reads, maybe that's even not that far down, but. I think I have personally, maybe it's a little bit of NA homerism, but I haven't felt that convinced by LEC overall this year. I think they've been pretty good, but they've also had some, you know, some looseness in their play. I think if G2 had dominated all year rather than just turning it on for the end of the playoffs, you know, having to to come through some losers brackets and stuff like that, then then I'd feel a little different about them. I think your your read on G2 depends a lot on um on whether or not you think it's possible to kind of rest yourself during the regular season, turn it on later, like, yeah. you know, like a LeBron James in the NBA kind of thing. Like let's coast through the regular season a little bit, save your body and turn it on later. And that's where you really put it all on the line. It's not the same, right? Cause it's not a physical sport. Yeah. Um, but I think it is, there's a little bit of an argument, argument to be made on the mental side that G2 could do that. And if you believe they have been, then yeah, then maybe they do have, you know, a couple more gears they can kick it into and they could kind of swing through this whole thing. But yeah, I definitely call them a dark horse personally. So the the last thing I always, I've been asking everyone is uh, like tournament MVP, but you can kind of spin this however you want in terms of who do you think the best player at this tournament is? Who do you think is maybe literally an MVP, like most valuable to their team if they were to win the whole thing? Or who do you think is, you know, pick pick one. I've I've just been letting people pick whatever one they want to go with. So I'd say, considering that I think Top Esports is the the most likely to win the whole thing and the best player on their team is Knight, uh, I think he's he's going to have to beat a lot of very good mid laners uh, to make it to the end and, and to win the whole thing. And I think he's got more than enough skill to do so. I think he's got a very experienced quality jungler to work with, um, you know, very strong support to, to help him out on that. And, 
you know, mid laners can lose some credit if the other players on the team carry more than they do or, or something like that. But I think Knight is somebody that they play through and play around a whole lot. Um, and it's a really good likelihood that, that he'd be kind of the pivot point of that team. And I, and I know that the other side of MV, MVP stuff is what makes the best storyline, right? Like Bjergsen gets summer finals MVP because he's Bjergsen and had a great playoff run overall when really the MVP of that series in my mind was Spica. Yep. But, you know, the storytelling does take part of it. Um, and I think the storytelling around Knight would probably be, cause you know, here's this guy who's been so great for so long, yep. but this is his first chance at Worlds. And if he runs it all the way, everybody's going to want to be all over that, that storytelling. So awesome. Awesome. You can find him at oracleselixir.com. Where else can we find you at, Tim? Yeah. So I'm on, on Twitter at Tim Sevenhusen. Uh, you can go to oracleselixir.com. We've got a, a Discord server that we love to talk about data science and, and things like that. So, so check all that out. All right, Tim, thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll have to have you on another time for sure. Yeah, appreciate it, Tim. Thank you. All right, thanks, guys. Joining us, data analyst and writer for the new fantasy sports site, esportsone.com, and host of the Lock-In Podcast, welcome to the show, Lewis Smith. Lewis, thanks for joining us. Yeah, no problem. Um, happy to be on here. I've been a fan of your guys for a while, especially I've known John in the space and I've known him about a year, but in esports, that's like 10 years. So yeah. it's been yeah. Yeah. Old, right. friend. Point. old friends. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Way back. Way back in the NALCS days. Yeah, Way right. <laughs> yeah, before they, before this all rebranding nonsense, <laughs> blah, blah, before they shortened it to just three letters. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy how, how the time moves for sure. So, Lewis, it's great to have you on. Um, we're going to be talking worlds, keeping it real simple. Um, we have a whole bunch of guests from around the community and within the space here onto the show to discuss their thoughts, their big picture takes, and ultimately their picks on who's winning this whole thing. So let's start right from the get-go. Um, play-ins. So we have Group A, Group B, uh, two, two groups of five teams. Uh, obviously, I think you know the format by now. Uh, group A, who's getting out? I wish I had like hotter takes here. You guys asked me like for some hot take. You'll you don't have to know well, no. no, I would if I could, but like, it's going to be Team Liquid and Mad Lions in Group A, and I think skipping ahead, but we'll get to it. Is it's yeah. going to be LGD and Unicorns in Group B. I think that's like the chalky four ever since like PSG Talon replaced or not replaced, but was forced to replace three fifths of their lineup. Yeah, but like Team Liquid, uh, I actually have them first in this group. I think that's like become Me a little too. spicy because people want to like jump on the the Mad. Lions train because they have cool post game celebrations. <laughs> but like Team Liquid, like they four out of their five, they have two world champs, a world semifinalist, a world's finals. Like this is not a group you see in play-ins. I think they are still like a little overrated just because people think that since they play slow, they play extremely well objectively, which is not true. However, I don't see uh, a team in here, even Mad Lions, that will take a game off them. Oh wow! So you think like just Liquid Four O straight up? Yeah, I think it's Liquid Four O. I think it's Mad Three One. I expect them to be able to beat everyone except for uh, Team Liquid. I think they have a lot of flaws, but I don't think the talent other than Team Liquid is good enough to really uh, exploit them this round. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, if you had to pick one of these like smaller region teams, which one is it? Uh, super massive. Yeah. Okay. From, from Group A. Yeah. yeah I think they have a really good setup, and like from what like on our platform they're like a really good pick just because they should get third which means that they get to play two best of fives to yep. score extra points but yeah 
Yeah, they also have a couple. Uh, we we've talked a lot about Supermassive because they seem to be like the 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 in vogue like third place team out of this group. Um, primarily because they have people like that are, that have been here before. I think a lot of people like it's, one. It's a familiar name, so people people are automatically going to gravitate to that. And then two, like th- th- at least three of these players have been there before, so this isn't new to them. Uh, maybe some of them a long time ago, but uh, yeah, it still, still counts. Yeah, for sure. Um, but uh, no, I actually love hearing what like you guys say because like I know I'm not the first guest and I'm not the last, and you're getting all these differentiating opinions. When like me, I'm like really in my bubble and like spreadsheets. But I think Supermassive is one that's like getting hype. People like get bored of just a two horse race. Uh, I really like Bolulu on yeah. Supermassive. Like how much they play around him as a as a mid laner is nuts. Like yeah. over seventy four percent KP as a mid laner is wild. So he's someone I really got my eye on. Yeah, he's uh I, I did a I did a write up over on our end and he was the the key player for that team for me. Like he's and honestly he's been a stud all season too, so I'm kinda it's happy. It's cool because he's the he's the smallest name kind of yeah he's the, he's the new he's there. the new guy. Yeah. Yeah I mean Armut, Zeitnot, Snowflower have all come from Turkey to Worlds before Cal legend of the game, Balulu's the one that people won't know and so yeah. it's kinda funny that he's you know sort of the guy. Yeah, he's gonna be like the the quiet the the quiet key player there. How about Group B? We got uh, LGD, Talon, Rainbow Seven, Unicorns of Love, and V3 Esports. Who's getting out of Group B, Mike or um, Lewis? Sorry, Mike. It's, it's a, it's a, <laughs> I've done a lot of these <laughs> interviews over the last couple of days, so Lewis. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're Lewis. good. Uh, I think LGD is a, another clean four out. I just think they're too damn individually skilled. I think like there's some place uh, and like you know is a point I bring up with unicorns. I think unicorns. You look at them statistically just absolutely ridiculous they have dominated the region so much but when they go up against lgd like maybe it's just because i like miss march madness this year because i I was a covid but like this is my like all right all these mid-majors are coming up yeah (laughs) like ridiculous stats and in order to beat like this high octane fast-paced team you gotta a either be better than them at what they're doing or b be so much better than them that you can make them stop what they want to do. Yeah. So LGD can do that. I don't see any other team in that group having that sort of ability. Uh, I could have bought into PSG Town, like I said, before all these uh, unfortunate issues, but now it makes a very interesting race for, like, honestly, three through five is totally up in the air in this group. Yeah, I, I think uh, so far we've kind of had a mixed bag on here with everyone we've talked to. It's been a little bit of a... Yeah, I'd say it's probably split down the middle, like 50-50 unicorns and talent. Because I think a lot of people, and myself included, I, I'm kind of willing to buy in to the jungle mid subs having played together, Kongwe and uh, Uniboy. Um, and I also think that they're kind of an upgrade over River and Tank, personally. So I kind of think there's a chance this just works for talent. The biggest question mark is whether or not they can gel over a couple of weeks. You know, like that's that's the real big question mark here. And that's that's very difficult to do. So I'm kind of maybe it's just the intrigue. Uh just like the, the wide it's range the of unknown. outcomes with this team. Yeah, it's the unknown. Like I I don't hate this t- if you want to throw like a real, real long shot dart, you can get talent like hundred and fifty to one to win the tournament. Maybe they just you <laughs> okay. don't know man. maybe okay. they just gel. Okay. All right, we're just trying to get out of Group B here, That's man. That's true. That's true. So, all right, so you think it's going to be LGD and Unicorns? You don't think it's you? You think those two were like a lock to get out? Yeah. Okay. I, I, I. There's a lot of unknown with PSG, which some people like you, they could be anything. Yeah. They could. It could even be a boat. You know, it could be anything. 
me, I, I see that and I'm like, okay, that gives me more reason to be turned off by them than to, you know, put my eggs in that basket. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. All right, uh, so if that's the case, if those that's who we have getting out of play-ins, let's take a look forward to the group stage, and I'm going to attempt to remember this again, John. John, John so the, the mini game that we've been doing is every time we go to, onto the group stage, I always forget who goes into it, even though I've gone through the scenarios a million times. So, Group A will be. It's, it's just, well, you have like one coin flip, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But it's yeah, just, just every, every guest has had different good. predictions, so I always just cross them up every oh, single yeah. time. So. Uh, group A would be G2, Machi, Suning, and either Supermassive or Liquid in this group. UOL or Liquid. Or UOL or Liquid. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, UOL. Yeah, UOL. UOL. So it'll be G2, Machi, Suning, or Liquid slash UOL uh, in Group A. Who's getting out of Group A? G2 and Suning. Uh, Team Liquid, I have third. Machi, I have fourth. I think G2 will drop a game, but ultimately I have really high expectations for them as a whole. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you that they're going to win the whole thing, but uh, <laughs> I think Sam and Dunin is like, uh, I don't want to say like it's a very clear one too, just because there's other where it's like very drastic, like we're going to talk about with Group B, yeah. but I I just think that they're really set up well. They were uh, very happy to see Machi in their group. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Um I feel bad for Machi because, like, they're not even a bad team, necessarily. Like, it's just weird. Uh, kind of a tough spot. And, and really, like, they could have drawn into a much harder group than this, too. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to completely do I have. I think Machi might actually get a game in this group. I don't know against who. That's going to be the challenge, right? But, you know what? I have the exact same thing. I miss one one in five, but yeah. if you ask me who they beat, I can't tell you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> they're, like, they're going to get a game. Like, they're not that much worse than these teams, I don't think. But, yeah. We'll see. Um, so group B, I've been calling it the group of Beth. <laughs> so you have Damwon and JDG. Do we even need to go on? <laughs> no, so, I think you answered uh, your question there. Yeah. So it'll be it'll be Rogue and then Liquid or um, you or well. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Never gonna get this right. So Liquid or you well. This is the coin flip between these two groups. Um, is Liquid or you well? How about Liquid? The more interesting conversation here is: Do, do you think? Rogue does anything, makes any noise against Damwon and JDG? So this is actually something I've been saying in this group B. I'm, I don't know why I just have put unicorns in here. I actually would prefer to see unicorns in here just because they're so much more outrageous than what you yeah. see with Team Liquid. But I'm really excited to see what Rogue and unicorns do knowing that they have this absolute Mount Everest to climb in front yeah. of them. Like when you, we all saw Rogue get absolutely whooped, swept by Fnatic first round of the playoffs. And then next week, they were a completely different team, which I was thrilled to see because it's such a short, short period of time, completely changed the game script. All of, all of a sudden, Inspired just this full-on carry jungler after just being like a super low DPM trundle all year. So I'm excited to see what they can do. I gave them a game just because well, they'll probably get off of the, the planting that comes through, but I just... I'm very interested to see how hard they adjust or try to steal a game off the big guys, but they would be thrilled to get one win off of either of those teams. That would be their world championship. Yeah, That's I a big th- point, I think, like, is they, they come in here knowing that they're big underdogs yeah. in this group. They they know that they're going to have to try something probably. They're just playing completely fair League of Legends is probably not going to get it done against Damwon and JDG. So, I mean, that's the kind of stuff we're talking about, about why there's such a wide range of outcomes at Worlds, because you never know, man. Like, one of those teams, either Rogue or UOL or somebody, could come in here with a plan that JDG or Damwon's not ready for and just 
pick up two wins off of them or something, you know, you never really know. And then that's that's a good point that they know they have to climb that mountain. They'll probably have something prepared. Yeah, we saw and we the, saw this with Cloud Nine a couple of years ago where they just they just had the everyone was playing Azir and they had the Vigar. Like just they just had the read on it's like, oh we're just gonna play this like solo queue counter pick and like all these these teams never see this in organized play. They're gonna and and for two weeks it worked. There were even other teams picking it up. They were like, hey, wait a minute, that works. We should try this. Let's put some games in on it. In week two, you had people playing Vigar against Azir. So sometimes, even if it's not an innovative pick or anything, like sometimes, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, like, how some of these teams throw the Hail Marys or if, if they even consider themselves underdogs, too. Like, that's, some teams don't treat it that way. And I, I fully expect Rogue to just embrace the underdog role. They've been kind of unfairly getting it all season. So, like, when they saw the screw pull, they're like, okay, throw out all of our normal one through five. Yeah. Like, let's just shoot for the moon. Yeah. Should be exciting. And, and the players have chops. So, we'll see. We'll see. Group C, we have Dragon X, FlyQuest. Uh, no, Group C is uh, Fnatic, Gen G, Team Solo Mid, and assuming LGD get out, it will be LGD locked into this group. Okay, so you guys asked me earlier for a hot take, and this is, I don't know how hot it is, but this is where my hot take is. Are we, like, saving it for later, or should I just still Go for it. I think Fnatic goes home without winning a single game. Oh, there we go. Wow. I don't know if that's super spicy or not, but that's just what I believe. Okay, so what's what's the reasoning here? I feel like people always love to give Fnatic the benefit of the doubt just because of their historical success, kind of like, you know, oh, the, the Patriots... Yep. In the playoffs. They're just going to win. Why? Because they're the Patriots. And I believe that sometimes. However, like there's two very good reasons this year why I can't buy into that narrative anymore. One, after they got swept out, swept 3-0 by G2 in spring, they dedicated themselves. We're going to redeem ourselves. We were embarrassed. Our success revolves around getting revenge on G2. What happened in summer? They got 3-0'd again. So right there, I'm like, okay, they had all this internal motivation. But they beat them the had first a goal time. In mind. Yeah, but it's not you, you if it's you asked them, you would yeah, say I that means you. nothing. Yeah, it's gotta be finals. So they already had this giant goal, you know, that was their that was their world championship and they got swept again. So I think that was a big hit. And then overall they've been inconsistent, but like extremely inconsistent. Whippo and Hillisang. All regular season they led all players in deaths per game. Playoffs, they did the exact same thing. And everyone was like, Poom made Dine a ton while losing, like, cool. Yeah. Hillisang's been doing that for years. Way before Poom <laughs> was doing that. That's true. So those two are giant wild cards for me. And, like, some people are like, yeah, Hilly's Roman. He's, like, one of the best supports. Like, yeah, but if you tell me, like, when the game starts, there's a 50-50 shot that my support just auto-loses me the game. Yeah. I don't see that as like optimism of seeing the other 50. So self-made's amazing. I think take out Clid, self-made's the best jungler in this group. But what hurts him the most is that his, especially top and mid lane, won't have the advantage to really let him do what he needs to do in order to uh, get any games. So I was first I was like, you know, I could see him taking a game, like, yeah, give him the Fnatic. But then the more I thought about it, the more I just realized I should just go full hot take and just make him over in the group. I think, so, for what it's worth, and I've kind of said this to a few people, is Nemesis is going to be really up against it in this group. Like, I, So, I kind of think TSM aren't that, I don't think it's that crazy to say TSM get out of this group. 
I don't think it's likely, but I don't think it's like I, I put it like a 30, 35% chance for them to get out of this group. I think a lot of people are treating it like it's like less than 20 or something like that. And the reason I say that is because I think I would take Bjergsen over ZA and Nemesis any day of the week. Any day of the week. Uh, I think, I think ZA gets propped up a lot by Peanut. I think, I think that entire LGD team gets propped up a lot by Peanut in general and like they kind of live or die by him. Which is why I, I mean, I'm not, I don't, I could see it being like Gen G and TSM. And people call me crazy for that, but you'd have you know, the two best mid laners in the group. Maybe this is back to back hot take, but yeah, I have TSM coming out of this group. Part of it was I doubted <laughs> oh, okay. them for so long, but I also think that their weaknesses have become their strengths and what either strengths and or like new strategy. I think all season it was, Broken Blade and Spica getting exploited. Broken Blade had the playoffs of his life. Spica, yep. people, the things people say are saying about Spica right now is like totally like they're getting a little too excited. However, yeah. he has really held his own. And a lot of that was, is because his top and mid lane have really, really stepped up. So yeah. I doubted them through playoffs. I think that the best thing that could have ever happened to them was losing the first five games of playoffs. Yep. Like, people were kind of memeing on Team Liquid, like, the only reason they'll do well at Worlds is starting the play-ins. Well, Team Solo, TSM had that experience as soon as they were one game away from elimination of Golden Guardians. So, I think there, I have them and LGD both 3-3, three and three, and I have TSM winning the tiebreaker and going through. Wow. Honestly, okay. if I didn't live in NA and if I didn't, like, doubt them for so long and then cr- keep proving me wrong, I don't know if I would pick that. But I like it. I'm going with it. I'm sticking with it. Listen, Gelati, we were only supposed to have good analysts on the show. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> See, we got so, the resident TSM hater over here. All right, so, I've, I've taken up the mantle of resident TSM hater. So, so I'll, put it, to, I'll put it to you, though, John. I'll put that it to you, though, me. John. So TSM hate aside, I don't think any of us would rule out just like a complete self-destruction from LGD, right? We talked about this oh, like yeah. last week on the show, like going into play-ins. Like this team just no-shows for weeks on end. Yeah, and Fnatic's, like, Fnatic's history at Worlds is often propped up by kind of miracle runs. If you look back at Fnatic, they've definitely had some times where it was, like, Fnatic is almost dead to get out of their group, and they find the miracle, like, three- or four-game streak to get out of the group. Yep. When really they were really unlikely. Yeah, they were really unlikely to get out of the group to begin with. So I don't think it's unheard of to think that they're going to have a tough time here and that LGD could struggle and TSM could find a way out. It's definitely interesting. Uh, group D, we have Dragon X, FlyQuest, Top Esports, and who's left? I forget. It would uh, be Mad Lions. Mad Lions, that's yeah, right. Lions. The, one, so, yeah. the other one that's so. locked that I always forget. So, yeah, another interesting group here. Yeah, I got Top and Dragon X. I do think FlyQuest performs better than Mad Lions. Like I said, I see a lot of issues with Mad Lions, and I think FlyQuest is a team that can actually exploit them. So uh, I have them finish in third. I kind of look at this group as like FlyQuest are FlyQuest are like an excellent you must be this tall to ride kind of team, and that they're well. So FlyQuest are like a really fun. They're a really fundamentally sound team. Like you just can't you can't just screw up against them. They'll beat you. You know they're not like I'm not calling FlyQuest like a world class team. You know like I, they deserve to be here for sure. They're not on the same level as all these teams, but they're good enough that if you screw up, they're gonna beat you. Like, I don't think they're that, like, insanely outclassed. I think their problem really is that, you know, as good as Solo has been all season, he's just too linear, and this group is way too stacked in top. Like, this this tournament is way too stacked in top lane that he's just going to struggle. 
uh, in terms, like, he's just going to struggle with, like, all the top lane tank counter picks that are available right now. You're just not going to be able to park him on Orn and Gangplank every game and sit there, you know? He's going to have to show some new, some new looks. Maybe he has those. I don't know. But, um, based on what we've seen so far, I have questions. Uh, but considering, like, how fundamentally sound FlyQuest are, if they're, like, the worst team in this group, or even, like, if you, if you, you know, kind of treat them and Mad Lions similarly, this is a pretty high bar set, right? Yes. All right. So you you do you, you think it's pretty clearly top and and Dragon X getting out of here? Yeah. Who's yeah. getting out I number think one? The, I think the fun is who's who's going to be first loser, but that doesn't exactly matter much in the tournament. Yeah. Who do you think gets out uh, first in this one? You think it's like a five one, both five one tiebreaker kind of thing? I have top at six L. Okay. So I think they're easy one, and yeah, so they'll be uh, both the Dragon X's losses. Get the night night Chovy uh, matchup finally. Oh man, I've been looking forward to that. All right, so with those in mind, uh, we could do all the bracketology and all that. I'm not I'm not going through any of that. Uh, we'll, I'm not going to go through each and every one of these draws and everything. I'm just going to ask you point blank, who's winning this tournament? Yeah, uh, it's to me, it's between Top Esports and JDG. I know a lot of people are on JDG, and like rightfully so. If you look at 2020 in its totality, JDD has been the better team. They have the higher win percentage. They lost Game 5 against Top Esports, so then they're LPL 2, and all of a sudden everyone wants to just think it's not even close. I do think Top Top Esports will win. I think their star power is just so distributed well across all three lanes. I expect them to win. I really hope that they don't meet before the finals because yeah. I really want to just see that the two clearly best teams meet there, but I've got top taking it. Okay. So you think top, you top, top esports takes it down? We've mm-hmm. actually had, so we've actually had a pretty interesting blend of opinions on this. There's, there's been a lot of, it's, it's only been, I think three teams. It's been all three teams, like, uh, between top JDG and damn one has been like almost all of the, uh, all the discussion. I don't think anyone said anything outside of those for the tournament winner, right, John? No, I think those have been everybody's answer for tournament. But it's winner. been pretty balanced between those three. Like it's been a pretty even distribution, which is interesting. Um, so I've been pushing. Uh, how about a dark horse? And you could put you could you could posit a dark horse however you want. You could say like like a, like a true long shot, or maybe someone that's like in the middle of the pack that you think could actually spike a performance and and get out of here. But yeah, uh, how about a dark horse, Lewis? I really think that G2 can do well. I think uh, they're an org a little different than Fnatic, who like you do see consistently take incremental steps up. I think Caps is in absolute form. I think Wonder is in absolute form. We've seen Perks be in that form. He was not in that way through playoffs. Uh, but if you can see that come together, I think their goal would just be getting to finals and not getting 3-0'd. Yeah. However, if they do that and they get one win and then they're two more away from the finals, you could see it happen. All right, so G2 for a dark horse. Uh, I've been putting um, this tournament MVP question is a lot. It's like more up to you. Uh, I've been pushing it a couple different ways. You could say um, pick one of these. The actual tournament, who you think the actual tournament MVP will be. Um, probably, like, it's always from the winning team. Two, an actual most valuable player to their team. Like that could be on a, a, the winning team or not. Or three, who you think just the best player in the tournament is? Take your pick. You pick anyone. Ooh. Can I change it up? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. If you got another option, go for it. I'll, I'll give it up. 
If G2 does as well as I think they can, it'll be completely on the back of caps. So yeah. I'll give them that. But I'm going to take option four and just tell you about a player I'm super psyched to watch, even though he probably won't even make it to groups. Definitely not uh, knockout stage. Uh, I've been doing a lot of studying for planes, getting ready for the first round of competition. I'm obsessed with Buggy from V3 Dude, Esports. He's the man. He's the His man. Stats <laughs> are ridiculous. So like, this is a top four of all players in worlds and kills. Yeah. Knight, Ruler, Caps, Buggy. And that same <laughs> four in our scoring system is the top four scoring uh, four players in terms of fantasy. He's the only jungler to lead his team in kills. He's got over 20 more than his ADC. He is only one of the five players in the entire tournament to average over five kills per game. And everything revolves around him. Yep. 81.4 KP, like a distant first. Like I'm pumped to watch him play and almost make it out of play-ins. Yeah, there's a couple of I, I always I'm always fascinated by these um I guess I'll name another player along the same line as um uh, Jose Dodo from Rainbow 7. There there's always like a couple of these guys from these smaller region teams that like are they just belong in a major region. Like they're so much better than everybody in their leagues and there's there's always a couple of them and I I'm glad we get to see a couple of them at Worlds this year. Um, yeah, that's definitely, a, that's definitely a good call. I like that a lot. See, th- th- I love this talk. Like I said, it's everything I want out of March Madness. Just replace when we say region with conference. conference and you get yeah. these people who put up ridiculous crooked numbers and blow out their conference. And then they turn into the, I don't know, the, the, the Kenneth Fareeds, the Jimmer for Deaths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nut stats. And you just put them on a stage where anything can happen and just let, anything happen yeah for sure for sure yeah that's that's a good way of looking at it. i didn't really um that was good oh, i wish i thought of that before now when i ask other people that too that was good that was definitely a good uh a good pivot <laughs> there. Jimmer? yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right lewis um you can find him at esports1.com uh new fantasy site at f1 lou on twitter and he's got a E1, podcast lou. Oh, E1. E1. It's at E1 Lou. Formula One. Not Formula One. At E1 Lou on Twitter. Uh, it's E1 L E W. Uh, he has a podcast called the E1 Fantasy at uh, the Lock In. And, um, you can find that all there. Uh, anything else, Lou? No, this is great. I'm excited to, uh, text George when Fnatic goes over and TSM <laughs> goes through groups. <laughs> Awesome, awesome, awesome. We'll definitely have to have you on another time. This was a lot of fun. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for coming by, man. Thanks. See you guys. Joining us now from Dot Esports at Zing the Lee. He's been a guest on the podcast before, and welcome back, my friend. It's been a while. Hey, everyone. It's good to talk worlds with you again. Getting hype on worlds. All right, so I've kind of just been – um Jumping right into it with everybody here. We're kind of doing like interview style. Um, let's start at the play-ins, right? So yep. we have a 10-team tournament this time around instead of the, the normal 12, four groups of four. We have two groups of five this time around. So I've just been asking people straight up, who's getting out of play-ins and why? Well, I mean, I, I expect like your favorites from each group, like LGD and Mad Lions, right? I think those for me would be the favorites. I think LGD being an LPL team, like like. I mean, I know the, the seeding format was changed this year, like certain regions were changed, but let's, I think they go through. I think Mad Lions, the, the meta should still be favorable for them. Um, I, I think they, they really kind of misjudged how the jungle meta would affect them near the end of summer, but I, I don't think it'll affect them to the degree that I would expect them to not 
get out of this. Um, I, I had pretty high hopes for PSG Talon, uh, but they are having issues with players getting two worlds because of COVID. Um, and, you know, there's, there's all this talk about how UOL has, has just dominated Russia. And so, you know, that, that could be a tough group with them ha- having to, you know, go against LGD with subs and then, uh, UOL, like, it's hard to tell really for me how good the, how, they, how good they are, but, you know, that, that could be a potential tough group for one of my pre-tournament favorites to get out. Uh, and then probably from group one, like, Mad Lions and Liquid, I, I, I really have high expectations for Liquid, uh, for the tournament overall. Yeah. Um, so I, I think there's no, no issue there. Do you, so you seem to like, so this is, this has been kind of a, a hot, a hot button issue for a lot of people is like, is, is Liquid really? what we saw in playoffs or is Liquid got more room to grow or is it something? I think Liquid's going to be good. I think Liquid's going to be good. And, and that goes into my, like one of my theories for world. Like one, I think that, I think the meta is shaping really up, uh, up really well for Broxa. Like if it's, if it's heavy carry 80 style junglers, I think it really works well for him. I think they are, are a pretty flexible team. I don't have an issue with them getting out of here. I actually think they can make quarters. Um, I know it's going to be tough wow. with all the European and Chinese teams. I, I think, I mean, everyone thinks that they should have beaten TSM, right? Like yeah. th- they should have won that series. I, I think don't know. What, what do you guys think? TSM. I think everybody should have beaten okay, them. So, yeah. <laughs> John, yeah. Resident TSM hater here. I think, I mean, I don't know how TSM won, won the three series that they did in the playoffs. Like, that's just crazy to me. I think Liquid had the best shot of, of stopping them. Um, I think Liquid has room to grow. I think that Western teams overall should potentially play better than we think. Um, and I, I, I see them having a, you know, a strong run, perhaps even better than TSM or Flyquest. Maybe Just imagine have... how different everything looks. Like, I don't want to pour, like, hate onto the guy because I got so much love for him, but imagine how much different everything looks if FBI just doesn't flash forward in that game five against TSM. <laughs> yeah. Like, like Golden Guardians was going to beat them. They were going to win were. that game. They were. No, they were. And now TSM, every, and, you know, their first place, you know, everybody give them all the love. They, they should have just lost that game five and shouldn't even be in the conversation. Like, there there's so many points where they could have lost, like, so many, like, it, it's just nuts. And the fact that it was so close every single time is just nuts. Yeah, I've kind of, I'm, I'm kind of, it's this the whole NA thing is interesting because to me this this feels almost like a stock that's like oversold right like everyone's like everyone's been dumping on NA all season long you had the the whole remote thing made the broadcast a little less exciting too I mean we could criticize the broadcast for its own issues I'm sure but yeah like, doing everything remote for the majority of the season there was just like something lacking you know what I'm saying like. It's kind of hard to put. It was just like not. Well, I mean, it's just the production value hasn't been as good as the LAC for yeah. a couple of years now. Yeah, and well, I think that, and then the play also being slower, which the I don't think is necessarily was... a bad Correct. thing. It just is what it is, right? I think all of this kind of combines to create this whole like, like it really just puts fuel on the fi- on the NA as trash fire. You know, like it's yeah. it's not like so. I think NA is coming in like it's like pushed way too far down. I don't think they're you that think- much worse than these regions. Yeah. Like, I look, I'm not saying they're better. They are the four, I think they're the fourth best region here. But I think right now, like, everyone's giving all of them, like, a 5% chance to get out of these groups, and I think it's probably closer to, like, 30% or something. Like, one team getting out of out of the, the group for the main event? Right, we'll, we'll get to groups yeah. in a second, but, like, just okay. in general, like, I think everyone's giving, like, all the NA teams, like, no chance to get out of groups at all. I, I think Liquid is going to be the best NA team. I'm gonna stake it out there. I yeah. think I think they're they're mid jungle. I think I mean FlyQuest isn't bad, but I don't think FlyQuest can catch up to how fast the other teams are gonna play. 
Yeah. Well, all right. So, well, so, all right. So you think it's going to be Mad and Liquid getting out of group uh, Group A, and then LGD and I'll probably say PSG Talon. I'm still on PSG Talon. I think the mid jungle is an upgrade. It's just going to be a matter of you know whether they can gel or not. But I think it's like reasonable to say to say unicorns as well. So I, think... I agree. I agree. But, yeah, I mean that's a tough one for me. All right. So uh, if that's the case. Um... We'll say Group A. I've been going through this. John, the whole meme of this pod, the whole meme of this super show is just going to be, I'm never going to get the groups right. Has anyone said anything else? Has, like, has anyone looked at, like I don't know, INTZ? I think no INTZ. One, I don't like their team. No one had predicted Rainbow 7, INTZ, Legacy, or... Supermassive coming out of uh, Turkey. Supermassive's gotten a little bit of love. V3, yeah. E3, Rainbow 7, Legacy, and INTZ have not had a backer yet. Yeah. I kind of think Legacy's... The guys from Supermassive have been have been here every single year. Like, yeah. these guys have been... They've been around the block. But I, I just think Mad Lions... I mean, I think Mad Lions and Team Liquid have that group zone up. All right, so, so it'd be liquid in A, July. So, thank you, John. So we have G2, Machi, Suning, and Liquid in Group A. Zingli, who is getting out? Um, It would, I mean, I, I think G2, I mean, obviously G2 is getting out, but I like liquid, and I have this thing, um, and this is very unscientific, but last year, Worlds was in Europe, the only Western team that did well was G2, right? I mean, we, we had Cloud9 got out of quarters again, or got out into quarters again, but I don't think that's success for them. Two years ago, Worlds was in Korea. That was the year Fnatic went to the final and Cloud9 yeah. beat Afrika. And that was kind of fluky because that was like the worst LCK. Those are the three kind of worst LCK teams that I've seen go to Worlds in a while. Like, I think if you look at the five, six year history yeah. of Worlds, that was like the nadir. But then the the year before it, it was in China, and that was the year where um, Misfits played SKT, the eventual finalist SKT team, really close. Um, Cloud Nine played We Team We yeah. really close, and Fnatic had a real shot against RNG, and none of them went far. But those were really tough matchups that they all all three of those teams played well. I think when the Western teams get a chance to scrim. In China or in Korea, I think their level of play goes up more so than it does when when the Korean or the, the Chinese team come to the West. That's I think the meta narrative. is going. I think Liquid's going to play really well in this in this meta. I think this is a great group from them. I like Suning is. I don't really have a good feel on the LPL this year. Having like I, I didn't watch too much of the regular season, but like I think this is a, a group they can get out of and make quarters. So I'm going to go G2 Liquid. I kind of like. I'm not opposed to like a Sooning Liquid either, and I like. And I kind of like G2 still, but yeah, I think this group is is. I think a lot of people are just chalking it up to G2 and Sooning, and I, I I'm with you. Like I don't think they should. It should be interesting. And then Machi's like this wild card, right? Because like yeah. Machi kind of like got hot toward the. I mean, they were good all year, but like they kind of got hot the second half of the season and played really really well in playoffs. So. I mean, maybe they just keep that momentum up. I that narrative about like bring like the solo queue and the scrimming environment just being elevated overall is really really interesting. I didn't really think. Yeah, about I like that, that too narrative. Much. That's what we hadn't talked about. That actually makes a lot of sense. I mean, yeah, now that I'm thinking China, back on it, we can scrim the other LPL teams too that aren't in the that aren't in Worlds. I'm I'm sure they could maybe get some scrims with them too. So. It's just higher quality yeah. practice. 
Well, yeah, it's, it's just it's and, and it's going to acclimate you because if we if we come in with the belief that the LPL is playing the best brand of league, this is the environment that they're playing it in. It's I think it, they have a better shot of getting up to speed on that style. Yeah, they're, they're in other words, like they're making up ground and the other teams that are there are just staying steady, basically. Correct. Yeah, that, yeah. Makes, that makes a lot of sense, actually. I mean, and I, like I don't that. know about you guys, but like. If you end up getting to play like anything, basketball, football, hockey, whatever, like or even league, like if you just end up playing against like if you scrim against a good team or you play a match against a good player or something like that, you're like holy shit, like I feel so much better now. <laughs> like a lot of people get down on themselves if they get stomped, but a right. lot of these guys are like they, you know, they've gone through this before. So they're not going to be like demoralized, they're just going to like feed into it like it's an energy. I kind of dig this. I'm about this thing. <laughs> um, group B, Damwon, JDG, Rogue, and Supermassive, or talent. or talent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm not gonna go. I mean, Rogue, I think is good. I I see a hard time having them over either Damwon or JDG. Yeah, like I just I don't know. Like Larson's really good. The bot lane is competent. I just think the top lane difference is gonna be I think top lane is going to be really important at this tournament yeah. and I think that that's when that I don't know that they can make up that difference yeah I think Finn Finn honestly like even when they were doing well Finn was uh Finn is not struggling. a carry player he's not going to be the, the focus of that team I, I just don't see a world where he is I, I mean I, I don't want to trash him because he's obviously he's there and the team is good but like Naguri is pro- I, he he's really good and when he's allowed to when he's allowed to do what he wants, which is, isn't all the time, but I think he might be able to do so in this meta. When he's allowed just to like solo push and without regard to to anything, it's really hard to stop that. Yeah. So you think Dan wanted J? That's kind of been the the full on sentiment here. Is like, yeah. I feel, it's like I feel bad for whoever gets into this group because like Rogue and whoever else gets in here are probably very good. It's just. It's Dan one and JDG. They're like two of the yeah, tournament I mean, favorites yeah. in one group. This is like, this is this is tough. This group of death. Yeah. This is the group of like death. Said, this I mean, is the group of probably, death. probably the two best top laners in the world, arguably. Yeah. In in yeah. and Nogger and yeah, I agree. They're both tough. up there. They're both up there. Yeah. Uh, group C, we have Fnatic, Gen G, Team Solo Mid, and LGD. What's up? LGD. That's LGD. Right. always LGD. LGD. I mean, I. That's the meme. <laughs> okay, Genji. Genji's good. I think Genji gets out. Yeah, I think this meta is really good. I, I mean, Peanuts has looked. I think it's. I think it's really good for them. So but think... oh, so you yeah, peanut, so peanut for LGD. Or not? Not, not so. It's L, so it's it's Fnatic, Genji, Solomid. Oh yeah, no, no, it, yeah, it'll no, be no, LGD yeah, sorry, slotted sorry. into this group automatically. So yeah, LGD will be in this group. I think Genji's good. Mm-hmm. I well let, let's let's just get TSM out of here. I don't think TSM makes it. There we go. I think, after my heart. I think I think LGD and Genji could be. I, I it's tough for me because I also think Fnatic's good. I think that I think Genji is the number one team here, and then it's just a dogfight between Fnatic and LGD for 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 two. I think it's a um, dogfight. I'll tell you. So I, think, I'll, I think it's that way. I'll tell you why because I think Bjergsen is a better mid laner than both GA and Nemesis. And I think that could blow a game open. I agree with that. That so like so that's to me. It's, I just think I just think they're. I don't trust Spica. I don't love that the bot lane. He is was bad. so good in playoffs, man. He he has games. I don't know, but like like game game like there are games in playoffs where he's good, but there's games in playoffs where the team wins and it's not because of him. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think 
I mean, NA junglers versus the rest of the world, like, I don't know. I mean, even at his best, Gelati, is he on the level of any of the other junglers in this group? That, that's that's the thing. Self-made Bad. and Peanut, like yeah. no, he's he's up against Death's Row in the jungle for this turn. I mean, honestly, I mean you have like Kanavi and you could Canyon. you could argue you could argue there's that, a three of the that, top five junglers in the world. I mean, self-made you could argue, is, yeah, exactly. Self-made is is either one or one A in terms of junglers out of EU. Clid is probably the best jungler in yeah. Korea. Clid and Kanavi, like I think, are both better than yeah. He's else. he's yeah he's he's right there. And then I think Peanut. I think this is going to play fantastically for Peanut. Yeah. The meta is really, really good for Peanut too, so that helps. Yeah, he, Speak is up against it here, but uh, I, I just think it's 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 it's, it's just more, I think it's just closer than people think. That's all I, I'm gonna say. Okay, I I do think so. I I'm gonna pick Gen G one. I do think that this could be one of those if Buipo really gets going, if Buipo like gets going on like Camille, yeah. like if he gets Camille, like it could he could carry enough. That he he's able to get fanatic into the quarters. He's been going, and it, it would fit into that narrative. Server. The Western team is playing well. I think Buipo is going to have a good tournament. I think he's the highest rated Western. But player I just don't right like now. Nemesis. I just don't like Nemesis. Yeah, that's the that's the that's the whole thing, right? It's that's the question mark for fanatic. It's all Nemesis. Like, are they going to find a way to hide him in best of ones? That's that's going to be the thing. Yeah, maybe they do. I don't know. Maybe so you do. think so? You think it's going to be Genji and LGD out of this? Group? I would I would think so. Yes. Okay. Uh, is that the first LGD we've gotten, John? Somebody else said LGD. Right? Maybe I think LGD's right there with Fnatic for me. I'm yeah. I'm kind of on the same page. I think those two are probably the most likely to yeah. come out second. Yeah, I do think those two are the most likely. I just think it's a little closer than the sentiment. I guess. Group D, we have DragonX, FlyQuest, Top Esports, and Mad Lions. Presumably. Yeah, it, it's going to be Dragon X and Top Esports. I, I don't have much hope for FlyQuest. I think they were a fine regular season team in the LCS. I love their story. I just don't think that Centaurin can play with these guys. Um, and top lane is going to be a disaster for them. It's, it's yeah, going to be a massacre. That, that's, I feel bad because Solo's been so good this year. He's just like, they're too, he's too linear. Like that, yeah. that, to me, that's all it is. Like he's too linear. And like, unless he just develops another gear, like another two champions or something that like people have to respect, then like he's just going to be on a tank every game. And all of these guys play Camille. All of these guys play Renekton. And a lot of these teams play Kale. Yep. Vayne top is going to be a thing. Lucian, like it's just, a, it, there's just no way to yep. get away with playing it safely. So, yep. so if, so if you think, so and I don't no, even trust him. Like if you want to put him on like GP and, and just try to have him farm at turret, I don't even trust him to do that. Yeah. All these guys play Jace too. I don't think you want to mess with that. Yeah. So, um, is this, is this DRX on top? Do Mad, how about Mad Lions? Like Mad Lions, they, they have a no. shot here? No. Is I that, think so. so is, I think, I think this is, I think this is where the meta, I think if, if people ban Lee against Shadow, I think this just gets really tough against him. Yeah. Okay. So, so are you baking in any, any of Mad's like second half decline or is this just like, I think their second half decline was due to the meta turning away from them, teams figuring them. I think I still think they're good. I just think that they they haven't shown me a a, a really good champion for Shadow play outside of Lee. Like he's so good on Lee, and he's not as good on everyone else. Yeah, I also think Hecarim's gonna be banned for a good part of this tournament, and he would that would be another yeah. good day for him to pop off on. So. Hecarim is a weird one. Yeah, Hecarim. Where's he played the most? He's played in one region. Like he's played in EU a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So I could see the EU junglers just having an edge, but like, I, I, there's, there are enough carry junglers right now. Like, you know, have like Hecarim, Lilia, Graves, Nidalee, like all these things, but yep. you're right. Like, 
self made off that is a, is kind of a different animal. So but he, they, they, yeah, they don't they don't initiate the way that Lee does for that team. Yeah, you're right. All right, so you know, with those those selections in mind, I'll just we'll skip all the brackets because we don't know how it's going to draw be drawn out. Who's winning the who's winning worlds this year? Your official I think, 2020 worlds pick. I mean, this is I mean, this is probably pretty chalky. I like I like Damwon. Yeah, I, I know it's like okay, so I mean. The, the chalk pick is probably top, right? Everyone's picking top. Yep. I really like Damwon. I think they are the team where if they get into like a 5v5 team fight against top, they probably lose because Jackie Love is just better. Yeah. Um, but I, I also feel like they can like, I think top lane is going to be really important. And I think that mid jungle is going to be really important. Yeah. And I think that in the meta that we've seen all the year, ADC is less of a, like it's, it's one of those where if you get, yeah, if you get to late game team fights, then the better ADC wins, but a lot of games don't get there or mm-hmm. you're, you're getting there with inhibs down and it just becomes a different game. And I think they can execute it on their game plan better. So for me, it's going to be Damwon and top in that final conversation. Okay. And I just think that Damwon has an easier time doing what they want to do. Um, with, you know, you, the meta always shifts some, somewhere around second week, right? Second week going into that first quarterfinal round, the meta shifts. And then I also feel like it shifts really late to yeah. a team fight focus where it's just teams just p- picking for safety. Yeah. Um, but I also feel like in the last couple of years, like the team that's been able to like stay true to themselves the most and, and not have to make the other team adapt to them. I think is the one that does it the best. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point too. I didn't yeah, that's that. a, that's a good narrative with coming off IG and FBX's wins. They were definitely that was their story of winning the tournament. And even G, I mean, G two didn't win it, but G two were very much themselves. Like they weren't, they were kind of a unique animal too. They weren't doing anything the way anybody else was. So, okay, so um, you have Damwon. I'm gonna put yep. that. I'm gonna pencil that in. Uh, so I've been asking people. Have, uh, I, for a, have most people been saying top? I mean, top is like the obvious. It's actually thing, been right? pretty. Like, it's been a mixed bag. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm a JDG backer, so I, I think JDG's winning it all. Okay. We've had some. I mean, J, it, we've had some JDG. We've had some top. We've had some damn one. I think that was. I think it's been those three. There might have been a Gen G too, but yeah, I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, we, we it's been kind of a mixed bag. It hasn't been as mm-hmm. chalky as as you'd think. It's chalky in the sense of it's it's always those like okay. three teams. But yeah, uh, I've been asking people for a dark horse too. Um, any. It doesn't have to be like a crazy super long shot, but you know, maybe maybe you have one in mind that you think could get there. To, I mean, the like dark horse to me means like a team that could not like could potentially not make it to quarters, but also could like make like maybe semis or whatever, right? Yeah. So for me, that's between Fnatic and Liquid. I think those two teams are ones that are going to struggle to get to quarters, but if they get there, I think they could win a series. Okay. Um, and I like Jensen better than Nemesis, so I'll say Liquid. Okay. All right, so Liquid for... I think Liquid's going to be the best of the NA teams. Yeah. I think that's totally reasonable. I I kind of have all the NA teams... <laughs> we said... We, who, we, we had... um. Oh, my God. Who did we just have? We just had Tim. Tim Seven Houston on. Yeah. And... We kind of came up with the terminology of like underrated underdogs, like for all three NA teams this year. Yeah, and like I think that's like uh, to me, I think they're all pretty good. I don't think they're all great, but I think they're all pretty good. Uh, I do think Liquid showed very poorly relative to what we can expect for them. So I, I kind of like like in playoffs. I think they could. They, they I agree. they're a lot better than that. 
So yeah, so, so so to be clear, I think that that theory rests on Liquid getting better. I think Liquid have a higher ceiling than FlyQuest or Team yeah, Soulmate. I think that's so. Fair. I think if they are able to match, like the whole thing about them is that they they don't they, they they start slow, but I think if they can fix that playing in China for a month, I think that's that's where the growth for me comes from. It's uh, training in ten times Earth's gravity, right? It's yeah, something like that. Uh, tournament MVP. I, I've kind of been putting this out there to people as. Uh, you're the best player at Worlds or, you know, the player that's most valuable to the team that wins or maybe uh, just the most piv- – the actual MVP, like the most pivotal player to their specific team. Pick whatever one you want. Doesn't need. I mean, if, if I'm going to say Damwon's going to win, I think Nickery is the MVP. If he's not an MVP, they don't win. That's – okay. I think that's reasonable. Yeah. Like, I think, I, think, I think it'll be between him and Can- Canyon, but I think the, the stats – if they win, I think his stats – It'll be because his he's like outlaning people yeah. and his like you know exp and gold and cs at ten is just he's lapping people and I think that's where they win. Okay, All right, cool. So Nogri for MVP. Uh, Zing, where can people find you? Yeah, I'm on Twitter at Zing the Lee X I N G T H E L I. Um, I write for Dot Esports. We're we're doing a lot more uh, video content, interview content this year. So uh, hit us up. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, Lee. And uh, we'll have to have you on the offseason again sometime. I'll have to get you back on the show again. It was nice, uh, nice talking to you again. Nice catching up. Yeah. Have a good Thanks. One, man. Thanks for coming on. He's a content creator at rotoballer.com, the world's number one fan of the LPL match posters. Please welcome to the show League of Legends and art enthusiast, Mr. Jason Malmanger. We're going to talk worlds. First time, long time. Yeah, first time, long time situation, right? It's, that's been kind of the case with a lot of these. I'm, I'm finally getting to talk face to face with a lot of the people I've been, I've been mixing it up with on Twitter over the years. So it's kind of, kind of a cool, um, getting everybody together. It's like a big party, right? So yeah. we're here celebrating worlds. Um, we're just going to go right into it, I think. Uh, play-ins. Do you have any, any crazy, any, anything crazy? Cause the play-in stage has been kind of like more in, it's been like three chalky teams getting out. For a lot of people, and then like the fourth team is anybody's is, is has been like the point of contention for a lot of people. So let's start with Group A. Who do you th- who do you think's getting out of Group A for the play-ins? Okay, so first I'm going to guess everybody's chalky teams are going to be Team Liquid and Mad Lions. Yeah, right. And then the other chalk is going to be LGD, and then it's kind of a crapshoot between Unicorns, V3, Talon, and Rainbow. Um, so I'm going to rain on that parade like instantly. Ooh. I'm taking team, team Liquid and Supermassive to get out. Okay, so that's actually all right, John. You were kind of in this boat too, a little bit. I like that take. I'm really low on Mad Lions in this tournament. Same. I like, I like your take. So what? So what's the? So why? Why so low on Mad Lions? Or is um, it, were you more just high I, on the other teams? I'm I'm pretty high on Supermassive. Um, I really like Cacao. You know, he's sort of the master of qualifying for things. So <laughs> he, he you know he qualify for the LCK. You want somebody to get you through promotions and into the LCK? Cacao's your man. You need somebody to qualify you through the group stage or the play-in stage and get to groups. Kakao's your man. Um, and I think Medlines are coming in a bit overrated. Um, people are just going in on the LEC brand. You know, they're, they're in the rap song. They're super cool. Um, they're kids, but yeah, they're, they're rookies on their first world stage and they're going up against, uh, you know, firstly, Team Liquid has got massive experience. Um, Supermassive too. And they sort of collapsed the second half of the year. I think they started out like 10 and two. Yep. And ended up like 16 and 13 total, including the playoffs. So, um, I think they're trending in the wrong direction. Um, and I really like Kakao over some of the other options here. I think what's interesting about this too is, 
I don't think anybody would disagree about the experience argument. That's something we brought up a few times already. But uh, I think a lot of people are quick to dismiss their weak second half, but we're not quick to dismiss G2 and Fnatic's slow start to the, to the summer split. And I think that's kind of interesting how all the haters are just suddenly quiet and just automatically backing Mad Lions to get out of this group. It's just kind of interesting to me. I'll just put it out there. Just saying. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Right? Oh, yeah. Um, okay, so you think that's probably... I was I thought Supermassive were live, but I think you're the first person to actually say. So did we get anybody else that said Supermassive, John? I don't think anyone finally went with them. They got mentioned from a lot of people as far as like this is a team that could do something, but I don't think anybody officially predicted. Nobody it. nobody wanted to commit to them. So all right, we have our first Supermassive. It's going to throw the groups. John, prep for my inability to prepare on the fly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how about Group B? We have uh, LGD Talon, Rainbow Seven, Unicorns of Love, and V3 Esports. Who's getting out of this group? Okay. So, um, my inherent fear of cursing things, um, as a lifelong Vikings fan, I know nothing but failure and sadness. <laughs> and so when, when there is an opportunity for success, all it leads me to is pain and suffering. Um, so I'm worried about LGD. Um, you know, they're seemingly only good at one thing and that's beating Invictus. Yeah, um, apparently, right? And, and Invictus isn't in this group. So this caused me some concern. Um, but I'm going to go LGD. And, boy, the next one is tough. I, If it wasn't for Unified being knocked out of most of the plans, actually, I would probably go Talon. Um, but I think I'm going to go for V3 instead. You go to V3? Wow. Okay, so you're the first person out of everyone to say V3. Um, yeah, talk definitely talk through that one because you're the first person to say that. Um, well, from... Yeah, just, uh, you know, everyone, it's always detonation-focused me, and they have a more, much more Korean type of style that they play. Um, and detonation-focused me actually knocked V3 out of the playoffs last summer and this spring, and we're up on them in the finals in the LJL, a uh, two-to-one. Um, so I think this is a little little bit of a Team of Destiny sort of deal where they've finally um, kind of gotten past that hurdle. Uh, Boogie's a stud. You know, he was on Flash Wolves with Shousey yep. um, and Betty. So, you know, he's got some experience playing in some big games. Archer, their ADC, he's an import from Korea. Um, he's kind of a big name. He's a rookie this year. So, you know, I just told you that I'm worried about Mad Lions rookies, and apparently now I'm not worried about rookies. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's uh, – Unicorns just stomp their region, but I think their region is pretty pretty weak. Um, and like I said, the loss of Uniboy for – most of the play-ins is going to... I'm not concerned about Kanye and Uniboy coming in for River and Tank for yeah. Talon, but I am concerned about D. Yeah, I feel the same um, way. I feel the same way. It's just going to be a matter... It's like To me, it's just a matter of how many games it's going to be for, and if they can squeak by in that time. Like That's the way I'm looking at that. I actually... like Maybe I'm just in love with the unknown, but I kind of think that like if Talon just find a way to gel, I do think these players were upgrades besides D, right? Yeah, I think Conway and Uniboy are definitely upgrades over Tank and River. As like, if you look at Tank and River stats, you you gotta like look past that. Like, look at their actual play; it's not as coherent. Like, yeah, I mean, these two have been together for a long time, like three years, like since 2017, I believe. Um, Kanye and Uniboy, that is. Yeah. Um, so the jungle mid synergy is there, and Kai Wings an all star in that region. Their support, um, you know, I think he's gonna mesh really well with what Kanye is looking to do. So, so you still think, I'm, but you still think V3 is getting out of this? I do. 
Okay. So that's the first V3. That's the first V3 we've had. So repping, uh, getting, getting something mixed up here. That's good. So, uh, do you think it's going to be those four teams getting out? Cause it doesn't necessarily, it could be three teams from one and one team from the other. Yeah, that's true. With them playing against the two seed from the other side. So yeah. you could see, um, the two seed from group B in theory getting knocked out. Um, still think it's those four teams, man. I, I'm almost going to say it'll be liquid, supermassive. LGD. Yeah, I'm going to stick with those four teams. What okay. All right, cool. So uh, Liquid Supermassive LGD V3. Uh, definitely. That's probably the spiciest take we've had uh, on the play-ins anyway. So that's going to throw things for a loop when we move on to groups here. So uh, with that said, moving into the groups, the, the main event groups, uh, we would have Group A, which would be G2, Machi, Suning, and now it would be either Supermassive or Liquid in this group, mm-hmm. I believe, right, John? Or, or V3. Or V3. Yeah, the only V3. team that's locked would be LGD and locked into Group C. Yeah. So uh, any of these playing teams getting out of Group A? No. Who's getting out of Group A? Uh, Sooning and G2. Yeah, that's what I. That's, that's been kind of the consensus. Um, and I'm. I think I'm higher on Sooning now than most people. Um. It, Consensus there is that um, they don't do anything spectacularly. Yeah, I, I don't know they don't have Knight. They don't have a rookie type player. Um, people know SOFM. He's a name, yeah. um, but they don't do anything spectacularly. They're just a, a solid team, um, and that's sort of unexpected coming from the LPL. You know, you're supposed to be all in one minute. Yeah. you know, f- you know, three minute fights over the first red buff spawn. Um, but I think they're just a solid team. Um, so I like them to get out. Yeah, I, I like even I like if, even if like team like goes in there. Yeah, I think I think I think all of us are pretty high on Sooning in this tournament, just in general. Like, I think all of us would put them as like a qualifier for like some kind of dark horse candidate because they're like twenty to one or more in a lot of places to win the whole thing. And you know, while I don't think it's necessarily likely, I do think it's probably more likely than those odds imply for sure. And yeah. the the question the question for them is like I think four out of five players on this team are, are just rocks. Like they're absolute studs and could just pop off. The question is going to be angel against elite mid lane talent, I think. And if it becomes a meta game where it's just 50, 50 or like handshaking mid lane, if we have like an Azir Royana kind of meta game or something along those lines or Corky Azir or something yeah. along those lines where it doesn't matter as much that he's not that level, um, then I could definitely see Sooning making a run because the rest of the map is outstanding. So uh, group B would be Damwon, JDG, Rogue, and then the same three. Uh, do we see the playing team getting out of this one? There's no chance. This this is the absolute group of death. Um, um, people are people are higher on DRX than I think I am, but um, this is the absolute group of death. There's no way. You've been calling it the group of death because it's like it's like literally. I mean, I no nobody has said anything other than those two. I, I think it's pretty hard to make an argument for it. So I guess the the, the question for Group B would be. What do you, do you think Rogue can win two games? Do you think the play-in teams can win a couple games? Like how many games between Rogue and whatever team gets into this? How many game like wins do you think they get total? Um, I, if it's if it's Liquid, I'd say that's going to be tough for them. Yeah. Um, because I I kind of like Team Liquid as odd as it is for me to state state that I like an NA team. I yeah, kind of right. like Team Liquid. NA. <laughs> That that would be the biggest free agent signing in all of esports history. Me to an NA fan. 
Look, so, you already got Minnesota Vikings. Save yourself. What do we yeah. think? So, like, what do you think? Like, Rogue, between Rogue and, and whatever team gets into this, like, two wins, three wins? That seems right. Um, I just – I don't see either of the top two teams in this group uh, losing a game. So, the bottom two will just be beating up on each other. I could see I could see Rogue taking a game, I think. But I think that's even a little optimistic. Group C, the only one that's certain in this iteration of – how things qualified out. Oh, so we'd have Fnatic, G, uh, Fnatic Gen G, Team Solo Mid, and LGD in Group C. Again, my innate fear of success um, makes me hesitate to pick LGD, um, but I'm I'm pretty rock solid on Gen G getting out. Yeah, I think they've had some poor luck, um, and I feel like they're actually the second best team in Korea. Yeah, um, I I think the pauses really gave DRX a boost that uh, maybe they didn't deserve there. And so I, I look for Gen G and. So this man. is where the question comes in for this group. So I'll put it to you like this, because this has been kind of an interesting thing to unfold talking to everybody about this. Mm-hmm. So everybody thinks this is the hardest group to decide, but everybody has different reasons for it. And some people view this as one, one team is a lock a lot of people, it's been Gen G, and then it's two teams in the middle, and one team definitely not doing anything. For some people, it's been one team is a lock, and then all three of the teams have a chance to to do something. And then for some people more, it's been like one team is definitely not good, and then the other three are battling for the top two spots. So it's in kind of like this different. Um, like, how do you paint that picture, Jason? Um, I've got Gen G as the clear favorite, and LGD slotting into this group, and the other three are kind of a mess for me. Yeah. Um, I, I like what I saw from TSM in the playoffs, um, uh, specifically the growth that Spica has shown, mm-hmm. um, and being able to play there. Uh, I, I don't care for Fnatic. Um, that's a well known fact. Um, <laughs> just an absolute fact. I've been watching some, some nemesis on the uh, super server. Watching him get clapped makes me so happy. <laughs> they should just start Magic Felix, and I'll have a much better chance of getting out of this group. Um, I'll just stay with my homer pick, and I'll take uh, LGD to get out as the two seed in this group, T- narrowly over TSM with Fnatic bringing up the rear. It, dude, it's crazy. Like that, you and I are mind melded on this group. I think like Gen G is a lock, and like I actually think TSM are totally live to get out of this group. Like I actually yeah, picked TSM to get odd, out of this group, but, it, but yeah, I, I mostly just I, I just can't trust LGD. I can't do it, dude. Like I just, this team, the team is so they're they're good. They're just hyper fraudulent. Also, like that's the that's the problem with yeah. LGD is like they're probably good enough to make top eight at Worlds anyway. But I'm having a real hard time with it, and I actually think Bjergsen's the second best mid laner in this group. So. I think that could that's that could right, potentially right, blow too. this that could blow these matches open too. He's just been. For, he's been like carrying these. His backpack is way too big, dude. I don't know how he's doing. He's got like one of those military grade, like yeah, carrying yeah, everybody, you know. So. Parachute, parachute mesh straps. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So you think uh, Gen G and LGD? Yeah, I gotta, I gotta stick with my, stick group, with my boys. Group D, we'd have Dragon X, FlyQuest, Top Esports, and then one the of the three. Team. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, um, um, Topson and Stalock, um, and I'm lower on DRX, but I still think they get out over FlyQuest. Um, 
people are drawing the uh, 2017 Misfits connection yeah. between uh, Power Beaver and Ignar and all that. And um, you know, uh, Doran's grown over the course of the sh- over the course of the split. He's gotten much better, I think, and that's what's really going to help them even over um, the likes of Solo God. So, <laughs> yeah. I think one of the weir- weirdest things for Gen or DRX this whole year, honestly, has been like their rookies have been the MVPs of this yeah. team. Yeah. Um, to have Karia and Pioshik, um, Karia specifically, like, um, Karia's it's been kind of crazy, you know, insane. to think on a, on a team with Chovy and Daft that, you know, your top guys are your, are your rookies sort of been bailing them out with some insane plays that that's kind of why I think I'm lower on DRX than, you know, specifically Gen G, another LCK team. Yeah. I'm kind of, so I'm kind of with you. Like, I do think Gen G are the better team, but I do like Dragon X are interesting to me because they have this. I don't want to say potential. It's like such a dirty word around here, but like they just have, we've seen it. Like we've seen, like all of these top Korean teams, they all beat each other. All the top LPL teams can all beat each other. So they have the talent to do it. Dragon X just lose to themselves sometimes. And it's usually because they go off the deep end in a draft a little too much. But if they're just, if I mean, the other thing is because they're aggressive and willing to like, just put a pick out there. Like they're, they're one of the more aggressive drafting um, not aggressive, like necessarily in terms of like actually drafting aggressive picks, but aggressive in terms of counterpicking. Aggressive in terms of uh, trying a new pick out, trying a new strategy out, trying a new style out. I think that can that can really help in a tournament like this because if they're willing to embrace a new strategy, I think that's something that can be really good in in a in a tournament like this. Give me a second, guys. So, um, do you think Dragon X and Top get out of this group? I think Dragon X and Top get out of this group. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, so we're not going to do all the bracketology and all that other stuff. We're just going to, we're just going to do deadpan, like straight to it. Who's winning, who's winning worlds? Guys, I'm not Jing Dong, Jing Dong beats top in the LPL autumn final again. Third and that's, rematch? That's happened, yep. The third that's, rematch? That's yep. Uh, Jing Dong feel like they've got that gravitas. Yeah. They've, they've got that certain something. Um, even though they lost the top in the in the summer final, um, it, I think that was kind of weird, a little little off the way top took the red side and on um, game five, and um, you know they don't have the huge names, but they've got they're just the, the team, you know they just feel like they've got that something extra like FPX did last year. You know yeah. what they're going to do, and they're then then they just do it, and you're like, why, how? We were even at ten minutes, and now you guys are ahead five k gold, and you've got all the dragons and. We knew you were going to do it. You did it anyway. Yeah, John. John's with you on this. I don't know if you want to. You want to elaborate yeah, on that. Join me on the JDG train. I'm. I'm. Uh, the. I think I'm the only other person that predicted JDG to win. I think JDG. I think. I think Mike had JDG winning too. He thinks Kanavi's the best jungler in the world. So, and I, I think that's a reasonable take too. So, um, I do think he kind of cited that the. It just makes sense in terms of stylistically. Like the the meta is just so good for them. Like with the the jungle meta right now, it's just like perfect for them and. Yeah, we'll see. I, I think uh, I think JDG is a totally reasonable selection. I, I think so. That's what like three of I think three of you now are on JDG. I mean, John, what John's take? John's take is simply like they have four like four of their positions are better. Yeah, I think they're like against pretty much every team. They have like three or four winning positions against JDG. I think they have four winning positions. I think Knight versus Yigao is the only matchup that's in top's favor. Yeah. And I think JDG's every other matchup. Is in I think face, you can make so. an ar- you can make an argument for Jackie Logan, but it's like bot lane against bot lane, and I think it's fair to say the you know Logan Lumao 
greater than I don't know, or at least a little bit better. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, I could totally see it. So you think you think top and JDG. So how about um, that's your official pick, JDG. Yep, got it. Um, we've been doing a dark horse. Who's a dark horse team for you? Um, this can be like a true long shot or someone that's like kind of in the middle of the pack there that you think could could overperform. You don't even have to ask him, Gelati. It's Fnatic. He thinks Fnatic. Uh, <laughs> now we're going back. We're going back to uh, 500 CS six items. Siver. We're just gonna wait until 40 handshake a 45 minute. Siver did device. get buffed. I'll note. <laughs> Christ Almighty. Of course. It wasn't. Uh, so it wasn't really a meaningful. Point, but... The fix is in. Fnatic it through. They lose we're every getting... game, and then the then the Siver then the Siver buff goes live, and then they can't lose. <laughs> That's great. We're, we're getting you a reckless jersey. Just hold on. <laughs> so, 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 any any dark horse picks there? Any thoughts on um, anybody else, see, or do you think it's kind of a chalky jumping, top? Jumping back, I think it's pretty chalky across the top. Um, if I'm going to take anybody, I think depending on how the brackets shake out, I am going to have Sooning as like maybe a dark horse finals team. If the brackets come right, um, you know, you could see top and. You know, Damwon beat the shit out of each other with Jingdong waiting on the other side, you know, something like that. And they could sneak through on a softer softer side of the bracket. So I would say Sooning maybe a dark horse to make it to the finals. Yeah, I think I... Biggest, biggest surprise of the day, all Jason's choices for winners were, L, were uh, LPL teams. <laughs> Who would have thunk it? Not I. I didn't see that coming at all. That's okay. I see, uh, you know, once, once Invictus signs crown shot, then you'll be joining me in the LPL Daily that is daily. that that is correct. I mean, they probably would have actually made worlds if they had crown shot, but you know, whatever. Who <laughs> our fan bases? Because I put up that thing earlier where I said who's the best player going to worlds right now, and within like two minutes, I had three responses, and it was crown shot, Hillisang, and Solo. <laughs> I think we're like, <laughs> within hey. like two minutes. Like, I don't know who our fans you got to appreciate yeah. that the 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 viewership is are, are the dankest of memers, so that's good. <laughs> where we, where we was are. the Febivin pick? <laughs> yeah, we got to wait for Febivin, and where's Viper? Viper's got to be on that list too, right? Yep, there we go. That's a, that's like the trip quad effect. So we are who you thought we were. Yeah, exactly. So I've did, I've been doing like an MVP question, but I've been wording it a different uh, kind of a different way, right? Um, okay. Everyone's interpretation of MVP is different, so I'll, I'll put a couple options out there. You just pick one and go with it. Um, you could do, like, who do you think the actual tournament MVP is going to be, like the Riot tournament MVP? Uh, or you could do who's the most valuable for the team, regardless of whether they win or not. That could be a good team, a bad team, a team that does goes far, a team that doesn't. Or maybe just the best player in the tournament, or maybe just a player to watch on any team that you think is going to be particularly interesting in this one. Oh, my. Um if I'm going to have to pick uh, Riot's, Riot's MVP, will be Loken. Um, I think the real MVP would be Zoom or Lumao. Yeah. Uh, the only problem is I, I'm not going to get fiddle support like I want. Um, <laughs> that would be that would be disgusting. Game 5 fiddle for everything. Although the spring the spring bard was pretty close. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be live and this... this... Syria, the Syria I, worlds. I feel like Lu Mao in the in the LPL finals in the spring sort of ushered in Bard meta like instantly. Like, oh wait, himself. this is like super awesome. Yep. Um, and if I gotta have a player to watch, let's see. Whew, man. I mean, I'll point it out because it'll be actually the second person to point him out. You mentioned V three. Boogie. Yeah. 
You're not the first person to point out Boogie, by the way, as a, as a player to watch or someone that's interesting. But you are the first person to pick V3 to get out of play-ins. Now I got to keep it a little spicy. All right, cool, cool, cool. So, Jason, where can people find your stuff? Um, I am a independent contractor for Rotoballer.com. I do our uh, I do our free esports articles for the LPL LCK. Um, we got a couple other guys that help me out doing the LCS and LEC. Um, but I'm going to be doing um, mainly the world's content here now, since it is on my timeline. Nah, based in China overnight, I work overnight, so yep. I get a lot of time in my uh, in my downtime at work to take care of that. So awesome! Look, awesome. look me and up, Twitter, Mister Melminger. So it's Mister underscore Melminger, right? Yep, correct. There's a space, and uh, there it is. Um, Jason, thank you for joining us. It's been a long time coming. We'll have to have you back on again for sure because this was a lot of fun. Always, oh, always, yeah. Joining us now is a man who fears no underdog money line. He's one of the founding members of the Gold Card Podcast, and he's now making his triumphant return. Please welcome back to the show, the man, the myth, the legend, Calvin T. What's going on, Calvin? Yo, 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 it's your boy, Calvin Dongchemlensuk, Ruler Sama. You guys know what's up. How's it going? Glad to be back. It's been a while, man. It's been a while since we like. I think we played. We played a couple games a few weeks ago. But, like other than that, like I, we haven't like had a chance to sit down and talk shop in a while. We've, I think we've all been kind of busy, got a lot of stuff going on in life. So it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to catch up. And uh, I want to get your takes on worlds here. So let's dive right into it. I, you you mentioned to me that you wanted to discuss maybe some bigger picture meta thoughts that you have like what so where where do you think the metagame's going for this tournament in general like did you did you want to talk more specifically about any any specific champions specific lane or is this just more a big picture take i think this is more of a big picture take because this is how <clears throat> i'm really going to determine like who's going to do well in this whole world because um i don't know i think that this is actually pretty a pretty big shift for some teams because of player, you know, capabilities, so um, for some reason Riot loves to start making it like a bot-centric meta world, and it's I don't know why, but it's their fascination of like for like hard 80 carries just to pop off, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, I think they're playing on tat- patch 10.19 yeah. is what it is, and so like, I mean, they like literally above like Aphelios they made, you know, they nerfed the Caitlyn, but like she's not competitive with like Ash, and then you can counter that with Jin. Um, Kaisa got hella buffed again. You know, you got your comfort and easy, and then uh, who else? Santa oh, still, then, still a player. She got, so she got. Player. Those nerfs were pretty big for her, but I like the champion is just so powerful. You're gonna, you're still gonna see her. Yeah, and then you have uh, Zyra Khan that's making another big return. Like all these, like. Bali champions, even like some supporters are just like getting these bu- huge buffs, and you know, um, all thing all year long we've just seen the mid mid jungle duo. Um, but I don't know. I think I just think that with all these buffs and stuff like that for uh, this new patch, I think Riot's really trying to push. You know, like I said, a bot heavy like you know game. So I think that's what I'm looking forward to. I mean, not saying like you know the mid laner is going to be like. Dominant. I mean, you still got like Oriana, your LeBlancs. Um, you know, even though like Azir got like nerf, you know, or like Syndra. Yeah, you're gonna see that. Some people pull out the Lucian mid, but like 
you know, you'll see the EU guys probably maybe pull out, like, Tristana mid, you know, I love seeing those. I mean, you know, then you got your, like, weird assassin, like, yeah, like, you know, your Cassidy and the Kali, but really depends on it. But I don't know, I don't know, I think just with how, like, with, like, even, like, the item builds, like, the Zeo items are just, like, insanely broken right now. So, like, with, I don't know, man, Phantom Dancers, bot lane man just bot lane jungle bot lane and we'll see that again so i think i think a lot of what happens is, it's weird it's maybe it's going to be a good thought experiment this year because i think in previous years we've seen like direct buffs to try to push like 80 carry meta you know like whether it's it, it was hyper carries or just like lane dominance stuff. like we've seen direct buffs to kind of push certain champions into the meta game before in, for bottom lane this year, I don't think it's necessarily that. They've kind of, like, leveled the playing field. Like, they didn't nerf Caitlyn off the face of the earth. No. Right? Like, you're still going to see Caitlyn. If, if for nothing else, then it's what teams have been playing for three months. So, and, like, the nerfs matter for her specifically because she's kind of, like, the stat check AD carry compared to all the other ones, right? But you're still going to see her. You're still going to see Senna. You're still going to see Ash. You're still going to see Kalista. Jin is still going to be there. Like... They haven't really. You're maybe a little bit more Kaisa here and there. You're not going to see anything really new. Maybe Vayne is like the real spicy one because those buffs were pretty big. But yeah, the Vayne, the, the R. Yeah, you're right. But um, I think a lot of times what ends up happening is that the world's meta shifts this way as like a combination of buffs, like Riot kind of pushing it in that in that direction, and teams just playing safe, solid. Like, the most basic fundamental way to play League of Legends is to play through your bottom lane. Through your bottom lane, Like, yeah. you get your, get your squishy carry fed because they're the most exposed and they're the ones that do the most when you give them the resources. So, it just makes sense. Like, that's the most logical way to... It's like the most basic, simple way to play League of Legends is, like, two core or, like, two and a half core, like, protect the carry. It's, it's the first thing any team learns, the first thing anybody knows how to do in organized play. So, there's, like, a certain comfort that comes back with that, too. So, I think the combination of those things, plus, like, the big stage and everything contributes to that for sure. It's going to be interesting to see this year if that ends up being the case. So, like, I think you're the first person that really thinks that, that we've that we've talked to. We've, a lot of people seem to think it's going to be... We've heard, we've heard a little bit of everything. I, I, we've heard people say it's going to be top-centric metagame because all the all the counterpick tops are relevant, right? Uh, maybe jungle. Like, I, I, to me, I think it's still going to be like jungle and support are, are going to define everything. And, you know, kind of in a weird way, that's going to be through the bot lane as well. I just don't think it's specifically through AD carry. But, it, it, it's yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. I, so many people have so many different thoughts about how this is going to shake out. Which I think has been kind of a cool thing talking to everybody. So, yeah, it's cool to get, definitely cool to get your thoughts on that one too. So, let's see. Um, any other big picture thoughts? You want to dive right into this? Let's just dive right in. All right, cool. Ready. So, play in stage. Uh, we have Group A is, uh, I, I'll just go in order here. We have uh, Team Liquid, Mad Lions, Supermassive, Legacy, and INTZ. Uh, just gut check. Who's getting out of this group, and and why do you think they're getting out of this group? Well, who's and so? Who do you think gets first? Oh, so okay. So I think Mad gets first. I think that's kind of the shocking answer here. Uh, you know, they're just they've been you know they've been good all season. Uh, compared to like you know INTZ or whatever, but I don't know. Mad's drafts, they're good cards. I mean, their whole player is so good. Like they know how to play the game. You know, they know how to scale one. They know how to play the early game objective control. You know, and they're in a region that, you know, it sucks because they're playing against a rogue team that was 
surprise not want to say surprisingly good, but like you know they came out of nowhere, played yeah. really clean. You know they had to play teams like G two and Fnatic to get here, Origin. You know like I mean it's it's tough, it's tough, and you know they finally make it made it here, and you know overall I'm. It's, it's a solid group for them, you know. Yeah. They shouldn't be scared of anyone. Yeah, I think the interesting thing with Mad is is a lot of people are pointing to the slump they had, kind of in the second half and in playoffs. Like, I, I, we'll say a slump when real. Like the reality of the situation is like, yeah, they weren't as dominant as they were all year, but maybe there's some amount of people figuring them out a little bit. Maybe there's some amount. Of, I mean, you got to remember too; these teams just scrim against each other for eight months straight, so eventually you kind of yeah. get solved or figured out a little bit or to some extent, like yeah, how many new tricks can you really pull out? Right. Mm-hmm. So I think it was kind of that. And then, you know, there's a bunch of strong teams in Europe. So they didn't really like have any embarrassing losses. Like the rogue loss was, you could say was embarrassing, but like rogues a good team. So I don't, you know, I, I never hold it against anybody if they get three owed by a good team, even like, like elite teams, you know? Yeah. So, Mad are kind of a really interesting thing. They've been one of the more polarizing teams that uh, they've been one of the more polarizing teams just in general going into this tournament. Because there's some people that are just not buying them at all. There are some people like me that are like I'm kind of more hesitant, right? Because it's a bunch of rookies. They've never played international league before. They didn't have the MSI experience, like the warm up that we usually get, right? Like the, just that taste of what it's like. So they're going in here like cold turkey, which is a little concerning. And then especially given that they haven't traveled at all all year, I think that could be – I mean, that could be a, a, a good thing for them. It could be a boon or it could be just a big problem for them. So, I, I like, almost nothing with Mad would surprise me, to be honest. But I, I do think there's a good chance to get out of this group. We've seen good – like, they've had good mental fortitude. The way they played that G2 series earned a ton of respect for me. I've gone over it a bunch of times already, but – I think I think Mad are I mean Mad are the batting favorites to get out of this group too, not by much, but uh, I think I think more people than not have said Mad. Yeah, I mean if you just look at the other team, uh, you know, like uh, that legacy team, they're a bunch bunch of new guys as well. Um, super massive, they got just got a lot of dudes, you know, a lot of old faces that we've seen. I think three you know, out of five have been there before, and then think, like one other was on the bench. I think four. one was on the bench. I think maybe it was. Kakao was on the bench. No, well, he, I mean, he was all. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure there were all there besides maybe Armit. Yeah, but... besides, yeah, I mean, uh, Armit was there like two years ago. I think Bal- yeah, Balulu, the mid laner, is the only one. Yes, that, yes, the only yes, one yes. that hasn't been there, I think. So and so, I mean, and then you know, Team Liquid. You know, you have Core. You know, Brox yeah. and Jensen. And yeah, you have one. You have one, and all, all the interesting thing with Liquid is all of them have been there multiple times besides yeah. Tactical. So. Yeah. Yeah, I I do think the experience narrative is a, is a little bit overstated, I think, but it is worth pointing out that you should kind of just keep it in mind if and don't be surprised if there's like some kind of self-destruct, you know. I also know that this is like a huge it's funny because it's like we're talking about like world's experience yeah. and it sucks because I just feel like I know it's there's a little bit more pressure on you because it's worlds, but like you're also not playing in front of like 25k fans you yeah, know what i mean yeah so i feel like if they can i mean you just walk out you just see noah i feel like it was just a little bit more common to know that all right it's just us playing on stage that's just really it you yeah. know every, you know even though you know the world's uh watching you through you know your youtube or whatever you know but it's i feel like it's still not the same as you know having yeah. the crowd there feeling that impact you know yeah, it's almost like there's gonna be a big asterisk next to this whole season i think it's kind of like it feels bad saying that, but I do think there's something to it. Um, so do, who's so you think Mad's getting out first? Who's getting out 
so we could conceivably have three teams from either of the groups get out and one team from the other. Um, that is a thing that could happen here. Uh, we'll get into Group B in just a second, but you th- you think Mad are getting out first? Yes. Um, okay, let's we'll touch on Group B and then we'll come back and and touch on who we think the third and fourth teams are going to be. Group B is uh, LGD, Paris Saint Germain, Talon, Rainbow Seven, Unicorns of Love, and V3 Esports. So who's getting out first in this one? I think this has been like the the mega chalk. Yep, my boys, LGD from the LPL. Love them. I mean, come on, guys. Like, this is a no-brainer. I, I mean, like, Peanut, GA's been playing great. Kramer's finally gaining his, his 80k uh, buffs that he wants. Uh, he's not gonna be a degenerate like he was all season. Just, kinda just chilling from the side, you know. Um, it's good. It's just, I mean, it was honestly good to see GA, like, step it up. Yeah. Um, playing all these mage and this, mages and doing well on them and then playing these assassin roles. And just helping carry the team with Peanut, you know, being more stability than he was on uh, on uh, WE. You know, it was good for him to play that. And then, um, what's it called? Lang X. Um, another guy who we've all been high on, you know, the entire year. Um, I, I definitely wasn't, for what it's worth. Just for the record. <laughs> Let the record show that I was not high on Lang G. I, 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 I love him still. You know, we know how he can play. You can still carry games. You can play weak side fine. You know, um, you know, I don't. He was he was a little inconsistent, but I still believe in the dude. You know, he's got some pop off games, and you know, I mean, I'm not saying this is like a really hard thing. I mean, LGD all the way, right? All right. So let so let me I'll, let me put it to, to you this way because everyone said LGD, or for the most part, everyone said LGD. It's just different, varying degrees of confidence, right? So, like, what's the percentage chance that LGD win this group? Because I think that matters, um. and we'll go over, we'll go over that in a second. But I think that actually matters. Ninety five percent. Ninety five percent. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think it's way less than that. I think they're. I think they deserve to be favored, and they're probably going to get out as the number one seed just based on strength of you know competition and all that. And I think just because of the teams that they got in their group, I think if they had like. I think if they had Mad or Liquid, it would be a little more interesting. But I do think some of these teams could challenge them. And, I mean, you know from watching LGD this season, like, this team just no-shows for, like, weeks on end. So it almost wouldn't surprise me. And and the other thing is, like, they don't – they need such a big lead in games to not be at risk of, like, beating themselves with a throw. They do it all the time. Against good teams, against bad teams, against mediocre teams, doesn't matter. If they don't have, like, at least a 2,500 gold lead, like, you know – at 20 minutes or like something bigger than that i'm not confident they're gonna win the game because they are not clean from a macro perspective right no they are for i mean honestly what i've been calling them is like they're essentially like the big dumb barbarian right like this team is not tactical like they are not tactful whatsoever like they just they peanut is so good at getting them ahead that they don't need and i think i've been kind of calling lgd like season 10 incarnate Right, yeah, they are yeah. season ten the team because your macro doesn't matter nearly as much. All it is is about getting a lead and just tunnel visioning on Drakes, and you win the game that way. And then, unless you're, if you're one of the truly exceptional teams, you can kind of break those rules and do the stuff that like Damwon and, and JDG and some of these other teams are doing. But like for the most part, that's what it is, right? You get ahead, you're not losing the game most of the time. That's just the way it's been this season, and. LGD just so happen to be very good at getting ahead. So they're good at the one thing that matters, 
but like it's it's just so hard to trust them because they can literally just lose at any given time. So I'm a little bit lower on LGD. I would not be surprised if they don't finish first in this group, but it's pretty tough for me to imagine them not getting it's, getting through. It's you know from from that standpoint, I agree because like. So like that talent team, they've always they've been to worlds like probably like, the whole squad, either either is on this team or previous teams. They've all yeah. been to worlds. I think I think, think Kai Wing's the only one. The support player is the only one that yeah. hasn't been. And so the the whole thing with talent is like I, like the whole roster move situation, right? Yeah. And I'm kind of I've I've kind of been preaching that I think I kind of like the unknown factor here. I think they upgraded in mid and jungle. But I also think that I think they upgraded, but it's also a much different style than what Tank and River played with them. Mm-hmm. But they were also kind of shifting toward not being that control team as much and like trying to show different looks like as the playoffs went along, which is part of why I think they lost in the finals, by the way. But uh, I think this could be like a blessing in disguise for this team. But then they announced the unified news, too. And I'm like, God, not another one. Like, yeah, that was a big hit for me. If if Unified probably would have played, I'd be a little bit more confident in PSG, yeah. and to actually be able to hang with LGD. But now that the whole thing happened, you know, I kind of moved LGD up, and then with Rainbow Seven and V3, they're all like new guys, anyways. Guys, V3 is a whole new team. Like those are just all rookies. PSG or Rainbow Seven, you know, we've seen that work before. Mm-hmm. You know, they had me one guy who probably went who had world experience. And then you have Unicorns of Loves who, same thing, new players, you know, from E-Masters. Well, and... so so Unicorns are bringing back three people that were here last year. The same yeah. top trio are coming back. It's just a new bottom lane. So, yeah. Okay, well, so if that's the so it seems like you're a little lower on Talon. I kind of think Talon, the, the hip pick for most people has been Unicorns of Love to get out second in this group just because they were so dominant domestically. But we've kind of had a little bit of everything. I'm kind of on the fence. I, I think... I'm intrigued by Talon, so I, I I like Talon getting out here. But so if you think LGD and Mad are getting out with the first seeds, right? Yeah. We can potentially have three teams from one group or three teams from the other. Who who are the other two teams that are getting out of group stage into Worlds? Because you remember we have like this cross group best of five situation now. So who's getting out of group stage? Yeah. So obviously so LGD and Mad. Who are the other two teams? You think? Um. I don't know if you, NA's going to flame me for this one, but I don't think TL's going to get out, to be honest with you. All right, so, so, I love Super Massive, bro. I okay. I know it sounds it sounds kind of dumbfounded, but you know people can flame me all they want. But I've watched a good amount of Super Massive games, and they've actually been really good. Um, I know, obviously, everybody didn't finish, like, respectively at the top, you know, top finish first or anything, but, like, Kakao and Balulu were actually just smurfing yeah, so hard really in the good. region. And I'm like, is this like the rejuvenation of Kakao? <laughs> is he coming back? You know what I mean? Yeah, and I don't know. It, 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 like, he was dangerous. So I was, that's why I'm a little more high. So their mid jungle is, is so good. Like their synergy is so good. And then the picks that they, they, their drafts are just so good. You know, like they can have like different, they have like they have their own comfort picks, but they also play like wacky stuff, you know, so, wacky drafts. And so it sounded with, like you like Super Massive to get out of this group. So Madden Super Massive, right? Yeah. 
You yep. have, and then how about uh, it doesn't need to be two and two either. Remember, like you think Liquid get out? I don't think get, I'm I don't trying to think of how the matchups would pan out. I, I I I think I think right. Does Liquid get out? Yeah. Um, man, I don't know. It's hard for me to trust Li- Liquid for now, and I'm not in any truth. I honestly think any of this year. Not that good. Not that good. Not that good. Not, yeah. We've seen how NA was all year, you know, and they they just don't change anything. They literally do not change any play style. Their drafts are so basic, um, and they're just hard stuck on just picking, like, Aphelios, Thrash, that's it. Aphelios, yeah. Thrash, and then you put freaking Jensen on, like, I don't know, like, I don't, like LeBlanc or something. I don't know. Like, then Broxa can't play, like, He's, he was actually not that good on Graves. He was not yeah. good on Nidalee. And so what kind of, you know, I mean, all you have is impact who plays, who can play, you know, mitigate any lane pressure. That's, that's what I, you know, think. And with some of these teams who play super aggressive, it's hard for me to, unless like they really botch, botch it up, you know, like in their early game. That's where TL can shine when just, just yeah. punish them. That's kind of like the NA teams to me is that like, they'll beat you if you screw up. It's yeah. just a matter of if you do that or not. So. Okay, so you think super ma- mad LGD super massive? Who's the fourth team? Because that's going to matter for moving on. Unicorns, baby. All right, unicorns, you're go with unicorns. Okay, so yeah. if that's the case, then our group draw would be Group A would be G two Machi Suning, and then either super massive or unicorns of love in this group. Yeah, uh, who's getting out of Group A? It'd be G2, Machi, Suning, and then either UOL or Supermassive. Is the play-in team going to get out of this group? Like, is, no. is UOL or Supermassive getting out of this group? But Suning's going to get out of this group. Okay. Um, Suning is... Two teams get out of this group, right? Yeah, so two teams G2, get out of each of the groups. Yeah. G2 and Suning, yeah. So I think G2 comes in first, then Suning comes in second. Uh, these are best of, best of ones. Well, it's double round robin best of ones, so they'll play best six games ones. total each. Okay. So yeah, I think with how G two is used to best of ones, I think that they'll probably come out of first. Uh, historically, EU has been really good at coming out of first in groups, anyways. Um, so yeah, so I think G two will come out of first, and then Suning will come out of second. Got it. G two and Suning. Uh, Group B, we've got Damwon, JDG, Rogue, and then either Supermassive or Unicorns of Love here as well. The whichever <coughs> one is in, in group A. Uh, is the playing Damon. team getting out of this group? <laughs> no, not this group. Damn uh, one how many games do you think Rogue get? Alright, let me rephrase that. Do Damwon or JDG lose any games to Rogue or the playing team? Damwon, no. I can see JDG losing one game. Okay. One game. So um, like the over-under would be like a half game for both those teams? Yeah, so I mean, teams. it would just be like JDG like just to... Lose early game, you know. What I, I mean? can see Rogue really... beating them. Honestly, I think Rogue is legitimately good. I think people just refuse to respect this team. Like it doesn't. I feel like it doesn't matter what they do. People are just going to refuse to think they're good. I do think Finn's I... going to be a liability at this tournament, but like, I what, think like, what else do you want man. them to do? They're good. Like, I, I mean, they are good. I mean, I mean, they, they've been great. Larson's been great. They've been the best uh... early game team in Europe, and the broadcast <laughs> keeps touting them as this late game control team. It's like no. Those guys, they're by far the best early game in Europe. Like, that narrative just drove me nuts all season. It's because they don't want to see them win. It's just yeah. because they don't want to see, they just praise G2 and Fanatic. That's yeah. all they, and mad. That's why the rogue's just hidden. But 
I mean, because, you know, JDG likes to play mid to late, and yeah. if Bro can get on out early, you know, it puts a lot of pressure. It really depends on Kanavi and, to be honest, their bot lane. You so know? you do think Rogue can get a game here? Probably. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, against, against the top two. Yeah, JDG. But it's going to be Dan 1 and JDG, right? Out of this yeah, group. that's... We've been calling so it the group of death. <laughs> it's group B, that group B of death, right? Uh, group C, interesting. Uh, group C's been the most polarizing one. Uh, we have Fnatic, Gen G, Team Solo Mid, and LGD would be auto-locked into this group if they get out of play-ins. So... This group's been interesting, and I'll, I'll say this to you real quick. Like, the the most interesting part of this group is that everyone's had this this weird opinion, or not weird opinion. Everyone's had a different, um, like, I guess it's like a like a pers- like a perspective on this whole thing, like big picture, right? Uh, you have some people that think that there's a clear number one, right? Some people think there's a clear number one, and then two teams battling it out for the second seed, and then a clear number four. Other people think there's a clear number four, and then the top three are battling it out. And then other people still think that there's a clear one, and the bottom three is anybody's ballgame. I'm the last one. I think Gen G are clearly getting out of this group. I think they're the best team in this this group by, by a long shot. So I think they're definitely getting out. And I think legitimately that it's anyone's ballgame for the bottom three. I think TSM are weirdly well positioned here. Because I think Bjergsen's the second best mid laner in this group. Dude, Spika has been smurfing yeah, hard. I know, I know. Well, that's Holy the other thing, too. Dude. So here's the challenge, right? So TSM had the edge with Bjergsen, right? Against, like, well, they, I'll give them the edge against ZA and Nemesis, right? Definitely against Nemesis. You can make an argument for ZA. I think he's he's a little overrated, although he's been playing really well recently. Um, The question is Spika, right? New guy, as good as he's been, he has to play against self-made Clid and Peanut in this group. Yeah, that's, that's challenging. I I do think self-made's great, and self-made, you know, he's he's not your typical like no, like normal like he's a uh, jungler who's he's so like <laughs> whose pathing is always the same, who kind of just plays these comf- like like safe jungle, like safe tanky jungles. Carried, you know, he dude. he could, yeah, exactly. And so you know, when you have guys who can play. The jungles who can play carry carry jungles, it's it's dangerous because you know they're it's just it's tough it's tough. I don't know. I think Speak is up for it. Yeah. I think he's I I was like really high on him coming into TSM. Like a hundred percent was on him. Loved him in academy. Um, you know he's 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 these young guys, bro. Yeah. I'm telling you, he kind of he kind of turned me turned turned a leaf for me. Like because I I I to me he was the question mark. Like going into this season, I was like, okay, if he's just passable, this team's gonna be good just because the players are good. All he needs to do is not be a liability, right? And he was. Like, he just continued to impress me. He continued to to improve. By by playoffs, he was carrying. Like, oh, as yeah. good as Bjergsen was, he was carrying a lot of these games. So, oh, yeah. Uh, I, I do think he's legit. I think it's going to be interesting to see him against, like, this level of jungle talent. Because I, I think NA has some decent jungling, but, like, it, nothing remotely close to this. Like, nobody's remotely close to this level. So... So, so, so this, do you view so? So, how do you view like, like in terms of the perspective on this group? Like, do do you think it's a clear number one, or do you think it's like? So uh, what's for, funny is hot take, hot take, boys. Hey, here yeah. we go. <laughs> so Genji, clear number one, hundred percent team stack, team and stack. Number two and three are pretty are pretty. So two, three, four are pretty close, okay? Yeah, so you're but, in the same boat as me then. Right? Yeah, so this is how I rank my two, three, four, okay? So to be honest, it really depends on how, how LGD shows up. And I 
this is this is funny. Any any NA can honestly love me for this one. I think TSM makes it out of this group. Yeah. I think TSM goes two. LGD goes three. Fnatic goes four. Yeah. I really and I because I think this is the reason why is because my my uh the way that I perceive how the meta is going to be at Worlds, where I think Core JJ is way better than Hillisang, and uh, Tactical has been really good. He's he's shown to be the ability to play everything. Um, you know, I'm not saying Reckless is bad. I mean, Reckless is, Reckless is always going to oh, be Reckless. Cro- you cross off Liquid and TSM. But yeah, like I, I get what you're saying. Like the TSM bottle. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, the TSM bottle. No, my bad. Double Lift and uh, what's the name? Bio um, Frost. Bio. Yeah, Double Lift and Bile, really good. You know, they've all had stage experience. And, you know, like, Double, Double Lift is, you know, has been playing all these different champions. You know, he's not that selfish player he used to be that all he plays, like, two, three carries and then goes to Worlds, gets banned out, and then just shits the sheets. Yeah. You know? Like, he's he's rejuvenated himself. He's reinvented himself into being a full, like, 80 carry. Dude, Cal, you and I are in the same lineman in this group. I did Genji <laughs> and Solomid also. What the fuck, yeah. dude? This is crazy. <laughs> I right. dude, this team is special, dude. I'm telling you. I know, like, I flame NA so hard, but TSM, man, they're 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 good. Broken play can play play anything. You can play weak side. You we'll can see. Play the kick. We're gonna have to see on this one because this has been by far the most polarizing group. Like doing all these interviews with everybody, so I think the next one's a little less interesting. So we'd have Dragon X, Top Esports, FlyQuest, and then this would be Mad Lions in this group. So for most people, this has been a question of like. How spicy does Mad Lions make this group? If Mad Lions are playing like peak Mad Lions form, like hyper confident, they could make this interesting. Uh, I don't. That that's that's been kind of like the prevailing thought process. I think everybody has said Dragon X and Top Esports getting out of this group. I don't think yeah. anyone said Mad Lions or FlyQuest. Yeah, I agree with that. I think this one's kind of just boring. It's just mid gap. Yeah, uh, I, I think what's interesting here is like this is a lot like Group B where you have two juggernauts at the top, and then it's just unfortunate that Mad got put into this group. But I also think that like Mad in a similar situation to Rogue, like if they're playing at the top of their game, they could they could steal games off these teams. Like they could make this interesting. Like I could see this group end up being like you know double four twos, and then DRX and top have to play a tiebreaker or something like that. But yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. But. I yeah. think FlyQuest, FlyQuest and Mad are in this. FlyQuest, I think, is in a weird spot because I, I do think they're good and I think they can punish you if you make mistakes. But I think Solo, as good as he's been, guy deserves credit. He's been an absolute stud weak side player, but like, he's just gonna be he's gonna be up against it in this tournament with the with the top meta the way it's gonna be. Like, you're not just gonna be able to park him on Orn and Gangplank every game. You're just not gonna be able to get away with it. So, no. Uh, do you think Dragon X or Top get out first, or do you think it's like could go either way? Dude, I think Top gets out first. Okay, yeah, I think that's reasonable. Yeah. All right, so we're not going to do any of the crazy bracketology or anything like that. Uh, We're just going to go, like, just right to it. Who's winning Worlds this year? (sighs) Obviously, we don't know the matchups yet. We don't know how the brackets Um, are going to pan out. But just right now, who's winning Worlds? My boys, JDG. JDG. Ding dong gaming, baby. Uh, love them, dude. Love them. They're Kanavi, the best jungle in the entire world. I don't care. Canyon, I don't, I don't care about Canyon. Kanavi's really good. I don't, give it to you. I don't care about Clid. I don't care about anyone else. Kanavi's so good. Kanavi yeah. is great. And then Yugao, you know, he's always solid. The bot lane is so sick. 369 is the best, probably 
<laughs> tank player in Worlds right now. Yeah. That's all he does is play his tanks. I mean, yeah. just put him on Orn duty, and that's fine. Let him carry. So, so if you had to pick a dark horse for the tournament, it would be. Sooning. Like, so, yeah, so, yeah, alright, so Sooning have been kind of like, dude, Sooning have been like the prevailing, like, dark horse pick for everybody. Because, like, it, it doesn't take that much for this to go well for them, right? They no, have, I would say, a relatively easy group, right? Like, they're gonna have, G, G2's the hard competition in this group. They'd have Machi and then either, like, a play-in team or, like, maybe Liquid would be in this group, right? So they have a fairly easy group compared to some of these other ones. Uh, really, all this comes down to is the metagame. If if the mid lane metagame is in a place where Angel not being as good as as the Knights and the Caps and the you know Trophies of the world, right? If yeah. it's a metagame where that doesn't matter as much as some other ones have, then this team is just as good as everyone else. Like the other four players, Sooning. Outside of Angel, Sooning are, like, a world-class team. They're, like, bona fide good. They're legitimately studs at every single position, right? And I, I think particularly – I think Bin and SOFM are being criminally underrated in this tournament. I was about to say, They, they, they hard-carried this team to such a ridiculous extent that as good as Huan Fang is, he didn't even need to do shit this season because oh. like, those two were just going ballistic every game. So I, I think the path to Sooning – getting, you know, doing well in this tournament is as simple as does, can Angel just play the cancel game or can he just go even or handshake mid? That's all he, that's all that needs to happen. And it's pretty easy for a metagame to shape up that way, right? If the metagame ends up just being quirky as zero every game, it's not going to matter that Angel's not as good as Knight. You know what I'm saying? So I don't think that's unrealistic. So I like Sooning as a Dark Horse as well. So I'm, I, they were my, they were my pick for this as well. I think the odds are just like way too much on them too, like 23 to 1 or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So Sooning, Sooning, Sooning. I mean, coming, coming like, who are the chalkier picks? Like Gen G, Damwon, you know what I mean? Yeah. Is so there... like the Dark Horse, it's mostly been people. I, th I think the highest one that people have picked is G2, who are like the fifth or sixth team, like favorite team. But a lot of people, we've seen, it's a little bit of everything, but a lot of people like are liking Sooning here. So. Yeah. Oh, they're looking good, man. All right, so we did um, – I kind of, like, put the tournament MVP pro like question out there as, like, you can kind of take this whichever direction you like. Uh, we had some people say, like, the actual who they think the Riot tournament MVP is going to be. We had some people say who's the most valuable to their team regardless of if they win. Uh, who do you think is maybe just an interesting player to watch this tournament? Doesn't even need to be an MVP, just someone that you're keeping an eye on that you think is, is interesting for whatever reason. Or uh, maybe maybe just, yeah, like along the same lines, like maybe a player on some team that you don't think has a chance to win this that is just going to be interesting to watch for you. Uh, pick pick one and just go for it. All right. Um, I guess. <laughs> and I wish I wish, I wish Gigabyte Marines were in here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have a player on that, on that team that I was actually really hyped about, but, you know, save them for next year, I guess, whatever. Um, but, I mean, it's got to be Kanavi. Yeah. It has to be. For me, you know, I'm a huge Kanavi stan. Um, love the guy, dude. He's just so damn good, man. He's so damn good. Dude, he how good so would hard. the redemption story be after all the shit he went through last year? Exactly. To get through, and if you want to do the true like Hollywood storyline, he's gonna stick his middle finger up to CV Max. Yeah, I was gonna say that would be the truth. Now, to be fair, to be fair, it wasn't CV Max necessarily; no, it was the management. Still, but yeah. it would be kind of like. 
a little bit like that. I don't know. It could be could be interesting. He's, he's just gonna be just like flipping the bird at everyone, be like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. We've had so the the people to win the tournament. It's pretty much just been three teams. Uh, it's been it's been JDG, Damwon, and Top Esports have been like uh, no, nobody said anybody else. So, uh, I do think like Genji and Dragon X and G two honestly should be in that conversation too. I think there's to me there's like a clear top six. And then, like, if the meta's right, I think Sooning are, like, the seventh team, right? Yeah. To me, like, it's it's a six-team or seven-team race to me. I don't think I don't think anybody outside of that really has a shot, but stranger things have happened. It is Worlds, so. I mean, it is. I mean, okay, I'll, I also want to point out that that I think Genji could be a solid Dark Horse as well. I know I, this yeah. is too. This is cheating. This is yeah. cheating. I'm going to make this quick. Uh, dude, they just changed how they play. They, they, their early game is so good now. They're, they're you know, just they're, insanely well-rounded. They're, they're just playing at a really high tempo, and then this whole team just clicks. And we just saw, you know, they can they can speed run teams too if they want yeah. to, just like Dan wants. So. Yeah, I think um, what's what's interesting here is I really do think, like, the top four teams, like I think JDG top, Dan Wan, Genji in no particular order. I think Genji are better than Dragon X, so that, that's my top four. And I think Dragon X and, T- and G2 are kind of, like, not quite – there, yeah, but they could I win agree. it and it wouldn't surprise me. So to me, the, any of those top four are totally live, and it wouldn't surprise me to see any of them. I personally think Dan Wan and Genji are the best teams in this tournament, and like people can call my Korean bias aside all they want, but I'm, I'm just looking at what I see on tape, and I think they're the two best teams here, and I think people are trying to hold the strength of competition argument against them, but the fact of the matter is, like if you look league to league, strength of competition, like good teams are just good. Like, strength competition is like a tiebreaker, if you want to do it that way, right? But ultimately, at the top level like this, especially in, like, the LCK and the LPL, they're both good leagues, right? You could like one or dislike the other. You could think one's better. That's fine. I think nobody's denying that they're both insanely good leagues, right? Just the level of players is ridiculous. So the the elite teams there are doing something right. They're all good. Yeah, I think there's a reason why people are, are a little bit low on Damwon is because they think everyone else kind of just sucks because they just – they yeah. Sped run, sped, they were speed running through teams. Yeah. So they're probably just like, oh man, if Damron's beating teams in 22, 25 minutes, like, does like the LCK suck or what? Yeah. I think that's what people's perception of. Yeah. I think that's, right I think now. people have that perception and I, I kind of think it's disrespectful to Damron in a weird way. Like, I don't think people realize. So if you just pull Damron's stats, I'm going off on a bit of a tangent here, but like, if you just pull <laughs> Damron's stats, if you just, Delete everything that's not the top four teams, and you just look at Dam One against T One, Genji, and Dragon X. They are the best statistical team in the world, still. Yeah. yeah. Still against those teams. What else do you want from these guys? <laughs> like, I don't know. I, obviously, stats aren't everything, and I think like you know I could say that, and th- they're my pick to win this tournament. But I, I and I don't think that's everything, but. I think the top four, the, the, really all these top teams are just absolutely ridiculous. So it, it should be an awesome tournament. We've run pretty long, Cal. We've run really, really Classic. long. Um, Calvin, uh, you can find his material over at Rotorwire. He writes up uh, DFS articles there, right? Yep. And you can find him on Twitter at RulerRsama. Calvin, it was nice talking to you again, man. Nice talking to you too, man. It was a long good, show. Good talking shot. We'll, ha- we'll have to, we'll, we'll, we'll have you back on. We're going to have, we're going to have some fun with this. All right. Sounds good. All right. Take it easy, man. Thanks for, thanks for joining us. And here we are with the regular old crew, the Gold Card Podcast gang here. Uh, we have Josh Roberts at Roberts number 49. Good evening, y'all. 
John George afternoon. at the Esports Plug. How we doing, everybody? And uh, Chris, Pro- uh, Chris Chung at Prime LOL. Hello, everyone. So, uh, yeah, we're probably getting toward the tail end of this extremely long episode. You're probably wondering how we got here. <laughs> um, and here we are with the regular crew. We're just going to give you our thoughts. We, we talked a lot about play-ins last week. And uh, so you can go check out episode 75 for that. Or is it 76? I think it was 76 last week. But you can go check out uh, last week's episode for our more detailed thoughts on play-ins. But I'm kind of – we're just going to go through and do kind of the same thing we've been doing with everyone else. But with the uh, the gold card crew here to get our, uh, our, our, un- our, our official plays, our official selections for the world championship. And then maybe a little fun one too. So – Talked plans last week. Just let's just recap. So, who, John? Who did you have getting out of group? Or getting out of playing groups? I I went with uh, with Mad Lions, Team Liquid, LGD, and Unicorns of Love in the end. Okay, Josh. What about you? You muted. <laughs> I, I have uh, I have talent over Unicorns, but same three as John. Otherwise. Yeah, not too much difference. I think I am leaning uh, unicorns myself. Okay, so and then so me so we have the same three: LGD, Mad, and Liquid. And then Josh and I are on Talon, and Chris and John are on uh, Unicorns of Love. Chris, do you think it's, uh, so? Josh, I'm going to ask you: like, do you think it's like pretty close to a fifty-fifty with unicorns and Talon? Because I'm kind of like in that boat. Yeah, I do. I uh, I think I'm also just like. I need it to be Talon because I, I want NA to get out of groups. So <laughs> I'm just convincing myself it's going to happen. Right. If I say it enough, it'll happen for sure, you know? <laughs> You're not setting yourself up for colossal failure that way. <laughs> not at all. Ignorance is bliss, right? And you look, what's his name from the Matrix just eating the steak? He's like, eating... <laughs> Cypress. I'm, I, I'm speaking it into existence, okay? There we go. <laughs> speaking. Ooh. Ooh, teaser, <laughs> teaser alert there. Okay. All right, cool. So that's who we have getting out of groups. Presumably, Why don't we assume that it's Talon for the sake of our arguments because it makes it easier to do the groups as well. And okay. I think that's a pretty good matchup. So. Okay, cool. So uh, with that said, the groups would then shake out to be um, G2, Machi, Suning, and Liquid, right? Yep. For group A. So who's getting out of group A? Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Uh, I think it's going to be G2 and Sunning. Um, I think Sunning's going to come out first uh, with G2 coming in second. I wouldn't be blown away if, if Team Liquid found a way to get in there, uh, but I think it's going to be Sunning first, G2 second for me. I, I've got uh, Liquid getting second, G2 getting first. Down on Sunning? Uh, I think that Sunning are good, but kind of like we talked about with LGD, I think they, like, it's weird because, like, within the LPL, I thought Sunning were underrated, but now at Worlds, I feel are overrated just because they're from China. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, it may not make that much sense, but I felt like they're underrated within their own league, but on a world stage are a little bit overrated. I think that's reasonable. Chris, what about you? Yeah, I have G2 making out of this easy. Uh, I really want Liquid to get out, but I think eventually it's going to come down to um, just Sunning being 
a much stronger team overall. Um, I've underrated Suning all season split long, and it's just unfortunate that TL has to end up in this group. But actually, I don't think there's any group that they would get out. But yeah, uh, yeah I'll have G2 Suning. I think it's going to be G2 and Suning probably, maybe like to a tiebreaker, honestly. Like, t- I think the argument against Suning is, is Angel, right? Is I think he's kind of the weak link, and I think in this group you have Caps, who's obviously a savage, but I, I kind of think the other mid laners in this group he might be able to hang in there against. Because if you look at the rest of Suning, he's the only real liability on that team. Everyone else on that team has been just nails, like honestly all summer. So I, I kind of think Suning are in a way – they're kind of like – I want to say like better Fnatic, if that makes sense. Like, assume Fnatic's playing, like, at their ceiling, right? Where, like, Hilly's not inting, and Bwipo's, like, got some weird picks that are working for him or whatever. Like, it, it kind of... Like, Suning, I think, like, outside of mid lane, it all works for them. I think they're very, very good. It's just a matter of, can Angel hang or not? And, or can they engineer a way for them to, for it to hide him? Kind of like, you know, Fnatic was doing with Nemesis. I think he's more capable of playing some of the stuff like Zoe, where it's easier to hide him. But... I think that's the biggest question mark with that team. If if that ends up not being that big of a deal and the mid lane pool just ends up being closer to a wash, or like a lot of these like blind like, you know, farming against each other champions, I think Suning are actually allowed to win the tournament. It's just it's hard to say that without knowing you know, without seeing the metagame develop first, right? So I think this is gonna be G two and Suning. But uh I wouldn't rule out honestly I wouldn't rule out Liquid or even Machi. Because we don't I mean G two could also just be, you know, lay an egg. This team does yeah, it wouldn't sometimes. blow my mind if G2 had a, had a bad tournament and dropped out here. I, I I don't think it'll happen, but it wouldn't blow my mind. Doesn't it almost feel like I, I almost feel like it would have been better for G2 to just go through play-ins? Don't they yeah, feel like the kind of yeah, like don't they feel like the kind of team that you'd rather like? Yeah, obviously the one seed's good because you don't have to get put into one of these savage groups, but like they almost feel like a team that would have been better off playing play-ins, right? Just to get some games under their belt. I could see that. So I think that's interesting. So. Yeah, G, uh, only it was G two and Suning for everyone except who had Liquid. J- Josh had Liquid, right? I did. All right, cool. Josh has Liquid. Cool. That's our official Group A selections. Group B will be Damwon, JDG, Rogue. Uh, we said Talon for the sake of argument, right? Yeah, it'll be Talon. Uh, Talon. We'll go, we'll recap with the hypothetical Liquid too in a second. So uh, assume Talon for Group B for now. I'm on Damwon uh, and JDG. Yeah, I think it's it's tough not to predict them. Like, it's not like it's a lock that they're going to come first second, but I think predicting anyone else to come first second is really just trying to get fancy or or see something that's not there. It's pretty tough to predict anybody else to the prediction equivalent of lineup differentiation, right? <laughs> any 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 takes on this one? I guess I guess the real question is like, how close is this? Like, how many games do we think Rogue can get? How many games do we think Damwon and JDG lose? Period. Like against the against Rogue and and uh, Talon in this situation. I think the over under is like point five. So either they don't lose any games or they lose one. I don't. I don't think they lose two. Be like point five juiced over, maybe like minus one fifty to the over or something like that. Yeah, I think probably it's likely that they lose one, but, but probably not more than one. Yeah. Chris, Josh, any thoughts there? I mean, I'm just going to go with whatever my Twitch follower, Honky, said. JDG, damn one, move on. Yeah, I think that's pretty straight up. I think it's 
I think it's f- Dam one five one, JDG four two, Rogue two four, Talon one five. Okay. Well, oh, yeah, so you think Talon got a game to it? Yeah, I, I think there's a chance that we see some of that in this group. Like, I don't think Talon's going to lose every game, but again, we don't know. I think if Talon are good enough to get out of play-ins, that's a good sign for them in terms of, like, they've managed to gel enough to have some cohesion and, like, they should be a respected team at that point. I, I kind of think, like, it's it's a lot to evaluate. We're going to have to look at the games when they play them. But if Talon looks solid coming out of play-ins, I think they're live to upset some people. I don't I don't see them getting out of this group, unfortunately, but I think it could, you know, they'll take a game or two. Here's yeah. a here's a quick question. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Chris. Oh no, it's just quickly. Uh, whoever uh, Talon gets to play first, that would probably be the game I'm looking to that they could get the win because I'll use the R2 to do the meta. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of transitions well into my question uh, to maybe Vince and John. You guys have obviously just have more experience with this stuff, but do you think that playing in play-ins is an advantage or disadvantage? Because uh, obviously, on the one hand, you get more actual stage experience. But on the other hand, you know, you're giving people more recent film. So I think it, it depends. Uh, I think it depends on the team and how linear the team is and who you're playing against as well. Like if it's a team that's just going to not cater their plan too much to you and just kind of some teams, this is just the way it goes, right? Like some teams will prepare a strategy and that's just what they're going to do. Right. Like they just prepare in a vacuum. And especially you see this a lot in, in the Western leagues because this is more suited to best of one, right? Um, which is why I think the best of one regions have sort of a weird advantage in this in this tournament sometimes, because a lot of the Eastern teams, even the LPL, who's historically not exactly the most nuanced in terms of adapting in series, but even the, the LPL teams, they, they get used to being like, okay, we can drop a game, now we know what they're going to throw at us, and we make a small adjustment and, you know, move forward for the next couple games. You saw this is what Korea struggled with for a while is teams would just throw a curveball at them and they would lose a game, but as soon as they saw it, they were fine, right? I think in this specific tournament right now, I think the plans are probably going to be an advantage. Uh, I don't – it's, like, very slight because I think it's kind of – they kind of counteract each other a little bit. I don't know, John, do you feel the same way? Yeah, I feel really similarly to what you said in the, in the sense that, like, teams that only – want to play one or two ways are going to be disadvantaged by everyone getting to see all their film from the play-ins and see what they want to do. Teams that are a little bit more adventurous, I think it it can be a bonus to get ramped up and get ready to go and have some experience against other world's teams in this meta to prepare for real on-stage games. Yeah, I pretty much agree entirely with what you said. I think momentum is definitely a thing, too. I mean, we saw how much that helped a lot of teams this year. LGD, um, Schalke, like there were a couple teams that it was like momentum to get in, and that was it, right? So, um, even Machi to an extent, honestly, they kind of ran hot a little bit. So, I, I I'm kind of with Josh. I think it's like five one four two two four one five kind of situation in this group. Uh, group C: Fnatic, Genji, Solo Mid, and LGD. So for me, Genji gets out first. Uh, this is one of the hardest calls for me between Fnatic and LGD as far as who's going to come second. I'm going to go with Fnatic. I feel like Fnatic does enough bizarre stuff that they can find a way to get some wins in this group. Uh, the only team I really don't see getting out of this group is TSM. I just don't buy it. I, I, I get the mid laner argument that they, they do have a better mid laner than Fnatic and probably a better mid laner than uh, LGD. But I just think the rest of the team is at such a disadvantage. I don't see Solomon getting out of this group at all. Josh, Chris, 
Go ahead, Josh. Yeah, I think this one's going to be a lot closer. Like, I think I, – I actually think this could be a group where we have, like, 4-2-3-3-3-3-2-4 and then have a playoff, uh, personally. Um, or maybe, like, 5-1-3-3-3-3-1-5, something like that. Cause, yeah. But I placing the teams is really hard for me. Like, I kind of think Fnatic gets first. And like Genji and TSM are surprisingly close for some reason. Uh, but like in my head, I know that's wrong. Like I feel like it should be Genji goes 5-1 or, or yeah, 5-1 probably with maybe one loss to Fnatic. And then, uh, or no, this is the LGD group, right? This is LGD. Yeah, oh, the- fudge. Yeah, this is definitely, I think this one's going to be like 4224 Yeah. And that. because of that, I like it's really hard for me to predict, so I'm just gonna say I'm gonna just say Fnatic Gen G, and I don't really know who's gonna be one two, but I, I I feel like this group has a playoff. That's yeah. that's kind of my prediction here. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Um, I, I think uh, in doing these interviews with everyone, the most interesting part about this group is kind of how if you had to like visualize how this group shapes up, everyone kind of had a different take even though everyone thought this was a difficult group to call, which was interesting. So you had some people that thought it was like three teams like battling for first and second, and then one team definitely not doing anything. Some people had one clear top, one clear bottom, and the two in the middle they just didn't know. Uh, I kind of think, to me, I think Gen G clearly get out of this group, and the other three, it's a slugfest. I think it's like maybe like 40, 40, 20 for the other three, like for LGD, Fnatic, and TSM, TSM being the 20 in that case. Maybe, maybe more than that. Maybe it's like 35, 35, 30 or something like that. I, Cause I kind of think that might end up being closer than people think, but it's interesting to see like, like how does, how does this shape up for you? Is this, is this like one clearly bad team and then three competitive teams or one, one and, or one, two and one or, or how does it shape up for you? For me, it's a, it's a one on top, one on bottom, and then who knows what's going to happen in the middle. I think Genji is the best team, TSM's the worst, and then Fnatic and, and LGD could kind of go either That's way the for question me. Mark, right? Josh, what about you? I think it's surpri- going to be surprisingly close. Uh, just I don't know. Like I understand and know, like in my heart of hearts, that Genji is just a better team, but like I I don't know, man. Bjergsen is just like, I, how do you doubt him right now? Yeah. I don't know. Like he's just backpacking so hard. That's dude, and it I, feels like I don't think TSM are like yeah. that unlikely to knock it out of this group. And like I just double negative, like yeah. crazy. But like, I really, I really think they're they're totally live to get out of this group because like they have the. I do think they have the best mid laner there. I think LGD can lay an egg sometimes. A fanatic, it's like. I don't yeah. know what the hell goes on with that team a lot of the time. Like they look good, but they could easily look like they did for most of this season too. So I would I would almost go so far as to say I'd be more surprised if LGD made it out than TSM. Which is just Wow. Okay, so you're like way down on them. Like and I'm the LG, no, I'm the LGD hater here. It's like it's like if things go normal, then it should just be Gen G and Fnatic. But like if any if anything crazy is going to happen, I feel like the TSM play style being top centric is something that is harder for teams to get used to. Yeah. In a short setting, so that's why I would say their stealing is a little bit higher, just because they play weird stuff. Chris, what do you think on this group? 
Yeah, I, I'm surprised that uh, Josh kind of put into words what I was thinking because this group actually was my shower thought. It's like I couldn't figure this out. This is really hard. For me, it's like when I saw the lowest point that Fnatic played this season, they could just lose to anyone. I mean, this is like Inting Hillisang and yeah. uh, Reckless not being his normal self. Now, can it be because they're adjusting to self-made? Uh, maybe. Oh, oh wait, no, this is not TL's group. I wish TL was in this group for some reason. He gets TL and gets to play. I mean, Brox is a play against Fnatic. That would have been. In any sick. case, <laughs> um. LGD will have his shot. Genji is the clear favorite, but if crazy stuff can happen, this is the group you guys already mentioned. I could even see a point where Genji is like second. They're getting out for sure. Yeah. Uh, but finishing second and then having the slugfest between these fanatics upside is high. I I just haven't seen that since Caps left yeah. that team and at the international stage. But it's it's one year. Give it that. TSM is always looks great. In LNA, come to Worlds. I I don't know. It's hard to explain. I guess in my mind is if TSM plays the way they play, and Fnatic just takes a step back, then I can see TSM getting over a Fnatic. Mm-hmm. LGD is a wild card for me. We didn't really like them how they like got through the gauntlet. I don't think we gave them too much of a chance, but they just they made it. They they got through, and so they're. Um, yeah, man, this is hard to figure out. But Genji a lot get out for sure. I can't. I am having a hard time picking the second one. I don't want to go chalk, so I'm going to say LGD is my okay. favorite to get out. So you, so you kind of see it like the same way I do, where like there's one clear number one, and then the other three, it's pretty pretty close. Like it could go any way. That's that's been like the most revealing thing about all this is like everyone sees this group. Like everyone says that this is the hard group to call, but everyone has like a different big picture perspective of this group, which has been kind of interesting to to hear for sure. So, um, just real quick down the board again, it was uh, I- I'm on I'm on I'm on Gen G and ugh, man, I didn't say mine. I dude, I. I really do think DSM are going to get out of this somehow. I, it, it's not going to make sense, but uh, somebody look for a new host. Look for a new host. Yeah, I guess we'll, we'll put it out there, dude. I don't know, man. Like, where's the advan? Like, where's the advantage? Like, where's the severe advantage for these other teams? Like, I guess like self-made speaker is a big gap, right? Peanut speaker could be a big gap. I think Fnatic's bot lane is a huge gap against TSM too. I think TSM. Yeah, I'm probably just gonna go with LGD. I just hate LGD. Like I, I, the thing with LGD is like, just like in a vacuum, they should probably be the second team out of this group. Just in terms of like the quality of like they're playing well right now, which I think is important. Um, Obviously, they've had a month of downtime or whatever, but they're coming in playing the best they've played all season. I don't like the team. I, I know that they can just like no show. If they no show, I think it's anyone's ball game. But they should get. Out. I'll, I guess I'll just say Gen G and LGD. I'll chalk it up. I, no, yeah. you don't know. I'll, I'll go ahead. I'm just, I'll put myself out there. I'll say Gen G and Solomid. I'll do it. We have a quick question by Honky Fu Honky, our buddy Fu Honky. Uh, does Magic Felix make a difference for Fnatic if he's playing instead of Nemesis? I think what's weird about this whole ordeal is obviously he's over there killing it on the super server, right? But he's always a solo queue god. And you're telling me that we have a guy... I, I hope it... Like, look, if it happens, 
And he shows up, and he shakes this, you know, proverbial monkey off of his back that he's had struggles with his whole career with the, the nerves and the stage nerves and all that. And he just shows up on the biggest stage and, like, completely blanks everything and, and like, he's just there and, and does it. That would be the feel-good story of the whole tournament to me. Like, really. The big problem, like, the big problem for me is I think, actually, it could be a difference maker. I think Magic Felix is really good. I think this is a good meta for him. Yeah. Like you say, he's a solo Q superstar. Uh, the thing for me is I just don't think there's any chance he's playing. Unless yeah, I, I don't think so either. Gets sick or something like that. I don't think there's any chance they're going to take out the guy that was with them all year and take a risk at Worlds like maybe that. Maybe they go I could be wrong, or but... something, and they yeah, just I, feel like I, they need to throw a Hail Mary. Yeah, I could be wrong, but it just this doesn't feel like a spot to me where they're going to take a risk and put Magic Felix in at Worlds. Yeah, I, I kind of think he's got the leader syndrome a little bit too, where it's like he's too one-dimensional for this level right now. I could see him coming into, like, LEC and doing well, but I, I think immediately, like, thrusting him into Worlds against Bjergsen and BDD, you know? Like, you know, ZA I don't think is, is as good as some of these other players, but he's still, like, a, you know, he's one of the – he's a mid laner in the LPL. He's a starting mid laner in the LPL. Like, you got to be a certain amount good, right? So, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I'm with you, John, but it, it's definitely an interesting thought. Josh, you got thoughts on it? Uh, on the, on the Magic Felix thing, I don't think he'll play. I think he's there for Scrim God and one on, one on one people. Like, he's very, very mechanically good, but even in like EU Masters, he didn't look phenomenal. Yeah. All right. So, uh, what was it again? So I, I can't believe I'm taking TSM. Holy shit. Uh, Genji, TSM, but honestly, I think the second team could be any one of these three. I think it's pretty even. John, you had, uh, Fnatic and Genji? Yeah, I'm gonna go with Genji and Fnatic. Josh. I'm going to go – this is going to be terrible. I'm going to go Fnatic, TSM, Genji, Ty, double if forgets how to flash again, and loses in the playoff to Genji, and Genji gets second. I'll buy you a case of beer if that happens. Bet. <laughs> what if he does flash and, and then kills Ruler and they win the game? Thoughts? doesn't count. Well, then <laughs> – because he predicted it. So, I mean, and we'll all fucking curse him because if you don't have TSM at plus 150 to lose in groups, then – you're not a <laughs> this is true. This is true. And then Chris, you had uh, Genji and LGD. LGD, yeah. Yeah, I think that's kind of the chalk take on it, and probably the correct one. But I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I'm just. I'm probably getting too cute, but I'll. I'll stick with it. Group D will be Dragon X, FlyQuest, Top Esports, and presumably the Mad Lions. So for me, I think DRX is actually going to get out of this group in first. And I think Top Esports is going to come second. Any particular um, reason why? I could be wrong. I, Top ha, is a lot more variant to me than DRX. Um, I think DRX was very consistent all season. Uh, they were very good at beating bad teams. I think Top Esports is the kind of team that can throw a game away, where I think DRX is... When they lost this season, it was because they just weren't as good as their opponents. It wasn't because they were like trying something weird and losing that way, for me. I felt like they just lost when they were outskilled, which was damn one, basically. Yeah. Um, so I think DRX is going to come first. I think top's going to come second and it might not necessarily be the matchup between those two teams that decides that. I think maybe they could go one and one and top might take a loss to FlyQuest or Mad Lions in a, in a floor game, uh, to decide that DRX ends up being the one seed. So that's my take DRX followed by uh top esports in second. Yeah. I think Dragon X kind of have a little bit of like lose to themselves syndrome, like in drafts. I, I don't think the play is an issue with them. Like, 
They're just <laughs> they're just so good individually. <laughs> um, Josh, what about you? Uh, I think that FlyQuest gets at least one game. I don't know where. I I could see it like somehow coming against DR. I don't know. The problem with DRX for me uh, is like I just I I don't understand if they think that what they're doing is good yeah. or if they think it's experimental. Top does this too though, but yeah, they, I mean they haven't recently. That's the thing. It was like a second yeah. half of summer thing. Right, and so like it's just so hard to handicap these teams that you know have the potential. But like honestly, just give me. Give me all the Chovy versus like somehow let them tie at five and one. Let's get a tie at five and one, and yeah. then we get another playoff, so we get a third game. Yeah, and then and then they have to magically rule change it so that we have to play a best yeah. eleven, so we get way more Knight versus Chovy over and yeah. over again. Let's get let's get let's get yeah. So we'll go we'll go top in DRX five one five and one, FlyQuest one and five, and uh. Who am I blanking Man on? It would have to be one and five too, right? Mad one and five, but FlyQuest's win comes against top. Got it. I could say. So I kind of mentioned um who's the the last interview we did with Lou. Like I think the most interesting like the cool thing about this group is that the floor like if FlyQuest is the floor, you can't really make mistakes against FlyQuest. They'll beat you if you do that. So I, I don't be, think any of these okay. teams can really screw around against FlyQuest. I don't think like I think the gap is pretty big, but it's not like a free win by any means. They can't clown around against these teams. If I had a hot take about this group, it would be that I think FlyQuest is is likely to win more games than Mad Lions. That's my that's my my hot take for exactly the reasons you're talking about. I think Mad Lions is going to struggle really hard in this group, and I think FlyQuest is consistent enough that somebody will make mistakes against them and, and give them a win or two. I think you and I kind of are thinking this. You and I, so John, I think you and I are like the bastions of consistency. Like I think we're like willing to say that Rogue will do okay. We think Liquid's getting out first in play-in stage just because of like the consistency of it and everything. I just don't think we're going to see a lot of like a lot of O six. I mean, I think if there's a team that's likely to go O six, I could see Machi yeah. going O six. Could see TSM like if it, they're just not up to it. I think most teams are going to get a game. I think Mad Lions for me is probably the second most likely team to go 06 yeah. behind Machi. Yeah. I know we, we kind of like debunked the experience factor last week with them, but that's definitely a factor with Mad Lions too. Like if they just show up and I mean, the good thing for them is they're going to get to play in play-ins first. I think that's a huge help to them. If they got seeded directly into this tournament, I would have been a lot more concerned, but they're going to be able to get their feet wet a little bit. Wait, what John just said just sparked something in my brain. What happens if they go 06 and the other three go 4 2? How do they do that? Three way tiebreaker. Yeah, they'd have to be a three way tiebreaker. Do you know what that like format is, though? Or? So they do a three way tiebreaker, and then it's usually fastest to win if there's still a tie after that. Like, you don't play, uh, I don't think, although I forget, they might have changed it to like you actually play a second tiebreaker now. In other words, like, if. Because you can only like no one of the teams is gonna lose too, if you have. What would it be? No, they'd all go one and one against each other. Yeah, but that, then I mean, two and zero against Macho. Right I can look it up. Yeah, right now. I'm just curious because I could actually see something like that happening in Group A. Yeah, where like G2's punt game comes against Liquid, and then they lose one. They drop one to. I don't uh, see it on the Gamepedia. Yeah, like what the rules are for rules. a double tiebreaker. 
I'm yeah. guessing they would do something where one team automatically got through, whether it's game time or something like that, and then the other okay. two. Yeah. It's usually the average game time in wins, I think, is like their tiebreaker metric. But like, if there's an actual tie, they will play a tiebreaker, and I think if there's a tie after that, they will just go to that so that they don't play like another game. But okay. I'm I'm not entirely sure. I know I think that's how it usually operates, or maybe it's the the game time is the seating. I always forget, but usually like... they have it listed. Chris, yeah, what do you think about this group? Um, my thoughts quickly is that I think it'll be a chalk finish with top one DRX two. Gonna be a close finish though. Um, but if DRX comes into, I, I have them as my world's favorite to win it all. They're wow, just gonna okay. come in without that expectation. People will think like, oh, they can't even beat an LPL team. But yeah, that's that's kind of where I kind of like to finish. Um, yeah, and I agree with you guys on Mad Lions. It's just the way that they struggled towards the end. It's just like, what is going on? This team was fire all year long. You have this like slow finish. It's just, and now you're in the world stage. I don't know. Um, 06 is very possible for you. I do think the meta is probably better than the playoff meta was for Mad Lions with this like really stagnant 80 like bot lane situation. I think. I don't think Caitlyn's... The more I'm researching it, I don't think Caitlyn's going to go away, but she's not just going to be, like, automatic. Like, a lot of these... Uh, um, like I think teams will probably switch up who they favor, like, over Caitlyn. Like, I, think, I think Caitlyn was universal, like, number one priority for everyone. And I think that kind of hurt Mad Lions, like, the way they like to play. Like, they like to mix it up. They like to counterpick. By, it's just it's just so hard to counterpick Caitlyn. Like, the, the best thing you can do is, like, Jin, and that's, like, going even, you know? Or you, or you play, like, Utility, like Ash and, and Senna. And... They're good at these sort of things, but they kind of thrive when there's exposable bottom lane. So I think Ophelios got buffed. If Ophelios ends up being a thing in this tournament, we've seen how good they are at abusing that champion, like like just attacking it. So I do think the yeah, like the playoff meta definitely hurt Mad Lions. I think the time off and like playing in this environment against new teams is just going to help the young team kind of uh, maybe get a new newfound energy because they were kind of slumping for a little bit. I, the... We've also seen that they have a strong mental too. Like that's the other thing with Mad Lions is like. This team's not going to tilt off, I don't think. But go ahead, Josh. Yeah, the one thing I would say about Mad, and you know, maybe Group D ends up doing that that same thing we just described. But one thing I will say about Mad is I've seen on the Super Server they've been playing a ton, and I mean a ton. Like you say, it almost every game with Pantheon support, and we know Kaiser's really good at the champion. Yep. Um, and they're really good at playing kill lanes in general because Karzy's a really, really good Callista player as well. Um, and I know John hates that champion, but, um, if that becomes the meta, cause I think, I think John mentioned last week, like bot lane's sort of like falling a little bit out of favor right now, which is odd going into worlds. Um, but if they're just doing a, like, we need to win lane, I kind of like that for mad, that type of meta for yeah. them. Um, I don't love that it puts more on humanoid though, but. I've played enough TFT lately that I actually think Callista's uber busted. And I'm like, <laughs> <the third. laughs> she is super busted. That's how I won. That's how I won that game I told you guys about. So, um, just real quick. So, do we, do we all think it's Dragon X and top? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, pretty much. All right. So, uh, here we are. We've arrived. Who's winning this tournament? Final answers. Your official, your official play. JD Gaming. The tournament MVP is Lou Mao, and JD Gaming is your 2020 world champions. Uh, they defeat uh, probably Damwon in the finals. Could be top esports, depending on how it all plays out. 
Mike, I'm going to guess JDG 3-1 over Damn One Gaming in the finals. Lou Mao's your MVP. All right. Who wants to go next? I already made my call. I am all in on DRX. Um, nobody's giving them a chance with the Genjis of the world, JDGTES in the mix. But DRX will have Chovy and the team will rally together to win CBMX his first championship and vindicate and clear his name. Josh. Uh, God. I hate this. Um, <laughs> I just, I, I don't really want to do that. By the way, I looked at the tiebreaker thing and it, you were right. Low's game time yeah. automatically gets through the other two play against you. Um, who's winning the tournament? God. Like, it's so hard to not say damn one. Bro, you know what? G2's winning this dang thing. Yeah. You just feel Caps, it? Caps put Showmaker in a casket in the playoffs. <laughs> I love swear, it. Swear yeah. to God. I'll be team Dan. Ka- God. No, how would we – what do you – okay, so tangent, a little bit of tangent. Yeah. Side top, top four is probably Showmaker, Chovy, Nightcaps. Mids for, in the world, for, right? Mids in the world? Yeah. Chovy. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that those three, point. those three. I think there's a reasonable argument for caps. I think there's a reasonable argument for probably a couple rookie. I think rookies. Got BDD there. rookie. BDD. I mean, at worlds though. At worlds. Yeah. I think those three are like your S plus 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 tier, and then I think caps and BDD are like the next group. Okay. Yeah. So, is it enough if caps wins the tournament? Like G2 wins the tournament. And if say, cause to win the tournament, he's going to have to go through two of probably two of those three, right? Probably. Probably could have to go through all of them depending on how the playoffs break out. But yeah. Yeah. So like, I don't know. Like it feels to me that this dude has been on like an interstellar levels of God tier. Yeah. Like, like Bjergsen and NA. Um, and I think it's just going to shine through. Like, I think the meta is going to be a little bit better for them. And I don't know. I think I, I just think they, they're going to find it. I think the, the, the pro G2 argument, I think, is a, obviously Caps is – he's one of the only Western talents that can actually hang in the mid lane, I think. I mean, you can make an argument that he's, like, the only one at this tournament. I mean, I, you could make an argument for Bjergsen, I guess, but like, I think Caps is the only one that's like definitely in the conversation. So from there, it's just G2 has to do less to be successful. You know what I'm saying? Because of how good he is, that if anybody else elevates, then they're in a really good spot to, to overperform expectations for sure. So I think that's a, like, that's the pro G2 argument. I think G2 are totally allowed to win this tournament. Like if you got to think too, like this is the most downtime. Like, we've had more time since the end of the season to now than they did, like, in the middle of the season when all this stuff was going on, right? They turned it around like that in way shorter of a time than this. You give them more time to absorb this metagame, you know, be there with concentrated practice and everything. I could see them just going Super Saiyan and just going ballistic in this tournament. Especially with, I mean, be... 
feel-good story of the year for me if G2 won it. I would fucking love it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I also think that for what it's worth, like, it's not an easy group, but it's probably the easiest group in terms of, like, they don't have, like, another – like, they don't have, like, another tournament winner in their in – their, unless you're high on suiting. I kind of am high on suiting. They don't have another tournament winner in their in their group, even with the plans yeah, no. and everything. So every other group's got, like, a potential tournament winner in it, like two of them. So maybe that's a bad thing for them because they're going to get – like, they won't get tested as much. But it could also be that they don't have to show as much, potentially. So I, I think the path is there. I think in terms of logic-wise, like, they're almost definitely getting out of that group. So, I mean, that a- aspect of it, they're going to be a top eight team almost for sure. Um, I just jinxed it, by the way. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Damwon. I've been a Damwon stan all season. Uh it's just, I just think this team gets it. They kind of like re- they kind of invented the. There's like two ways to play in season ten. They kind of invented the two and a half, like the third way to play, which is just end the game before the dragons matter. <laughs> like ignore held, ignore this. They sometimes get it anyway. They just like blow the lead open so much that you just take over the map and they can't do anything about it. And they have the players to do that. I think they have a really good uh, read on the game. I think they were the OGs for Pantheon support, right? And I don't know. I just think Damwon are really, really good. Um, I think Damwon beats. I mean, I guess to me, I think Damwon and Genji are the two best teams in this tournament. So I'll say Damwon beat Genji three to one in the finals, and that'll be my call. How about MVP? Uh, so I the way I was doing it in the interviews is uh, you can do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna use I'm gonna use Lou's idea too. Um, either pick pick one of these and we'll talk it out. The best player in the tournament, the most valuable to their team, regardless of if they win or not. Um, what was the other one? Oh, and then lose was uh the most interesting player to watch at this tournament on any team. I said mine already. I'm going with Lou Mao as the tournament MVP, uh, and he's going to be on the winning team. So that's my MVP pick. Josh. Yeah, I said mine too, pretty much. Caps. Chris, I guess it's Chovy if you think DRX is getting there. It's gotta be Chovy. Um yeah. Make it simple. I think Damwon I think some people think it's gonna be Nogari if if Damwon win. I kinda think it'll be Canyon or Showmaker. I'll go with uh I'll go with Canyon. Secret sleeper, I like that. I'll go with Canyon MVP if if Damwon would win. How about like just real quick, like most interesting player in the t- like one one of the more interesting players in the tournament for you, like maybe maybe off the beaten path a little bit. I'm going to be really interested in how Larson shows up at this tournament. Yeah. Larson's the guy I want to watch. I think he's had an unbelievable year, and I want to see how he bangs with Showmaker, yeah. even Yagao, who's like not talked about that much. But Yagao's a good player, man. Yep. If Larson can come in here and really battle with Yagao. Uh, I'll be pretty impressed. So I want to. I want him to go earn the bag here and get one of the bigger contracts in EU yeah. after he shows up here. Get that man paid. For me, uh, the one I, I want to any of the fly quests solo. Let's click solo. Our favorite show favorite solo. He will be my most interesting one to watch how he handles world pressure. Yeah, that's actually a really interesting one for sure. Uh, Josh, you were you were getting hype on that. Go for it. Oh yeah, I wasn't gonna choose him, but you know, 
Let me see all the solo Maokai gameplay that, that there is to have, you know? <laughs> It is going to be really interesting to see how some of these linear players adapt, especially in a top lane meta that is very, very volatile to, to tanks. I mean, top vein is a thing right now, so you got to be real, real careful if you're a tank player. So um, definitely interesting. I, You know, I'm going to borrow some from, something from Lewis here. Um Gonna go to one of these like lesser explored teams, and I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with randomly. This is interesting player to watch. We're only gonna probably see a few games from this guy, but um, Rainbow Sevens jungler Jose Dodo has been absolutely destroying it on the super server. I don't think Rainbow Sevens gonna do anything, but I'm I've, I'm always intrigued by these like guys that are clearly better than the rest of their league in these smaller leagues, and whether that or not that's gonna bring enough profile up for them that they can get picked up by one of these major region teams. Uh, we've seen it in the past. I've uh, seen it with Oceania with with some of the guys there, um, you know, being picked up. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's like my my, my weird <laughs> weird one to watch for sure. But there's a, there's high, a on my, guys. high yeah. on my player watch list is the shy twenty twenty one. <laughs> what is happening with the shy 2021 that's a it's on my players to watch list for sure is rookie gonna make a guest appearance here i i have no idea what's gonna happen with the shy in 2021 he might be the worst player in all of china he might be the mvp of the league he might not even be on a team i don't know what's gonna happen with the shy in 2021 he's gonna name change to range of outcomes <laughs> range of, I, invictus range of outcomes that's gonna be the name of <laughs> All right, guys. Um, that's gonna wait, be wait, wait, wait. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mine. We got, we got, we got. I'm going self-made. Actually, I think self-made's a good one too. Yeah, he's similar to what you said about Jose Dodo. He's been just steamrolling everyone on the super super somehow. Yeah, like absolutely steamrolling. Too, which is noteworthy Whip. because the two of yeah. them, yeah, that could that could be a thing. Yep. Yeah, Bwipo Bwipo is notoriously very good solo queue player as well. But yeah, so I, I'm very interested to see if like. Because if you listen to uh, Frost, like, she'll just tell you, like, she talks about it all the time, how much better self-made is than everyone else in Europe in the jungle. And, I mean, like, let's see it now on the world stage. Because he certainly has the talent and seemingly the game knowledge and all that. So I just thought of one more. I'll just put it out to you guys just real quick. Uh, biggest disappointment, player or team, or narrative. It's too easy to say TSM, so I'm gonna pick. <laughs> too easy to say TSM. Okay. I'm say Mad Lions. I think they're gonna get out of plans, but I think Mad Lions is not gonna look good in this tournament at all. Like I said, I think there's a good argument they go 06 in the group stage. I think they're gonna have a really, really tough uh, tournament here. I'm gonna say mine, but mine's more based on public perception than my own perception, and I'm gonna go ahead and say LGD for sure. Uh, I, I think people that are just assuming – I kind of said this last week, but people that are just assuming LGD are good because they're an LPL team and because they're here are in for a rude awakening. Now, they can prove me wrong and just keep escalating because they've been improving. But I think I think LGD have massive disappointment potential. Like, I could, I could legitimately – I'd be a little surprised if they don't get out of play-ins. But at the same time, like, if they just, like – no show the first week i could see them not even getting out of play-ins in some weird bizarre circumstance like if they don't finish first in their group they're gonna have to play against like mad or liquid probably and i could see them losing a series to them i this as as crazy as that seems like this team this team is coming in way way overrated to me so i think they're right for a disappointment even though it wouldn't be that much of a disappointment to me 
Anybody else have one? Uh, I'm gonna, uh, you said, you said player or? Yeah, player or team or narrative or something. I think as a whole, for me, I'm gonna go with China. Like, they have, they have like, like, or they, they just have like sky high expectations, but I don't think it's unreasonable that a single Chinese team doesn't make top four. I'd be a little surprised if none of them did, but yeah, I mean, it's like, I think it's in the cards. Like for sure. Yeah. Like I, I, I think it's problem. I think the problem is like, if they don't at least get to the championship, it's a disappointment. Yeah. So like they have just unrealistic expectations, but if they like, for some reason, you know, for some reason, the top four is G2 and the three Korean teams, then. I'm going to be you know, then it's a huge disappointment. myself on the back if that happens. But <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, anything else? Yeah, good. I'll just say I'll just say this, and maybe you guys can tag along if you want on this one. But uh, enjoy this tournament. This is like the World Cup. This is like the Olympics. Uh, we didn't get March Madness for a lot of people this season. Like, it's been a really bizarre year, just all around. A lot of things going on. We're actually getting Worlds. We're actually getting a LAN tournament. We're getting to see most of the best teams in the world here. It should be a really, really fun tournament. And I think a lot of the matchups are intriguing. We have a whole lot of new players, right? It's not like it's not like the, all the old standbys like we've seen in the last couple of years. It's a lot of new faces here. So a lot of people that are hungry. And I, I think it's just going to be nice to have something we can dial into. It's also been a few weeks since we've had, like, you know, I would say real league, not to discount a U Masters or anything like that, but it's been a while, and I think uh, I think it's time. I'm I'm getting really like doing all these interviews, prepping for this show, all this stuff, doing all the the articles I'm doing now. Like, I'm starting to I'm starting to generate that hype again. I'm usually pretty tame on it, but uh, I'm getting excited. Friday morning, Friday morning, fellas. Friday is too far away. Yeah, was, I, think, I think JG was like, I wish I could just go to sleep and wake up and it's Friday. <laughs> like that was like the best, the best thing I've seen so far on it. Coming up quick, man. It's gonna be gonna be tons of fun. I guess if I was gonna say anything, come on, join us at the esports department. Yep. If you're not already an esports department guy, we're gonna be just all over the Discord. It's gonna be breakdowns, projections, all that kind of stuff. So drop by and pop into the esports department. All right, and I think uh, with that, we'll uh, everybody enjoy Worlds. We will see you guys next week. I hope this. You know, 15-hour show is enjoyable in some way, shape, or form to people. But uh, let us know. Give us feedback. Um, this is a lot of fun to do. And uh, just enjoy the tournament. Take a deep breath and enjoy this shit. We'll see you guys next week. Have a good one. The Gold Card Podcast opening theme is Clouds by Harvey and the Hendersons. The closing theme is Wasp in a Hat by the Tea Club. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Podbean to never miss an episode.